This is the One Piece Podcast, episode 601, for the week of Sunday, December 22nd, 2019. My name is Zach. And my name is Ed. And on today's show, we have a very special guest. He is the translator for One Piece in Shonen Jump and Manga Plus. His name is Stephen Paul. He's with us this week. How's it going, Stephen? Hey, everybody. It's going great. Yeah, nothing huge to look forward to in this episode, um, but yeah, we have... <laughs> We have a big chapter this week that we'll be talking about with Steven here. Uh, we also have from Rick and Morty uh, and Teen Titans Go, we have Brian Newton with us. How's it going, Brian? Eh, hello. <laughs> God, guys, all right, I'm forcing no, you Like you to... said, nothing important is happening. So. No, we're lifting the enthusiasm today. Let's get, let's get it up here, and I'm going to start with Eisner Award-nominated artist, uh, Joey Weiser. How's it going, Joey? I'm doing great, Zach. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I know I've been on a lot lately, but I promise not to be on next week. <laughs> well, none of us will be. Um, spoiler alert, we won't be on next week. Um, we also have, last but certainly not least, our special guest for the week. Uh, she blew through all of One Piece, the anime and the manga. She's the co-host of the Comfort Society podcast and the founder of the, the Tokusatsu Network. Uh, Paula is with us. How's it going, Paula? <laughs> Hi, how is everybody? Hey, Paula. <laughs> Hello. I'm trying not to be enthusiastic. <laughs> I mean, it, they're not enthusiastic. I'm just nervous. That's fine. It, it you know, it all sounds the same in audio. It all that's what some... so, <laughs> so yeah, Paula, uh, welcome. I'm I'm really happy to have you. You and Grant, uh, you started way after Grant started. But way you... after. And you also finished way before Grant ended because he's still going. Um, he's doing the marathon. I did the sprint. Yeah. Well, they're both marathons. You just anyway. And, and so, Grant's sticking just to the manga. Uh, yeah. As well. Yeah. And I, I flipped you did back this sort of forth. crazy like ping pong back and forth yeah. between. Yeah. Actually, fitting in with a, a segment on the show, um, we did a, a opening theme song ranking uh do you have a favorite opening theme song that's a good question oh gosh yeah. you have no yeah. nostalgia for any of them so it's perfect well right now <laughs> the ones that's been stuck in my head is oh god oh god is the one that would triple a ah wake up oh yeah uh, that's <laughs> well, stuck look, in my head. it is an earworm <laughs> yeah that's been stuck in my head for quite some time i don't know if i would consider it my favorite Good. But it's. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I should have I, I probably. Oh, God. I'm like suddenly on the spot. This is why I was so nervous. Because I'm like, what is the other. So, is well, the one. It's a hard question he asked. It is there. a hard question. It's like pick, picking will... your favorite child. I know. One Piece opening list. <laughs> All right. Uh, d while, while you're thinking up of that, uh, do you want to go through kind of like how how did you come on to like how did you find One Piece and then how did you catch up with it so quickly, especially? Um. Well, I I I started watching One Piece just because you know because honestly because of Grant. Um, Grant and I became friends just because of Tokusatsu. Um, as you mentioned, I am the founder of the Tokusatsu Network, but I have. Um, I stepped down a couple of years ago, so it's been a while. So it's kind of interesting being on the other side of not running a, uh, a website <laughs> and just like really excited and be like everybody else to see what they post up. I'm jealous. Um, 
<laughs> it was like I, I it was like either like I keep doing this or I start my master's degree and I'm like eh, um, I can't do both um but and I'm kind of really happy that uh I had taken a step down because yeah I get to be super excited to see what everybody has come up with and it's really nice to be able to watch Tokenet grow um outside of myself um which led to, because I run Tokenet and um, Grant had this podcast called uh, Super Senpai Podcast with um, his co-host Pat. And they had invited me because uh, I had asked them a question about, you know, how do you start recommending tokusatsu, which is kind of an in, kind of like the third step in like Japanese fandom. First, you get into like <laughs> manga or anime and then or like you, you either get into it through kaiju movies, Godzilla or whatever. Um, but like Henshin Heroes and stuff like that, it was kind of a really interesting question. I asked them for that podcast so that's how i got to know them and because of that grant and i just got to know each other as friends and he just would not shut up about one piece because i would see it on his timeline <laughs> all the time and we had been friends for a few months any uh just you know playing D and uh online and you know just talking about toku and storytelling and i'm like well he won't shut up about it. And I want to be that friend who wants to be supportive and understand the context of something that he's like really uh, passionate about. So I picked it up in July. I think I'm even looking at my first tweet here that I just started. It wasn't even tagged. I wasn't even thinking of making any kind of reactions to it other than like here I saw the first episode. And I when I was in the mid 2000s i fell into that you know the three shonen jump title mm-hmm. trifecta of bleach naruto and one piece i fell on the bronze medal of bleach because <laughs> <laughs> because I was yeah oh, okay. I, I i fell i i picked bleach just namely just because kubo does such amazing character designs it's so sleek and i wanted to be that kind of cool girl and I really liked it because of the fashion, too, because mm-hmm. I thought One Piece looked weird fashion-wise and not to look weird fashion-wise. I changed my mind as I grew up and became a mature adult and <laughs> find out what storytelling was about. <laughs> so I had always heard, and, you know, One Piece was being dismissed all the time by my other anime friends as either being too long or, any, or stuff like that. And so here comes this new friend of mine, you know, a decade later, talking about how incredible the storytelling is and if you play D&D like how much it can inspire you in terms of its world building I'm like alright fine let me just watch this first episode and I did and I never stopped <laughs> um, that's awesome so that's yeah. How, yeah that's basically how I came into that and then so as I was tweeting it out it's like I think I'm looking at my first tweet here. It's like my first, I've like, I watched episodes one through four, like the middle of the night. I'm like, okay, this is super cute. It has really cute sound effects. I, Kobe, I'm like, okay, this is, I get where people say that he looks like a Toriyama character in the beginning. (laughs) And then Nami, I really like the way Nami was introduced in the fact that she technically wasn't until like much later on. She was just this really cool, like thief in the background. Um, And I had, interestingly enough, I had watched Go Kaiger. Well, Gokaiger, um, which is the pirate-themed Super Sentai anniversary series mm-hmm. that people kept describing to me as, like, it's One Piece Super Sentai. And I'm like, yeah. okay, it's just because it's pirates? Okay, fine, it's because it's pirates. It wasn't until later, I'm like, oh, 
it really is one to one, One Piece caricature, like uh, parallels to, um, yeah, to yeah, the, the members of the Sentai or, team are essentially uh, modeled after the Straw Hats. Yeah, like one to one parallels. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, and it so I finally it all kind of like came together like in terms of like kismet. I'm like, oh, okay, now I understand what everybody's saying. Now I finally get it. I have this context, and I don't have my <laughs> too cool for school younger me attitude mm-hmm. about this incredible storytelling so yeah that's how i kind of yeah. fell into it i was like tweeting my friends i'm like should i tag this should i not tag this and they're like tag it i'm like okay and that's how that all happened and so and eventually as i was wa- initially i just wanted to watch the anime just like just watch the anime all the way through and then again it was i was getting comments on the threads about like, oh, it's different in this manga. It's different here in this one. I'm like, all right, let's see what this is. And I think there was a few times there where I would literally have like the anime up in one screen and then like the Shonen Jump manga <laughs> on the other screen. And I would just like watch it and like flip through the manga to see where it is and just kind of see those slight differences. It was really interesting. That's that's cool in a super unique way. And you're also like just thinking about like when I started watching it's really cool that, you know, Shonen Jump and uh Crunchyroll and you know that's all like kind of just there. And so you mm-hmm. have like complete access to the whole library like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a struggle to find it at all. It was as accessible as you could be. And I my you know, my day job is a librarian, so access to you know, multitude of things is something I'm very extremely passionate about. So, you know, the fact that anybody who's like, oh, I can't afford it or I can't get it to it, I can't get to it and stuff like that. Like I or, you know, I was reading the manga so fast that <laughs> Shonen Jump actually like capped me at 100 chapters. Oh, you're oh, the wow. person who got capped. <laughs> yeah. <the> one. <laughs> yeah, I got capped. They're like, oh, you've, you've, you've reached your limit. You got to wait a couple of hours. And I didn't want to. So I went to the Los Angeles Public Library has a very extensive um, ebook collection and there's a service called Overdrive that was bought out by Rakuten. And because of that, they have quite a lot of access to full digital volumes of officially translated manga. And you could request those volumes to be part of your local public library. So I just found which volume I stopped at and borrowed those digitally nice. online through the Los Angeles Public Library and just That's read them insane. through the library <laughs> until like the hour was up and I could continue with Shonen Jump. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, awesome. Yeah, like, you know, talk to your local library. Like every, anytime like anybody gives me any kind of like pushback against, it's like I can't afford it, I can't access it, I get capped, whatever. I'm like, honey, I'm a librarian. Get your library card. We'll see what we can do for you. <laughs> uh, that's really awesome. That's a that's a a lot of one piece. Like even for us who were pretty inundated with it, that's the uh, that's some real commitment there. That's cool. <laughs> I, th- I thought the uh, you know the hundred chap chapter cap was sort of like that's where they put their hand over the book and they're like, all right, it's time to go outside. You've had enough yeah. for today. Yeah. <laughs> and you were like, no. And you found a way around it. Yeah. I, I 100% found a way around it. Yeah, Legally, and still supported my local library. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm going to go out for the day to read more of this just to spite you. Um, 100%. Because <laughs> I think uh, I, where did I stop? I think I stopped like, it was a, 
one of the cliffhangers in Whole Cake Island. Oh, hmm. and oh, you, that was right. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Far, like she, yeah. like yeah. Nami was hugging Sanji. It's like I can't, like hu- hugging Luffy. It's like it's Sanji. I'm like, wait, what happened to Sanji? What happened to Sanji? What happened to Sanji? <laughs> I can't stop. <laughs> so, you know, they purposely make it like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> This week's a great example, too. Um, mm-hmm. to, to, so we're going to, on this week's podcast, uh, we're going to be going through uh, the latest chapter of the manga. It's a pretty big one this week. Uh, pretty big. Chapter 966, Roger and Whitebeard. Um, then we're going to be doing a little bit of news before that, uh, a little bit about Jump Festa. And we also have an anime recap with Sam for episode 915, um, which is a damn cool episode, in my opinion, as well. Um, and we have uh, some piece together. Uh, so why don't, why don't we get right into the show? You guys ready? Let's do it. Yeah. This is the news segment, and we're doing this segment because Jump Festa this was this weekend, uh, and our pal Greg was on the ground. If you have not seen his pictures of the festivities and all of that, uh, including a pretty damn awesome trivia contest that went on there with with some trivia I had no freaking idea about and did not pick up on, uh, you mm-hmm. want to follow his Twitter feed, Ochimusha108. Like, Sounds that like there was, was uh, more happening at the uh, trivia contest than at the Super Stage. Yeah, that's how that sometimes works. Uh, but like that—that that was a chapter we covered, right? The where that where that special trivia thing was. Uh, it's yeah, it's at the start of Fishman Island, so that would have been early on in the podcast. But yeah, um, yeah. I feel like we, especially with that gag that was in the background, that is like, I feel like we really dropped the ball. Like I need to like really submit I mean, some. Like, who would have noticed that it's just—it's just a black dot. <laughs> no, like, yeah, and Luffy's like, finger is like yeah, very small. It's no, Ed. It's it's panel. a black snot. <laughs> anyway, Stephen, um, what did Oda say at the stage show, or what did he write for the stage? Yeah, show? Yeah, well, yes, he doesn't go to the stage show anymore. Uh, that's a thing of the distant past at this point. Um, but uh, he always does have a uh, a message that he writes out, and uh, they reveal it uh, at the super stage show. And um, and of course, nowadays with their uh, Twitter accounts, and I think they probably have an Instagram as well or something like that. Um, the uh, the official accounts will always make sure that it's uh, well publicized. So uh, it was on Twitter as well. And uh, so, yeah, I think Kelly put up a, uh, you know, an English version of this earlier today when I was <laughs> sleeping and unavailable to, uh, uh, you know, to help translate. But since I have it here. Um, I will uh, read it off myself. Um, So this is um, Oda's uh, comment. He says, "Uh, hello, everyone visiting Jump Festa. Um, This is King New. Just kidding. I'm Oda New. And he's referring to a, uh, I guess it's a pop group called King New, like G-N-U, the animal. Oh, I thought it was, I thought it was Emu, but that's different. No. The guy. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) No. Uh, So he says, uh, this is the uh, end of a very tumultuous year with the 20th anniversary of the television series. Uh, So they had all kinds of events and projects and a movie. And it was just, you know, one thing after another. 
Um, so thank you for to everyone who took part in um, you know creating this this memorable year uh, for the anime, and uh, to every all of the staff members who helped uh, out with the animation. Um, well done, and uh, you know enjoy enjoy a break. Uh, but the story itself, the manga, uh, does not take a break. Well, it, it kind of does, but uh, <laughs> uh, the. Uh, but not only will the manga continue going, but the uh, breaks are completely busted. There's no stopping it. Mm. Uh, is everyone enjoying the adventure of Kozuki Oden? Uh, as I draw this, I am, you know, I'm I'm mulling over just how much I should hide uh, because if I'm not careful, I might end up just drawing the entire truth of One Piece. Mm. Um, but <laughs> uh, when this flashback is over. Uh, you should see more clearly than ever before the importance of Luffy's adventure and what it the the will that is uh, being fought over. Uh, but Luffy, however, does not think about any of this. Uh, as for the Wano arc, we are about to get into the big raid. And this is the part. This is the reason that I wanted to draw Wano. So we're getting to that point. Mm. Um, meanwhile, in the background, <laughs> meanwhile, out. in the background, Sabo, Vivi, no. Hancock, no. ah, okay. Uh, <laughs> Did they all just fall down a chasm? <laughs> I, I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, so he can't do this to me again. Like he can't. The, so he will. He yeah, well, will. I, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. All right. Uh, so the, uh, the story developments with the final chapter in mind have already begun. Don't take your eyes off of it because next year, one piece is going to be crazy. Good. December, 2019, H. Mm. Yay. So Greg is now, uh, said that he thinks the series is going to end in less than 10 years. I support that. I support that. Yeah. So if if uh, if Greg is right, I will be turning forty when the series officially ends. Yeah, and I'm, we, we, yeah, I'm okay with that. Is what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I feel like yeah. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, uh, I was just going to say I need a bucket of cold ice water after that. But go ahead. Oh, <laughs> uh, just the my particular kind of favorite detail of that is where he says like I have to be careful or else I'll accidentally draw the One Piece and reveal all the secrets. You know. Um, I just think that that's a really kind of fun way to tantalize you a little bit, yeah. but also kind of give us some parameters for like an idea of what the this current flashback will and won't cover, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like before I read this chapter, I read that. I'm like, whoa, that's like a really big thing to say. And then I read this chapter. I'm like, oh, I'm glad he said that. <laughs> like he could have, you could totally like you could see that totally happening um, had he mm -hmm. not said that, you know, um, like. I could see in the next chapter. Oh, and this is the one piece, but you know, uh, or this is the will, or how did, how did you put it, Steven? Something along those lines? Like this is the, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to, to translate, but yeah, he, he definitely says the importance of Luffy and crew's adventure. And then the will of fighting or what, you know, the will of uh, the, the importance of what it means to fight. Um, That's what so he in says other words, will be revealed, right? He says the importance of what it, he said, he like says that. it will come in, he will be clearer than before so in other words it's going to reframe 
like how we view where Luffy's part is in this, in all of this. I, I um, wish he said it in a more vague way. Like just like, <laughs> like that could be interpreted a million different ways and it will be interpreted a million different it ways. It will. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's really cool. Um, thank you for doing that, Stephen. Um, and I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit more about that in the chapter today. Um, just before we head into the manga, uh, a couple other little pieces of news. Uh, volume 95, the full color version is out. It looks rainbow-rific, as it usually do, as uh, Otis covers usually do. Um, that com- that goes on sale this week, I believe, like Christmas it's day. The 28th. I looked it up. 28th. Okay. Thank um, you. Yeah. There's also actually a uh, a new Viva Card product. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. It's not more. It's not more Viva Cards. It's not more binders. But it is. I guess they're like index cards. Um, I'm not sure. Like it. They have not like shown off any pictures of this stuff yet. So we may not see it until next week when this stuff actually goes on sale and they have all of the details on the Amazon page and everything like that. But uh, yeah, it's something to do with like helping you organize your Viva cards if you want it. So it's very optional, I'm sure, but um, it's something to look forward to if you have been uh, jonesing for some, something more with that, you know, project. I forgot to mention, there are a couple more release uh, news things. The The Stampede Blu-ray in the U.S. comes out on March 17th. Um, so, th- so we'll probably be doing our commentary for that in March or April. I think that's fair to say. Or whenever we're able to see each other or whenever. I don't know. It'll be sometime after March 17th is, is what I mean. Um, it's also coming out in the U.K., which is big news. Um, th- in finally, theaters. in theaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On February 2nd. Uh, 2020. Um, I don't know about Ireland, but I, I know the UK because uh, I know uh, we were we were Liam Tasker. I think is in Ireland asking who is asking about that. Are, are they going to be different countries or the same country? Who knows? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Ireland still will not be part of the UK, true, probably, true. Uh, unless yeah. something really crazy happens. Um, what were you going to say? What if the distributor is no longer allowed to? It's a different economic zone. Um, <laughs> Don't do and, that. There's a monkey paw somewhere, like waiting yeah. to curl down. And, and this begins our Brexit segment of the no. Um, and we also <laughs> also equally big news. A friend of the show, Matt Cohen, posted that there is both dog and cat merchandise for One Piece coming out. Um, yeah, including <laughs> uh, hats, um, a dog bed. Uh, what looks like a chew toy, uh, which is like, what the hell is that? I don't, oh, it's, is that, I, th- no, that can't be Chopper holding the mushroom thing. I don't know. Um, and also, uh, a Luffy cat costume. It's all weird. Um, but also I have to buy all of it. Um, so yeah, yeah I'm definitely that. buying that bed for my cat. She yeah, will I really be on the get cruise. That bed. It's gonna happen. <laughs> She's gotta be on the cruise. Um, life isn't is adventurous. Um, it, is it available that. anywhere, or is it announced, or what is it? Uh, I. Tr- that's a great question. Um, I, what Amiami account do I need to create? <laughs> yeah. I think I think we. You know, I'm sure on- after listening to this, we'll get those links, and we could post those on our social media accounts, so you could check those out. Um, also last bit of news, um, I believe just related to the podcast, uh, we're off next week. There are holidays. Uh, so we're gonna, I'm actually going to let people take off for the holidays this year. I normally don't do that. Um, I am a mean, mean boss. Uh, 
And we also, um, on the 5th, uh, we were supposed to have Eyepatch uh, Wolf on. Uh, he's going to be coming on in February instead because uh, I missed that he was actually going to be at MAGFest, which um, Steve and Alex are also going to be at on January 5th. Uh, so we actually are going to be probably having Matt J on for that first episode of the year. Uh, cool. So someone asked that, I think, last week. So there's your answer. Um, so with that out of the way, we got like a huge freaking chapter to go over. And I've been talking about, what have I been talking about? Like what Oda's saying? <laughs> let's, let's actually get into this. Okay. Thank you, Joey. This is the manga recap for chapter 966, Roger and Whitebeard. You could get this chapter and all chapters of One Piece as soon as they come out in uh, the United States and around the world for free, completely legally, shonenjump.viz.com and mangaplus.shueisha.co.jp. Ed, what's going on here? On the all right, page? so yeah. <laughs> it's... Gang Bedges, Oh My Family, Volume 16. Bedges' wife, Chiffon, is arrested by the Navy at the Salon? And that's what's happening as they're interrupting her reading her fashion magazine. In, in this case, it's not Nonno, it's Monmo. And if you remember, mm -hmm. maybe 10 years back, Oda had an interview in uh, Men's Nonno magazine. So this is, I think... It, it's just his idea like of a Hancock on the cover. Yeah, right? I was gonna say yeah. it is. I think yeah, yeah. yeah. You could and I read no known, so it's great. <laughs> <laughs> read well, fashion Look inspo. Yeah. I one hundred percent. Anyway, <laughs> what, the, uh, what about the, the little barber has her uh, scissors in her hip, like uh, like carrying thing, like a gun. Oh yeah, that's cool. I like <laughs> the uh, marine guy's uh, long build uh, cap. I think that looks pretty cool. The woman in the background looks like a marine. I'm assuming mm -hmm. because yeah, she has the yeah. seagull. seagull? Mm -hmm. and it's not even like the seagull like logo. It's it's like a seagull kind of you know Kentucky Derby hat. Yeah. <laughs> I I, I want to quickly say two things about the marines. First off, most or least fashionable marines, one or the other. Uh, second most. off, I guess the uni the uniforms like code doesn't really matter in in the navy, does it? Like they gave up. It's like you can do whatever oh, yeah. you want as long as the I logo mean, is somewhere. I mean, check out those tats on like the marine. They look like epaulets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like on those shoulders. Like <laughs> Stephen, what were you going to say? Oh like... uh, well, what about this? Bedge's wife's Sh Bedge's wife Chiffon's twin sister Lola is arrested by the Navy at the salon. Oh, uh -huh. very possible. Uh -huh. Could be. Now, Lola's usually usually missing a tooth. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that is true. Yeah, well, maybe she got it, you know, That's get a true. replacement. It, it might and the text wouldn't lie to us. <laughs> true. Yeah. I do I do like that it, it is definitely like a sort of mob wife sort of thing. Like, you could see yeah. this scene uh, where she gets arrested <laughs> uh, while the dawn is somewhere else. Or something. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so, uh, look, I could talk about this all day, but um, we have, like, probably uh, a pretty earth-shattering, monumental, earthquakey chapter, all puns intended. Ed, what's going on in the first page? Sure, it's a, it's a small island, and it's a, there's, a big, there's a big ruckus. Uh, we start off, here he comes, it's the samurai, uh, the one I've heard about. And uh, someone yells after Odin, says, wait, Commander Odin. And uh, he says, am I supposed to steal the treasure? But uh, the, 
<laughs> like oh he, as he runs off. But uh, the, the guy yells back, these people are different from our usual foes. Roger pirates are bad news. But uh, Odin isn't listening. He just goes for his two-sword-style gun modoki. Uh, what what, what does that, Stephen? Yeah, yeah, what is that, Stephen? Okay, so this is a, little, a, a tricky thing uh, that I guess you know if you're if you're a good researcher, you could probably figure this out uh, as well. Is that uh, if you spell it with an A, Gan Modoki, uh, that is an ingredient in Odin, um, and that is specifically it's like mm. a tofu and vegetable fritter. It's like a cake um, okay. that is one of okay. the ingredients, and and so in typical Oda style, like he he spells it with a bunch of cool looking kanji including gun and then modoki is so like gun the actual name gun modoki uh is it means like um imitation duck uh, and it's supposed to be because it has like a rich flavor or something like that or even imitation goose i guess and uh so modoki means an imitation or like not not quite it's it you also see it a lot in uh, the names of like animal species where it's like, Oh, here's this thing that looks a lot like this other thing. And then they, they call it something Modoki. Um, so, and he, so would this be, it- sorry to interrupt, but would this be an untitled old Odin game? I almost got there. Um, go ahead. Ooh. Goose game, right? Isn't that? <laughs> oh, the name? No, no. Um, <laughs> I mean, he is very, he's not untitled. He's very entitled. <laughs> <laughs> entitled <laughs> Odin game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The, the stories are true. He I is, can leave now. Fact, I'm he, the best you'll get at me. He's mighty. Uh, I mean, so. geese are really, you know, loud and in char- in, in your face. Uh, Stephen, you were. I, I'm sorry, I interrupted. No, you. no. I, um, so yeah, the the Madoki, like he spelled the um, one of the kanji with like the oni, uh, like demon kanji. So you know, it just looks a lot more intimidating than the fact that it's actually a piece of food that he's talking about. <laughs> so he takes out three okay. dudes with gun Madoki, and uh, they say, "Oh, he." This is a, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> no, we're going to keep talking about this tofu. I don't know. Like, <laughs> because you said that it's Modoki is uh, imitating, and it says gun, like G U N, like the actual yeah. gun. Would the like force... a gun imitation? Got it. Mm-hmm. So the forcefulness of his attack is almost like a shotgun. Yeah, how many? How, how many guns? Like, it looks like the yeah. Look at the sound effects. Yeah. So it's like a gun. Nice. Sorry. So uh, Scopper Gabon and Silver's really pulling out their weapons, and uh, should we? Then, yeah, we should. We should dip this in the bud. But uh, someone yells, "Gabon, really stop!" Uh, as Gold Roger prances by, <laughs> saying, "I wouldn't want you guys to get hurt." Yeah, I love that drawing of Roger. So good. Yeah, yeah. as he's, uh, he it looks, looks a lot just like, like uh, Luffy there. Yeah, no, he looks like Ace, like Ace and like Alabasta. Oh, he does. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so he, uh, Odin says, "I smell a wild beast," and Roger charges in like, "Hey there, samurai!" And he slashes a divine departure. That is a very cool panel. And this is yeah. also the first time Roger's ever had a named attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. So, like, uh, I had some choices on this one, um, but uh, in Japanese, this one was called Kamusari. And it turns out that is a term that appears in the Kojiki, which is like one of the oldest uh, Japanese texts. And it's the one that forms the basis. It contains a lot of the uh, like, you know, 
basically creation myth sort of stuff of Japan. So, it, you know, it's the one that has all of the stuff about Amaterasu and cool. Susanoo and, and all of that. Wow. And it is one of the, uh, so there are three different terms that appear that refer to different ways that gods, uh, quote unquote, die. And like one of them is, is, you know, like an actual death, like it's no longer around. And then the other two are kind of different variations on leaving the, you know, the mortal world or this plane or whatever of existence and retreating to another place. So it's no longer in the present in the world. Uh, and so that's kind of what this is referring to. So I give it a nice little catchy, um, you know, alliterated title. Yeah, and a I bit of foreshadowing that. for Roger as well. Yeah, yeah I love yeah. that it has this kind of double, like it works on a meta level of like his attack would have this sort of defi- divine, you know, meaning with us knowing his importance yeah. to the series. But then it also that. is like, what kind of person would name their own attack something like this? You know, it, it kind of reflects on his character a bit too. I like how we, they completely black out his eyes in that little panel in the middle there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, um, I, I mean, I noticed well, that anything, doing that a lot. Yeah, go ahead, Brian. You know, if anything, it's a reference to how Roger was often portrayed in the beginning of the series. Yeah, like we rarely saw his eyes until like halfway mm-hmm. through. And it's interesting. His attack tears the panel. Look, where Odin, like, there's a black oh, line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it's like um, that's even more meta right there. Yeah, um, it, it's mainly because of the shock impl- uh the shock yeah. of the attack. But yeah, it does look like a tear in the page. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean that's definitely what it is. It's but the, yeah, it, it, it's the it same does. effect. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I think like uh, Grant mentioned a bunch of times, like during Whitebeard, that it looked like he's literally splitting the pages of the manga, and I mean, or pulling Joey, it. Yeah, 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 and oh yeah, that that was it. Um, and and Joey, as we turn the page, I'm sure that that keeps happening here. <laughs> Yeah, so Odin huzz and dwaz as he's <laughs> blown back into a giant tree or stone formation that looks like a tree or something. Um, and uh, But he gets right back up, uh, rushing back, saying, you know, what was that? And, like uh, a goose. Yeah, <laughs> I need I to have it. a word with you. I just, one word, you know. Uh, but, um, but he sees that Whitebeard and Roger are both about to attack each other, and then we get this great giant panel of uh, them clashing with hockey sparking uh, between them. And um, there's like a great light kind of shown uh, on everyone as Odin's shocked that they're not even touching each other, but uh, other kind of rando pirates are getting blown back. And uh, we get two great panels of uh, Whitebeard and Roger looking at each other, very determined with hockey going everywhere. Can I also say I love... I actually love how messy the is that the inking I guess Joey mm-hmm. uh, in in the uh, swords particularly like I I like that it like you could feel the fierce energy in this panel like well, yeah out. so when they're supposed you... to be co- covered in hockey but they're both black so no no but yeah. like you could actually see like the the ink lines from the pen I feel like in well, what especially it is... Whitebeard's uh, hilt yeah go ahead yeah if you have like plenty of ink on your brush or pen it'll come off smooth looking and it'll look very crisp and this is where you start running out of ink and it it starts making these kind of like scritchy lines that aren't completely filled and it just like yeah has this effect that uh, people often will say is like dry brush but i think that this is mostly pen but it's still in that sort of same effect yeah yeah Um, i think this i think that marking's deliberate like it's like an unfinished yeah like uh, a mover attack because he's perfectly capable of filling in 
like oh, even yeah, still no, like the class yeah, the hockey classes are all filled made, in line, yeah. but the but the actual charge and preparing of the attack, it's not quite filled, which is an yeah. interesting choice. Yeah, it's and very I, cool. I, I like too that you know you have the um you have like the hockey bolts which are going perpendicular to the clash, and then you have because it is creating a flash of light, like the the stuff that is coming off of their weapons is sort of like uh, shadow lines almost mm-hmm. um, to help yeah. give, sell that image of the flashing uh, light as they connect um, or not connect as the case may be. Well, I, I also want to say like it, it almost gives it, um, it gives it like depth. It looks like they're literally cutting through the air and it, it like, um, so Nate had mm-hmm. been posting stuff about star Wars. I, I hate to get too off topic here, but it's kind of related and saying, you know how his favorite fights in star Wars uh, mirror samurai movies, where it looks like there's weight to those fights. And I feel mm-hmm. like there's like a lot of weight in this panel. It looks like they're both struggling to get, like the sword toward each other because of those mm-hmm. black lines. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's the, that's the image I'm getting. And I think that's super cool. And also that this both mirrors stuff we've seen, like the Katakuri and Luffy fight and the Kaido and Luffy fight. Um, and the Shanks and Whitebeard first meeting, but it's done in such a different and more kinetic way. And it, it's, it's like a really cool take on a, on a concept cool. we've seen before. Well, this shows the next level because this is like the strongest man in the world and the King of Pirates at their prime where their attacks are so powerful that they don't have to touch because it's like there's so much force in between them, both physically and literally. And even in those those prior two panels, the top two on the left, um, that's like something we've never seen before. It's like almost like a Gurren Lagann looking like... I don't even know how to describe it. Like the kinetic, uh, chaotic looking. You can feel energy. how fast his uh, pen's moving on the paper. Like when he makes those yeah. marks, he's not doing. Yeah. He's not doing very careful symmetrical. You know, making them go very fast. And so cool. You feel yeah. that speed. Yeah. Like even look at the poses. Like you're talking about the strongest men in the world. The strongest man in the world in terms of Whitebeard has to push forward using his knee leaning forward. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Roger is also like in that horse stance that gives you the most <laughs> yeah. you know, the most center of gravity to be able mm-hmm. to t- like to take a hard hit like that. Mm-hmm. Like even yeah, just looking even when you're that. talking about yeah. weight and posing, like mm-hmm. like even their body language shows that they might also be pulling punches because when you're talking about that scribbling, you see a lot of the white space, even in their, in their, um, in their blades. Mm-hmm. So it's still very much like they're still kind of pulling their punches, even though they're gripping. And even then, understanding those two things, you kind of see, you kind of can tell the scope of everything that they're all about. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. we're just getting into the art here. Um, Brian, you want to you want to keep us going? Oh yeah. Um, so. There's a big flash and a splash. It, it's similar to explosion because, like, the, even the clouds are parting and lights uh, and shadows is, passing between them with a boom. DBZ ask here. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking that this is the most Dragon Ball One Piece has ever been. It doesn't uh, look like a sunrise. Also, mm-hmm. the, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a good point. <laughs> and it kind of coincides with what's going on in the anime right now, which is also the most DBZ, DBZ One Piece. Yeah. I was yeah. thinking that too. Uh, yeah, and so we uh, second panel we got the uh, the Moby Dick and a bunch of uh, a few pirates being blown away simply by the force of their their clash off the island, uh, and some people were concerned about the the ship 
also probably capsizing. It's mm-hmm. almost it's almost about to hit the water. Uh, and as studio it, trigger. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, and then we get uh, uh, another panel of Roger with his uh, sorry, a uh, white beard with his mane all flowing. Uh, you seem well to me, Roger. And then cut to Roger. Kind of like uh, everyone's all panicking in the background because you hear a lot of raws and gaws in the background. And then Roger goes, uh, how many years has it been, Newgate? And then simultaneously, they, they're standing and they look at each other and go, drop your valuables and leave. <laughs> uh, meaning like they, they only have one course of action to, is to be as pirate as possible. <laughs> And then uh, time, we have a sh- time to uh, we have a sh- be as pirate as we possibly can. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah. And then uh, we this is a shot that looks very familiar to all the uh, the manga readers of the the Paramount War with the Vista and uh, a bunch of others, Marco in the background, leaping towards uh leaping towards the fight, and he says, "Let's get him!" And then the opposite side, and this is also ref- a reference to uh, the Ebb War from the uh, Chapter Zero. With the Rogers Pirates heading towards danger, I think they're also all facing the same direction. Is like take everything they've got. Is a uh, Scopper Gobbin and uh, Silver's Rayleigh leading the charge from the uh, Gold Roger Pirate side. And oh, they got uh, uh, Hellboys in the back, uh, right behind Rayleigh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> little uh, Devil Wings, which we've seen characters like that before in Big Mom's uh, crew. I meant the guy yeah. to the right of Rayleigh with the uh, oh because the oh, hilt yeah, of the yeah. sword looks like Hellboy's like yeah his goggles fake horns. And his horns yeah, yeah. I oh, didn't yeah. see that no but the like the bat wings I know Magellan had them and that one guy you're right um, yeah that is interesting yeah yeah, yeah. go ahead and oh wait and that was Siegel. the guy we were trying to figure out in uh, yeah, last week's chapter was yeah Bart Simpson oh the rock star yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. The one in between, like ne- next to Shanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's de- that's yeah. that's the devil himself, Bart Simpson. Um, as George H. W. Bush would say, Alberto. Oh, that's Alberto. You're right. Finally. He's the devil himself. <laughs> uh, and then, so the final shot on this page is the uh, the island basically collapsing, or at least this giant tree-looking structure collapsing under the weight of their battle, with a lot of kabooms and raws as the dooms. Uh, and an Oda box that goes, it was a clash of two great pirates of the time. Roger pirates versus the Whitebeard pirates. Their pitch battle lasted for three days and nights. And like the the literally the atmosphere swelling under this like ominous fight. The, the seas are kind of rough right now, but like you can just look at really close shots of the island and like all those giant tree structures, a bunch of them are being knocked over. So you imagine like all the power of all these titanic like figures all clashing simultaneously. This is probably like one of the most epic battles of that era. So obviously like the, uh, things get very intense here, uh, Stephen. Yeah, the the Uzumaki uh, clouds there <laughs> over the, over the island. Um, but after four days of fighting, uh, they're like soccer players at the end of their match. Hey, I like this shirt. Where'd you get it? They're trading. Uh, trading items, trading bits of clothing. Wait, you're taking too much. It's got to be an even exchange. And they're drinking uh, booze, southern booze, so presumably from the uh, South Blue. How about three boxes of jerky? And uh, we see that uh, Rayleigh and uh, I guess that's probably Vista are kind of looking 
on uh, the the attempt to pillage each other has become a gift exchange. And I just I, I love this because, you know, not not to pick on anyone uh, in particular, but I'm sure a lot of people were thinking I'm sure there were people out there who were thinking like, oh, boy, Roger and Whitebeard, this has got to be at least three chapters of nonstop combat. It's the only way to depict the epicness of this battle. <laughs> And then you turn the page and it's like, all right, is everybody here? We're going to start Secret Santa. Uh, (laughs) I thought we were playing White Elephant. Yeah. (laughs) And it's it's Pirate Secret Santa. It's a little bit more fun, I guess. Yeah, there's there's uh, the rules are a bit different. Um, So, yeah, the uh, everyone's sitting around and you can see they're all, you know, bandaged up and dirtied. Um, And we get a younger Blackbeard here. Um, oh, not Hody Jones? No, not yeah, Hody Jones. that's what I thought, too. <laughs> Thank you, Joey. He looks just like Hody Jones. Hody Jones yeah. isn't that old. It's that <laughs> no, I know that, cat. but it just looks like him. Black, well, he is cat, black, Blackbeard, great <laughs> white shark, and kind of like evil mo- mofos. Hold, yeah, I mean, hold on, hold on. When did Blackbeard grow his nose? <laughs> um, well, you know, a lifetime of getting into fights. That'll no, no, no. Usopp yeah, he lied and, a lot. He lied a lot. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a little pointier on the bottom panel, but um, yeah, yeah, he is asking uh, Marco and Josu there, uh, who are they? Are those guys apprentices? And um, Marco says, yeah, oh, yeah, they've been around for ages. They don't look very tough. And you see that he is referring to Shanks and Buggy who are standing so there with their arms folded, looking as mean as possible. They've got the attitude of grown men. And uh, Shanks, of course, is wearing the uh, the straw hat. And uh, meanwhile, they are talking amongst themselves. Hey, you see that guy wearing the hat, Shanks? Yeah. I heard he didn't sleep a wink during the ceasefire last night or the night before. So you get a little a glimpse that, okay, they're not literally fighting for, you know, 72 hours in a row. They they stop and then they resume fighting the next day. Uh, oh, why? Why he didn't sleep a wink? Why not? They say he's never slept in his life, and okay, that's kind of an interesting story. What does that mean? So Shank says, "Is that even possible, lucky guy? I bet his life has been twice as fun." <laughs> oh, mm. Oda, <laughs> very interesting. Uh, oh, that's not the point. Don't you get it? He's a monster. So. Uh, if that didn't sink in at, at first glance, which uh, it did for me, I'm sure a lot of you know more casual readers might not have have known that. But of course, there's been a long-standing mystery that uh, Whitebeard supposedly has been living twice the life. Uh, or yes, excuse me, Blackbeard, yeah. not Whitebeard. Um, then it was uh, based on something Ace said back in the uh, the fight against Blackbeard on Banaro Island. Um, and apparently this is the answer. It's a lot, it's both simpler and like even more mysterious than yeah. you would have guessed, which is that well, he is apparently never sleeps. But I also Twice think, the life. This, but I also <laughs> think this might have something to do. Cause Marco mentioned something during the war about Blackbeard's body being specifically un- unusual, unusual, why he could heal it, unusual the wheel, like two separate devil fruits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and Maddie posted something from from another Twitter user, I think Elijah Winter, uh, who posted from chapter one thirty four, Luffy saying, "You know, did you know people who live in snow countries don't sleep?" That came up. There mm-hmm. was the the thing specifically from the SBS with Teach and the Moon and looking like 
he's forcing himself to stay up or something. Um, or he just never sad. sleeps. <laughs> there, yeah, I mean, there's like sad. lots of little, yeah, lots, lots of little things. Um, mm-hmm. as, as Oda does. Yeah. Is it great? I, I just love that. It was like, it, it's like a reveal of what it meant, but also it raises at least as many questions as it answers. Uh, so that, that was a really cool, like when I read that, I was like, wow, that really stuck out to me. That just um, raises further questions. Go ahead. So we, uh, cut to another scene where, uh, kind of off by themselves, we have Whitebeard and Roger and Odin and they are sharing drinks and talking about something, uh, somebody is asking uh, Odin, you can read this? And he says, oh, yeah, I can read this, but where did you get this? How do you get this? This is the secret cipher of the Kozuki clan of Wano, which is passed down strictly from generation to generation. So, you know, it's something that only the leaders of the uh, the Kozuki clan uh, know about. And... Roger says it all started 13 years ago when we landed at the destination of the final log pose where no one had ever reached before a place called the Lode star Island. And uh, yeah, that's an interesting, uh, interesting choice of words because uh, a load star of course is a, uh, you know, a ship navigational tool. It's, it's using a specific star in the sky as a, uh, um, you know, guidance to, to make sure that you're still going the right direction. Um, and, uh, so yeah, that's, and this is not referring to, uh, laugh tale, raft tale, um, but just the last of the log pose, um, destinations. So when we disembarked giddy at what we might find, we realized that it was not the final Island. The needles of the log pose went haywire, refusing to point out a new destination, but there is one more Island. And only by going there will the unprecedented circumnavigation of the globe be complete. Is it Ferdinand D. Magellan? Magellan? Um, anyway. Um, <laughs> I like the way he's pointing at it. The way he's pointing at it. <laughs> like, like, Wiper's got like a sour look on his face. And Roger's all getting in, like pointing, pointing at him like that. Well, I mean, um, he's pointing one for one more island. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, we go to the next page. I just want to remark that I don't think I have ever noticed that it looks like there are, like, I guess they're hieroglyphs, like, panoglyphs are based on hieroglyphs, I guess, but mm-hmm. you could, they, they actually look like little figures, like a little... Well, they look like, uh, they look like yeah. Aztec, original uh, Az- uh, Omic, uh, mm. the yeah. Omic language, yeah. um, which is the, uh, ba- like, you know, uh, ancient Mesopotamia, uh, wrong continent like ancient americas um and things like that which is more very pictographic so yeah because of the pontergifts the first thing i thought of was like omec like old uh mesoamerican yeah i I think he's he's bringing in a lot of sources for it i'm like super curious i I wonder if oda actually has yeah translations for those i was just gonna say go ahead yeah, well, the thing with, with Skypea as well, because when you have a lot of like Native American imagery in Skypea, yeah. and mm. I think the first time we really get to see like even a closer, closer look, other than um, Alabasta, Alabasta, um, and it seems a little bit more like this is more like closer to what we read the the Poneglyphs about. The fact that I think it might be really interesting that Skypea. With that with that the pony the language looks like meso mm-hmm. meso um, 
Mesoamerican. 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 Um, <laughs> yeah, and have that Native American imagery, especially with Skypea being uh, <laughs> like introduction to colonism, colonialism yeah, yeah. 101. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> It's also fascinating that the first kind of like introductions to polyglyphs in this series represented kind of like ancient cultures in our in our world, like uh, mm-hmm. ancient Egypt and Native Native American cultures. Yeah. Well, to be fair, wouldn't it be cool if or terrifying if the government didn't let us research an ancient language? I mean, to be fair, I think everyone here would be like, "What does that say?" Um, yeah. And, and here we are in one piece. Uh, so Roger is ho- holding up a, a rubbing print of, of a potoglyph saying, pointing to it. And, and meanwhile, we have a grid and diagram of the four red stones carved with these letters that point the way to the final island. And Roger continues, the only problem is these are the poneglyphs that the world government had long has long forbidden anyone to read and you know how i listen to the government anyway he continues Mm -hmm. uh you thought they were just cultural relics think again they were the map that we need so um way back in zo uh we we had an episode called x marks the spot and, and we talked a lot very in depth about uh the the road poneglyphs the the red poneglyphs that point to this spot um the final mm-hmm. island um and he continues the stories say that a vast treasure awaits on the final island and the government says don't go there that only <laughs> makes the stories about the treasure more believable roger is wise to the government here um if we can get there we'll be the greatest pirate crew in the world in both name and in fact in the in the world um and then he he says a familiar refrain potentially that's right and then i'll be it cuts away to some birds flapping and back at whitebeard and odin both giving perplexed and like what are you talking about looks and both saying huh <laughs> um, damn it does why do those birds have to flap so loudly <laughs> i know jesus damn damn geese um <laughs> <laughs> I hate geese. Uh, so I, I, th- I think this has been pointed out by many fans at this point. And, and Brian, I think you also posted the comparison. If if you wanna, mm-hmm. if you wanna throw us to that, uh, what chapter yeah, was that? It, yeah, uh, eight uh, five eighty five during the Saba Ace flashback. Uh, brotherly pact specifically when they vow for the sake cups. They all make the declaration of what they want to be when they grow up. And of course, we know what Luffy's was, but in a very similar fashion. In that chapter, we didn't get to hear exactly what Luffy uttered, but then we yeah. see Sabo and Ace's reaction to it in a very similar, like, huh, little face that they make. So very mm-hmm. interesting that Oda would try to literally deliberately recycle that exact same exchange in, a, in the Love same it. way in Pound Count, too. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's so that's so cool. And that's a really important chapter in Luffy's characterization, too. I mean, that's like probably one of the most important moments the the sake cup moment um mm-hmm. so yeah we got them we got them laugh, laughing uh wipe your good uh i can't do it uh are you serious roger what are you a little boy and uh that makes him laugh back have we heard roger's laugh before this chapter the wahaha um I'm trying to think i, I, can't um, I don't i don't, I don't think, think it was written so. down yeah um i don't think it was like, it. like- yeah, I, we've heard him like chuckle, like in the big, the, the opening narration, like "haha, yeah. find my treasure." 
but not really like his his white beer equivalent yeah. um, distinctive laugh. Yeah, the and wahaha is such a like normal sounding laugh. Like it's not, you know, gura da 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 or something like that. Like it's kind of cool that Oda saved a like <laughs> something more recognizable as a laugh for one of the yeah. more iconic characters. Uh, well, it's, Which it's also really Wa- Waluigi. <laughs> what? Oh, it's wow, also Walu- okay. Waluigi's. Ed's head cannon that he laughs like Waluigi. Oh, okay. <laughs> Gold, <laughs> Gold Roger number one. Um, so yeah, they also make sure they gave him Ace's hair this chapter as well. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, really well, like him having his laugh be so just like the same, uh, similar, but I guess with the small distinction. I mean, I'm thinking about. Luffy's very distinctive laugh in the anime, mm-hmm. and so I would really be really, 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 really looking forward to see how this, how much they match up that voice and tenor. Is is when Roger's we get to voice this actor? Is Roger's voice actor the one that passed away, Ed? Yeah, that was the mm-hmm. father of Blackbeard's voice actor. Yes, <laughs> that's right. call. Yeah, yeah, he, he died a couple of years. Otsuki, ago, right? Otsuka. That's good. Yeah. Um, well, okay, so, to be yeah. fair, this is a slightly younger Roger, so they'll probably have to, you know, they'll recast, yeah. obviously, but they can. I mean, they have to recast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder, would they have his son do it, though? Um, that'd be interesting. Blackbeard. So. Blackbeard as, as Roger? That'd as be Roger? Yeah. I had an interesting mm-hmm. casting choice. Anyway, uh, we, go to, we go back to Odin's log as he says, I froze stiff for the second time today. I was stunned. Who was this man? Um, and Roger continues, help me out, Newgate. Let me borrow Odin for one year. Uh, and we're going to remind everyone uh, this time next year that that is when Odin gets to go back. Um, and he says, mm-hmm. it's the last thing I'll ever ask. And he could say that because he's about to die. Uh, with him, I'm certain that I could reach the final island. And Odin is like, what do you mean? I don't get a say in this. Um <laughs> And everyone is like, uh-oh, Captain Rogers bowing his head to Whitebeard. This can't be good. And uh, is that Caban? Uh, Scopa Caban mm-hmm. there? Yeah. Don't yeah, do this, Captain Roger. He's our enemy, he exclaims with two other random guys there. And uh, Roger has his head on the ground, prostrating in front of Odin and Whitebeard. Uh, please, Odin, come along my on my travels just for one year and um odin says stop don't embarrass yourself like this lift your head uh joey and this uh enrages whitebeard who says absolutely not uh you're trying to steal my family from me and we know that this is a very important sticking point uh with whitebeard and uh, so Pops is angry, and, and we see that. He's tearing apart the ocean with his uh, power. Everything's getting uh, really rumbly. And um, and we see in Odin, uh, Odin's journal, uh, but my blood cried out to me. It asked, why can the Kozuki clan read these letters? Why have I come across Roger at a time like this? And and he's kind of looking over at, at Whitebeard, uh, saying, White Kichi, uh, before I knew it, it, uh, the words were leaving my mouth on my own. Uh, I want to go with him. Will you let me? And this kind of reminds me of how like uh, Luffy is kind of described of having this power to kind of like bring people to his side, um, uh, sometimes without them even really being conscious of it. Um, but uh, 
Whitebeard doesn't seem to like that. <laughs> and we get this face that I love that it's becoming like Oda, uh, Oda's creating his own uh, uh, in, inside meme. joke meme, you know, type thing. Uh, this is, this is why translations matter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, of course he doesn't like it. Um, you and I are practically brothers. Uh, and Odin says, you know, it's only one year, please. Uh, and so we see that the decision has been made, but uh, the rest of Odin's friends, like Izo and uh, Cat Viper and Dogstorm, are choosing to remain on the ship. It looks like uh, is that Vista is actually insisting that the the uh, the fuzzy pets stay behind. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's hard um, to tell if it's that or if he's just like you know he's just like an eight year old just like oh someone something's happening i'm just gonna like do some cool poses here <laughs> just Maybe so. I, I thought so too i thought like why is he in a sword pose uh, i just this, uh, i interpret yeah. it as like you can take Izo's fine but do do not take my cat and dog away <laughs> oh my god yes that's exactly what he's doing they're so fuzzy don't take them so they they like it on the ship and and they'll wait for him to return to it um and uh you have that right you, you'll you're fully fledged pirates now uh we should all be free to choose and we get a, a cute uh, facial expression from odin there oh, um, i think odin's also holding their wanted posters i think that's what's implied yeah oh yeah, that's yeah. funny yeah I, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that or a doggy uh, bag for yeah. uh dog storm <laughs> <laughs> It's dog storms doggy bag. It's 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 instructions on feeding times and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna put the vet's number on the refrigerator. Um, yeah. Also, I want to point out that Vista holding back uh, a cat viper is a callback from last week's chapter too. Is it? Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. When uh, when the uh, Odin and Toki were talking, uh, cat viper. Oh was yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's kind of true. <laughs> Yeah, because they just follow. They they follow their owner. They're just like a, a cat or a dog. They're just like blindly following their owner everywhere. <laughs> uh, but, go ahead. Uh, isn't isn't Whitebeard going to see them off? But he's he's piping hot, steaming mad. Um, you know, Roger left behind all the cargo he had on board as thanks. Uh, this stuff's worth a fortune, and look at all the food. And Whitebeard uh, yells at them to give them back the food. He doesn't want Odin's family to go hungry. Um, and, uh, then we get this sort of, uh, parting shot as they're waving goodbye. Um, have the time of your life out there. We'll be looking forward to your stories when you get back. All right. So we go back to, uh, Odin's log and it continues. It was the second act of my life as a pirate. A new adventure had begun. White Kichi was a great man, but Roger too was off the charts. I am a lucky fellow. Uh, <laughs> it seems this next this next panel is a little cruel because Roger's like I haven't spent time with a baby in ages. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, what baby is he talking about? Yeah, is this play was before maybe, Ace maybe wouldn't be born yet. Oh, no, Ace isn't born no. yet. Okay. Which so makes that's... it sad because he never gets to hang out with Ace. Uh, okay, I know, but it I, makes I, me I wonder if he's talking about a specific baby. I have a theory. It might be Shanks. No, mm. it's definitely Buggy. <laughs> <laughs> or both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what was the what was the joke Maddie put on there? Did it? Yes, yeah, she posted like someone. Yeah. I was like, 
Hey, Raleigh. Like, Raleigh just comes in. So, like, you said get me a baby. I don't know if you want with red hair. I don't know if you want it on the head or on the nose. So, I got you both. <laughs> cool. Even twins. Ray, even Rayleigh admitted it's like it reminds me of old times. And, like, Shanks and Buggy are like nine. And Roger and Rayleigh have been around for like 13 years or more. David Bednar uh, tweeted a oh, pretty funny thing comparing it yeah. to Raising Arizona, where he's like, Roger, I want to get a baby. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's stowaways are discovered on the ship, and uh, dogs are right, Cat Viper, what are you doing here? And yeah, they're like, we, we're just having having the most fun watching you on your travels. And uh, the, uh, the White Beard Pirates know, hey, the dog and cat are gone too. Those furry little yeah, trails off. Uh, so some of the Roger pirates, <laughs> including uh, Shanks and Buggy, who are very, um, very surly little, little children. I love that. Yeah. Uh, they say the captain only needs you for your knowledge. Got that, Odin? Don't just assume that we're going to accept you as one of us. Uh, Odin pays them no mind at all and says, Port Town, there are ingredients there? And uh, so... He basically attacks this port town, and they have to remind him, don't attack civilians, uh, Captain's going to kill you. This port town should look very familiar to people. Yeah, this one looks like Mocktown. Wait, yeah, do, are true. they all Mocktown? <laughs> well, no, because of the dialogue, too. Yeah. The Daikon it's a, Radishes? It's, it's a, no, it's no. a lawless oh, area. It's a lawless area. area, yeah. Yeah, he stole my egg. Oh, he stole my Daikon. And, no, that oh, makes more also, sense because they're going to Skypea in like three seconds, yes. right? Yes, so, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Odin. Yeah. And they have a big Odin party, and they're all chanting Odin. And uh, yeah, so Odin's like, ah, that's me. I am Odin, and I was born to boil. And uh, he's pointing in with his kabuki That's his hands. catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> even, uh, even Panda Man's chowing down. On the Odin. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even the, see him. The there. immortal. He is the immortal. Mm-hmm. He's uh, above the right, directly above the. Mohawk. Oh, there he yeah, is. I see him now. Here. Yeah, he's so tiny. <laughs> Guys, when we get Toki's flashback in a flashback here, uh, we'll see him 800 years ago, and he'll be like, "Hey, guys, he'll yeah. talk." Um, Paula, I just, I, I, yes, I love that it's going. like, uh, I, I, you know, they do the whole like, uh, yeah, well, we do, we're not gonna your friend like you can't don't think you're so special and then he's like all right well, hang on you just need to taste of my my famous odin uh and he just immediately wins them all over with his uh with his cooking and i wonder if party ways i wonder if a, a fresh corpse is also part of the ingredient right <laughs> God. No, that's what it's well, cooked on that's what it's cooked on it's simmered in. you still need it Hey, oh, you get I that guess. smoky umami. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and now I'm thinking about. It, I'm looking the at bones. again. That's uh, that's Scopper Gabon who's saying this to to Odin. He doesn't. He's the uh, one who's he's, yeah. who's upset. There's two things I want to say. First off, that picture of Roger celebrating there, that looks the most like Ace of him in, in the whole chapter, I think. Uh, because it, it's similar to, uh, I think it was Ace and Buggy celebrating, remember? Yeah, uh, you're yeah. right. Um, <laughs> That's right. Which was right the around this time, ship, too. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was during the Mocktown stuff, too. I'm, um, I'm going to have to look it up, because they may even be in the exact same poses. Like, Ro- Roger it's may very be similar. on the left side. I've, yeah, it's it's like volume twenty five. So if you want to, I yeah, think that's yeah. what it was. Um, but I also, yeah, go find it right now, Brent. Um, so while he's doing that, I also want to say, guys, you know, I know this is a lore heavy chapter, but the secret to the One Piece world is food. Oh yeah. Anyway, Paula. Oh. 
Ed, Ed, you also didn't point out that uh, his sale just literally says "Gold D Roger." Yeah, um, I wanted to mention that. <laughs> it's fun, yeah. because yeah. because yeah. earlier we, uh, I think a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about like he's known as Gold Roger, and it's a secret that he's Gold D Roger, but I guess not. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was egg. necessarily if it was necessarily a secret as much as it was like gold Roger is just kind of like what everyone calls him. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people just weren't, didn't realize. Cause I mean, you know, the other thing, maybe this is like giving away a little bit, but um, so I'm, you know, working on these ACE novels. And so they go into, uh, you know, in, into more depth about like why ACE would feel the way that he does about gold Roger. And the thing is like, they keep telling people that like, oh, he's this infamous pirate. He's the worst pirate who's ever lived. But as we can see from like these, uh, you know, depictions of his character, like he's not a bad guy. You know, he's rough and tumble, but like he's a good natured guy. So you wouldn't expect so don't that. Attack like civilians. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he's not a guy who's out there preying on, you know, innocent people. So uh probably most people who would have known him as gold roger like they had never actually seen him they had no reason mm-hmm. to fear him directly it was just kind of what you know the the rest of the world said about him or what they said in the papers or whatever mm-hmm. so um that giant yeah. egg is still on the ship yeah and again, how does, this is the oro jackson so yeah this is how does Tom's it, ship oh yeah that's true that's true um how does odin how is Od- the first thing odin asks not what is that giant egg on your ship um <laughs> you know that uh, says a lot about his character. Instead, Paul, he goes could, and steals the eggs from the people. <laughs> instead, in he house. trusts this random, these random pirates with his two kids like this. That seems like a bad idea. Anyway, go ahead. Finish this, finish this up here. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. And so, like, the next thing we see is... Uh, oh, my God. I keep forgetting this doctor's name. Crocus. Uh, what? Crocus. It's Crocus, Crocus from Twin Capes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Doc said, uh, is declaring holding up a temperature just because so you know he's a doctor. It's like, I say he's got, oh, a year to live at best. And wait, 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 laugh. <laughs> Paula, is he looking at a thermometer to figure out that he has a year to live? Yeah, it's a thermometer. <laughs> is that what he's doing? It's that, uh, is yeah. here that- no, it kind of looks like a pregnancy test. Yeah, he looks as here <laughs> she's pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the applicator and everything. He's going to be in oh labor God. for 30, 30 months or whatever. Uh, yeah. 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 It's actually, that's actually kind of disappointing. Like, like I that. mean, it's a good hormone test, so it could be a hormone test. <laughs> I was actually disappointed that, um, like, I don't know what I, I'm still not clear on the timeline. When would he have met Rouge? Like, look, it's yeah. best not to think about these things. Okay. Uh, I think it is actually detailed. After the voyage, he actually spends like a few months before he gets caught. Uh, yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. Well, no, he does, he turns himself oh. over. Yeah. Yes. Also, I want to point out uh, we didn't discuss it last time, but there is a final meeting between Roger and Whitebeard, and I assume that's going to be when he hands off Odin. Could yeah. Be? Yeah, because he talks about I found the the great secret. Do you want to know about it? And Whitebeard's like, I don't care about that. It's the one well, underneath, may... like the Sakura trees. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They may oh, never. Which might be at one. Yeah. That might be in Lana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're going to meet again? I guess they would meet again because of that meet. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have Sorry. to do a handover. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so uh, Rouge declares that Roger only has a year to live at best, and Roger laughs it off, and Oda's like, "What?" 
And so Roger declares, as all dying men declares, so you see, I've got to make my time left count. And then flash forward to them shooting up the stream, going, aye, and we're going to die. And they make it to Skypea. It's an island in the sky. And Odin declares in his journal, it's like, the world is vast, even bigger than before. Not even the gods would believe the people live in the sky. Um, And then so we get to the next panel, just saying, we found it all the way up here. And we see that the golden, that bell that yeah. was the, the central thing in Skypea, which is one of my favorite arcs. Um, look at all that gold. How are we going to take it back with us, Captain? Asks Buggy. <laughs> and then Captain Roger just says, like, you can come back and get it when you're Captain Buggy, which is like, I feel like something my parents tell me all the time. It's like, when you're an adult, you can have all the gold <laughs> you want. And then you become an adult and you just go, that's really not true. <laughs> I have no gold. I have zero, I have zero gold. Zero gold. I also have very like the fact that I'm looking at my bank account like I'm that dreading to say. see my grades every day makes <laughs> you know. Yeah, concerning. I wonder how seriously Buggy took him to think that he was next in line. Uh, Probably <laughs> seriously, considering yeah. just how well, how much bravado he was. I don't yeah, think right? Captain of his Yeah, no. Yeah. I don't think he meant captain of his ship, though. Yeah, no, I'm saying yeah, like yeah. I like I wonder oh, yeah. if like this is the idea that like kind of put it in Buggy's head is that they would talk this way on the ship, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm going to be a captain one day," you know. Yeah. When, well, whereas he, Rogers just kind of being like, "Okay." <laughs> Rogers being an encouraging dad. <laughs> Unfortunately, mm-hmm. children take things the wrong way. Um, and so it's like, I don't have time for this now. It's like, oh, not even a little piece, which I feel like is kind of reminiscent to the conversation in Skypea just for this very reason, uh, this very moment. Mm. Um, it was like, it was easy to find a stone. It's just packed full of strong voices, um, mm. which is a, which for me blew me away when they flash back to Fisherman Island where, you know, Luffy was going like, who's saying all that? And then you mm-hmm. flash forward to say Roger experienced the exact same thing. And mm-hmm. that's kind of like where it's not about the real power of hockey is not less about like, you know, having the power to manipulate these things that are natural to you is the ability to hear unheard voices. Well, actually, this might be a thing that might be unique to either the, those who carry the D. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like either yellow yeah. high hockey don't seem to hear these voices yeah. so well yeah what uh yeah, that, really interesting when you start talking when you start thinking about like you know a lot of the overarching themes of fighting for the oppressed and fight invisible the invisible labor that goes into like things like slavery and things like that those are unheard the, voices and the history that's attached to that as well exactly. the injustice that never got corrected mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's interesting really interesting that that's an be- ultimate power uh, it's interesting too because aside from Luffy and Roger, the other person that we know can hear voices is Momonosuke, and oh, yeah. so like we we didn't oh, we God. don't expect yeah. because of the you know the Kozuki line being um, you know kind of like fully explained like it would feel it would feel like a bit of a. Uh, you know, pulling it out of your your butt to to be like, oh, and it's like Kozuki D Odin or something like that. <laughs> well, well but, think about it. There but is a what, person. What if, okay. Yeah. Know. Well. Yeah. Yeah. So what? What if uh, Toki's bloodline is mm. related to that because Ooh. she's from back at that there time? That's yep. good. So that would be uh, really interesting if that. Oh, there's so much. Out to be important. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are so many things. Oh, this is what I love about his world building. Like, I wish I was a DM of this ability. Um, yeah, because a lot of the th- when a lot of things in kind of storytelling, when you're kind of making things up as you go along, or even going through like a campaign, is really just like uh, rationalizing your players' actions. Mm-hmm. And so when you when I'm starting to look at the characters that Oda has. And just how he's kind of like pulling and rationalizing where where they would be placed throughout like whatever timeline they have, and Toki's ability to go forward and backward in time is like who how how is he going to pull and rationalize that in? And so that's an amazing thing to connect. And so well, she, I mean, she can't go yeah. backward. Yeah, right. Yeah, she's going to go forward. Right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, going back to this panel, it's like it's easy to find the stone is so packed full of strong voices. It's a story of great power. It's that ability to tell stories with your voice <laughs> mm-hmm. these voices are being heard and only certain people can hear these voices the message speaks of a weapon named poseidon uh, carve carve a message for me and quote this is the message that roger says that odin right uh chisels in and says i hereby guide this document to its end which is what we see robin reading mm-hmm. when we when we were at the skypea arc yeah. And just just like that, well done, Odin. Uh, and then Odin's final log post for this chapter is, show it to me, Roger. Show me the final chapter of your grand life-spanning adventure. And, and it is, wow, what a line. <laughs> yeah. And you're dealing with a guy who's going to die. And that's always kind of such a... Why well, he dies in the very first panel almost. Like, yeah, <laughs> like it's yeah. it's such a pulling, uh, uh, I forgot what, like narrative. It's like you already know the ending to this story. Like it's not, an, it's not a, a story trope or story uh, mechanic that's unfamiliar. But because of how expansive One Piece has become, again, like pulling where these char- all these characters are and a huge cast of them and every single one of them matters and again with an overarching theme of like fighting injustice and hearing uh unheard voices and the collective voices that happen to be strong because they're pulling together in this one story that's being you know and spearheaded by like different generations that is just like that is a capital t theme (laughs) <laughs> that's so yeah. hard to explain and hard to not sound cheesy when you tell other folks this and i'm I, and i i have a lot of questions related to it but i i mean we touched a little bit on the whether it's the will of d or momonos you know like how how momonosuke also possesses it but the fact that roger is able to intuit the basic idea in the in the message on the stone in skypea um, presents some really interesting questions. As uh, I think Ed and I were saying at the start of this, um, that just raises further questions. Um, also cool to see that the bell is where it originally was in Skypea. Um, I look like this was kind of a surreal, especially ending. Like, so Paula, I know you read through this like whole thing in a couple months. But like for most of us, like Stephen, when did you first read? What year did you first read Skypea, or like the specific chapter um, that this is referring to? Well, let's see, Skypea. This would probably have been around 
it was published around 2004. So yeah, uh, I think I think the end of Skype was 2004. Yeah, and you were reading week to week at this point, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Fucking crazy. Um, yeah. I have no other. Fifteen words years for ago. It. Yep. Yeah. So in 2004, <laughs> yeah, was... Stephen was reading the chapter, and he. I, I mean, Stephen, do you at all recall your initial reaction? Because this was like a huge, huge reveal at the end of Skypea mm-hmm. that Roger somehow was able to mm-hmm. write or I guess transcribe yeah. here. It's yeah. How how yeah, is that was... coming full circle? Uh, it, it was amazing. Like, honestly, the, so, you know, I got, I guess to, um, to jump the gun on like my chapter comments in general, just like, you know, a lot of this chapter is, um, it's really cool stuff and it's going through, you know, the, the, uh, relationship between, uh, Whitebeard and Roger as these, you know, huge rivals. And, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff about their, uh, abilities as they clash and, uh, you know, the interaction between them and their crews and everything like that. And like, that's all uh, really neat and really interesting. But when we get to this last page where, you know, they go up to Skypea and you literally see like happening the event that you, you know, initially saw uh, in my case, 15 years ago, uh, it definitely hit me pretty hard where it was just like, wow, that is, uh, that's just awesome to see, to finally, after so much time, uh, see what that, you know, see this moment, um, in its original, um, state in its original time, uh, was, uh, really, man, I don't know. It's just, it's hard to explain because there are so few stories that I think, um, pull off this kind of, um, uh, you know, long-term storytelling this way. Um, but it was, um, it was, yeah, it was pretty moving. I would say. Yeah. I, my, Experience in One Piece almost goes back as far because I started reading. Uh, I I got caught up around 2005, but like mm-hmm. Skypea being also one of my favorite arcs. One of the things a lot of people told me at the time because like Water Seven was like in in the middle of it that people often skipped Skypea entirely because they felt like it was quote unquote filler, mm-hmm. and hadn't hadn't read it at the time. I think a lot like like Steven said like. Long form storytelling is so difficult, not just for the author, but for the readers as well, because they don't have an appropriate sense of vision, narrative, pacing to understand that like everything matters. Like when when they're seeding these little things, yes, it's just a fun adventure in the sky, which should be enough to <laughs> to read it. But when he's seeding all these tiny little narratives and these tiny little details about the larger arcs of this world. Those all those things matter at some point. So like when you get down the line 10 to 15 years later, these threads start getting like tied up when you're a really good and like effective storyteller that it pays off for the audience in ways that is just unparalleled in comparison to like other series like Naruto or Bleach. They're also long running and good in their own right, but just don't have the same magic uh, that One Piece usually has. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Well, in in terms, and not to defend not not to bleach on Maine, but like, uh, <laughs> I've, I've read them all too. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the, of the yeah. of the trifecta, um, the two of them are linear, and Naruto in particular, um, intentionally so, because of the like what he was talking about, how uh, you know, because One Piece was so vast. And, you know, as you can see, there's a lot of flash. And because it's so vast, I mean, flashbacks and breakdowns of where characters are at a certain time, 
uh, is necessary and being able to do that because there's, you know, there is also that ability of like, uh, because things are so vast and moving so much that, you know, the audience might have f- forgotten like one tiny little detail and you have that level of surprise of like, oh, crap, Brooke is like with Laboon. What is happening? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where did that pull come from? But um, but because of that vastness, that's kind of an interesting. Well, Naruto in particular was just such a linear storyline. And then Bleach was so secular uh circular circular Mm. and and Mm. and that the storyline kept repeating itself in terms of its themes Mm. um after a while yeah after a while you're like uh i think you should just draw kubo (laughs) maybe maybe partner with a really yeah i I agree i I definitely remember at one time kind of uh early on in uh reading one piece and naruto kind of together Thinking that Naruto, like the thing that was appealing to me about Naruto is it seemed to have a very focused vision and it was very like, you know, you kind of had it laid out who the bad guys were and who everybody's relationship were to one another. And One Piece just kind of felt a little bit more of like short story to short story. Um, But then uh, you zoom out and you get to see like things like this and you realize that like one piece actually has this very focused vision too. It's just at a much greater scope. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah. It's like if you just take it at face value, you're like, but, you have your micro stories and yeah, I can't, I, it's really hard not to keep comparing it to a, a tabletop campaign where you're allowed to just expand, expand, expand this world into other transformative works that kind well, of lends even, itself to that. Even the way he constructs like power battles, like the yeah. fact that elements are a thing and how they interact with each other is very D and D style too, as well. So, so I want to mention. So, almost ten years ago to the day today, Ed, uh, you mentioned this at the very start uh, because it, it was mm-hmm. in this chapter the men's no no uh, interview with Oda came out, um, and our good friend who was just Wait, a which, festa, which, which 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 chapter. Uh, no, I said it wasn't in a chapter. The the interview in the magazine with Oda, oh, okay. the men's no no, uh, yeah, it came out ten years ago, almost to the day. It was the January twenty ten issue, oh. and Greg translated okay. it. It's in it's on Greg's website, and I mentioned this not for any, I mean, for a specific reason, and that's because the very discussion we're having now is is discussed by Oda. Um, he said in it, since it's already decided there's a part of me somewhere that wants to hurry up and draw the last image, but in reality, I don't think that will be for a long time because I want to (laughs) think about how I handle each of my characters appropriately. I don't want to just throw away a pawn just to set up a checkmate. If I just think about writing in the moment, it's bound to get long no matter what. So recently... The crew has grown in number again, and even when just one happening occurs, I wind up wanting to draw all of their reactions, so that takes even more time. But wanting to portray each individual character's story like that uh, is something readers sympathize with me for. I just don't want to overdo it. As that's the case, no matter what I do, it just ends up getting longer. Um, It's like really cool that... We're like finally, and you know, we just had that quote from this week in at Jump Festa saying, "Now I'm I'm getting ready to draw that last image," which he said for forever that he knows what that last image is, and he's very excited to draw it. And it's so cool that we're finally getting to the point where he's feeling comfortable enough to be like, "I don't have to sacrifice my characters um, to begin 
telling the story, which is what this chapter kind of is, which is why it was so surreal. I think it's it just so surreal to read this chapter um, because you're reading it's uh, you're reading about kind of the idols of your favorite characters. It's such a it's such a crazy uh, place we're in um, right now that I'm trying to really appreciate this moment um, in the as a One Piece fan. Um, Joey, you were going to say something too. Sorry, I cut you off. Um, <laughs> no, I think I think I had completed. Do you want to do you yeah. want to talk about Do you want to talk about your thoughts on the sure. chapter? Sure. So, a thing that's uh, really remarkable about this chapter um, <clears throat> is that this is our first time spending a full chapter with Roger. You know, um, and really getting to uh, see him as a character and see his crew. Um, you know, I did have the thought when we see that sort of uh, two panel side, uh, top and bottom of, of Whitebeard's crew facing up against uh, Roger's crew that like I look at the two panels and I go, huh, something's a little off here where we we recognize all of Whitebeard's crew, but Roger's crew doesn't feel fully formed to me yet, you know, um, but I think we're getting there. <laughs> um and, um, yeah, and I love love it, and I love kind of starting to feel more depth to characters like Shanks and Buggy, who um, who I've always liked but felt a little bit more one note, you know, in, in a lot of ways. But now we're kind of seeing them as kids and seeing them act, and we see um, both kind of like... Um, Shanks being a little goofier and and more fun uh, as a kid, and then also Buggy seeming a bit more reserved, you know, in in ways uh, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm loving this flashback. Um, it's continuing to be really great, and this is giving me uh, those kind of like character moments that I was really wanting to wanting to see uh, uh, that I talked about last week. Uh, Brian, thoughts. Beyond the ones, yeah, that, I, you know. yeah, sure, yeah. I thought, oh my cat's running around. <laughs> <laughs> he could continue, the, uh, or she? Yeah, she can. She can. Uh, yeah, I thought this chapter was awesome. Uh, the just seeing like like the I think someone mentioned last week or the week before. Uh, it's that time. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I, I, someone mentioned the week before how like this chapter, especially with the appearance of Odin, how like ridiculous his introduction was we're this is like the most myth-making chapter we've had of one piece in a while like not since mm-hmm. maybe like nolan and uh kugara uh caligara sorry that like these characters feel like titans among titans and like all the silly things and over-the-top things they do just seem like unimaginable even within a world of where we got like a boy who stretches like rubber and a guy who holds a, a sword in his mouth uh but the the implication that like uh, after reading this chapter, I thought about how much it means for Odin to both Roger and Whitebeard, but specifically the fact that Odin, we know like Odin's future to be ex- eventually executed by an, uh, by Kaido, that the fact that Mono, uh, Mono, uh, Marco hasn't come to, isn't going to come to the rescue or supposedly isn't going to come to the rescue. is like kind of a really sad thing. I think about because they were like such good friends on this crew. Uh, eventually, uh, Odin returns to Whitebeard Pirates, I guess, and then they abandon him at Wano to like fulfill his destiny. So I'm wondering, like, 
the and like of uh, Cat Viper himself went to go pick up Marco. I'm wondering if this also doesn't just set up how important it is going to be for Marco to participate in this final battle against Kaido and potentially Big Mom. Uh, I, I, I think it would be a huge betrayal of like everything they, they, they served as like uh, crewmates if he doesn't show up and help out in this, this battle. Um, I think that's all I have to say about this chapter. Oh, and I also want to know what Odin wanted to talk to Gold Roger about after he got blasted away. Did you just want to f- find out about his sword techniques? I don't know. It's weird. Oh, when oh, um, uh, you mean in the in the double page spread? Yeah, yeah. Because he's like, uh, I want to have words with you. I'm like, oh, did you want to like tell him off, or did you like want to find out? No, how I cool think he wanted to tell him off. Right? Is that what you meant? Or is that what he meant? Um, let me see. Actually, that's a good question because I think you can kind of interpret it either way. Yeah, because um, like. Because Odin's always been operating like he's just he's just in love with anything. Like if it's dangerous, he just wants the, infor- or, he he just wants wants to learn. the information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, he's like, "How'd you do that?" Or like, "How can you be so powerful?" That kind can of. Can you tell me how yeah, to do that? Okay. Yeah. No. He's he's kind of saying like, "That's not fair." Like, how how did you do that? That's you know, the, I don't buy this um, sort of thing. So. <laughs> Luffy yeah. said yeah. that okay. before too. Like when Luffy gets um. Like, remember, he's like, I'm rubber. How did you do that? Like, he used to say that a lot when he got okay, hit. I'm, I'm glad for that clarification because it reminded mm-hmm. me of something. I love the way that Odin is just because he you saw in the first couple of chapters when he's in Wano, he was just a terror. Just no one could stand up to him. He was like the most he was the most big dick energy of big dick energy could possibly possible. <laughs> and sure. now that he's like he's gone in the world, he recognizes how small he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's what that's where his joy comes from, recognizing like how small and how insignificant he is in this world. And it, it's universe. like it's like the first time like you. I've always been super interested in astronomy. For those who don't understand why I'm so into the moon and all that stuff in this in this uh, manga, but just yeah, it's like when looking up at the stars and feeling insignificant and feeling like oh. There's so much more I could accomplish. There's so much, like, imagine all that's out there and how small I am compared to everything else is such a cool... Yeah, I like I like that interpretation of Odin. Um, any further thoughts, Brian? Nope. I'm just going to ramble because it's great. Okay. Steven, uh, beyond what you said, was there anything, uh, was there anything else you want to touch on in this chapter? Mm, um, no, I'll let uh, other people go. Oh wait, no, uh, sorry, sorry. Yes, there was something. Uh, uh, I forgot. Asked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I did want to say that um I remember, you know, going back to the uh the X Marks the Spot chapter where we were talking about this and we kind of got, you know, we got the uh the roadmap, so to speak, for like how how they're supposed to get to Laugh Tail and and stuff like that. But I think at the even at the time it was still because of the um, the whole stuff about Roger, like learning the truth and then going back and, and doing all this stuff, like it wasn't really like I, I felt like our, you know, our working understanding of how this went, that Roger basically got to the end and then was like, oh, this like Poneglyph thing is a, a big deal. This is like the real story. We have to go and find them now. And then they did the whole thing again a second time was something that was like very it was heavily intimated in in oh, yeah. uh roughly laid out by the the dialogue in that chapter but it it still didn't feel like 
for sure a confirmation of like this is exactly what's going on and so to actually have it come around and see like roger explain this stuff for himself and to be like yes that's exactly what the case was i thought was very gratifying as well to know to know that like all of the the order of things did line up the way that you know we kind of thought it did because i you know i couldn't be 100% positive that that interpretation was correct you know it's just the way that oda you know yeah. sets up his foreshadowing and things um you never know if there's something more there that you're not you know that there's an intentional uh space there that doesn't tell you the full story um, but to, to have it all line up like this, I thought was really cool to see and to know for sure. Yes, this is how this is the order that Roger did things. Um, very cool. Yeah. If I were setting up the wiki article, it would be yeah, the first voyage was circumnavigation voyage. Right. Then the scavenger hunt for the, for right. the Poneglyphs. And then the final, I guess that final voyage to uh laugh tail, Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, that's, where are we now? Mm-hmm. Um, Ed, um, I think I think it's your turn. Uh, what did you think? Oh, um, it's it's a uh, I don't know. It, it just shows like that going back into the history of One Piece, all these things that we've heard about, all these things that were shocking when we first learned about them, like finding out that Roger had been up in Skypea, and then just we finally get to see it. <laughs> you know, this is uh, this is sort of what I imagined it would be like when I was reading Skypea, like I, I, I kind of yeah. had a feeling that we would get to see Roger sort of in his prime. I don't think Oda would go through the series without at least partially showing that to us. And I, I appreciate that. We're getting to see that here. Um, the, the part with Roger and like playing with like the little kids was, was really, really cute. And it actually sort of made me sad that he never did get to uh, like, you know, raise ace, but you know, that's, that's just, that's how it goes. Um, buggy and shanks continue to be great, like all over the place. And it was sort of like a good pairing them. And also Dogstorm and cat viper who are just, <laughs> they just go wherever they want to. And, um, they, they're, they're, they're very hard to control. So I, I, like I love seeing animals. this sort of their <laughs> classic depiction of pirates, sort of like, the prototype for what the straw hats would become later of going around having adventures, solving crimes, you know, <laughs> in a van, um, <laughs> kind of, uh, I, I, I like the, uh, the meme, meme face. Oda, Oda is definitely, um, sort of, That's not what we're calling it he's now. really, he's really getting that over in this, uh, in this flashback. I just, he has to have like a running joke and, uh, I, I, I'm really, I'm really enjoying that. So, yeah, with um, all the heavy stuff, yeah, they need. Uh, I like how that's a balance yeah. in there. Yeah, and it's also interesting how, like, even after they fought for three days, uh, Roger has all this energy to just, you know, spout all this exposition at them. Like he, he it's like he's really interested in this, and uh, you know, I don't know. White Whitebeard's a little disinterested, and Od- Odin's more interested, but they're both like, "What's going on?" Roger's just rambling on spouting off like all this world historical lore and the other guys are like I'm not really not really sure if I'm following here <laughs> he's he's obsessed with the you know he can't be the only person who knows this now and um, um 
they're developing the, the developing the Blackbeard thing in the background as well. So it's just yeah. planting seeds, planting seeds with Blackbeard because he's lurking in the background of the story, and uh, you know he's going to reappear eventually. Um, yeah, I have a few little things. Um, so uh, did we mention the Southern booze is good stuff? Um, isn't that what uh, Shanks gave Whitebeard when Shanks met him? The the I think that was Western. Uh, that There's was a lot Western. of booze. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, all booze, Shanks, is, good, all booze is good booze. Yeah, um, mm. except you know, uh, Natty Light, toilet wine, what? toilet wine. Um, okay, <laughs> went in some weird directions. Uh, so yeah, this was this was um, this was one of those chapters. Like, I feel like I could only ca- I could count on one hand. Oh yeah, uh, Paula, did you have anything else? Sorry, beyond uh, what you had said before. Any other final thoughts? Sorry, I thought yeah. <laughs> Um, well, like I'm, what Ed was talking about and how passionate, like after even fighting for X amount of days and how Roger has this like such energy and passion for essentially what is the nerdiest thing you can be in the One Piece world is just be a complete nerd for history because history is forbidden. Um, as a librarian, I am very, very behind that. Um, and so, uh, whatchamacallit, it's one of those things where I was like, I, I really feel that from Roger and it's really nice to be able to mm-hmm. see that. And, you know, a lot of, I, I am just so in love with the, um, intergenerational, like passing on of the will kind of, um, themes that we have going on here. And so much of like even your own personal growth and to see where you come from to be able to be able to have that chance to examine like the people that you looked up to the people that influenced you whether you knew it or not is really interesting and the fact that again Roger is just really like honing in on this like I'm a dead man walking so I'm going to live like my life a thousand percent as much as I can and so like is he really even sick? Like, can you even really tell? And so it's so it's this chapter is like as much as this is, this is what I love. Like, yes, give me the lore. Give it to me always. Um, I'm like the person who reads the Cimmerillion every year. Like <laughs> nobody, everyone asked me if I've read Lord my, of the Rings. I cannot get, yeah, I cannot get through two towers. I just, it's so hard for me. Like stop describing trees. I don't care. But if you tell me who's the son of who, who's the son of who, by extension, all of Lord of the Rings in terms of the Cimmerillion and the gods, like that, I eat that stuff up. So this chapter was like right in my, right in my wheelhouse. And what I find both humanizing about it and both heartbreaking about it is because you know he's going to die at the end and you just get to see like this person live his life extremely and in the nerdiest way possible. And like th- this is your hero's hero, and like mm. that just it, there's so much weight to that, and it's just like nom 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 nom. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is there anything else, Paula? I did not mean to to railroad that. Uh, you know, That's okay. Whatever steamroll, whatever steamroll, any locomotive or machine. Um, <laughs> no, thank you, thank you for that. Those were those were good points too. Um, very minor things. Um, I also, we, yeah, we don't know very much about Roger's crew. So it's also speaking of like the, the all the little names and all the little people um, that we're finding out about. 
I saw in the at the very end he looks like he has a giant in his crew too. Like on yeah, the, uh, next yeah. next to the bell. Yeah. I also want to point out that uh, no one's ever pointed out that Bellham is on Rogers uh, Whitebeard's crew by now. Bellham's like one. He's like the big division commander who carried Diamond Joe's after the war. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, he's been there the whole you mean, time. Uh, Blenheim. Blenheim. He's, sorry, I, he's been I there the whole time. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I noticed the um, the was guy with the pointy popular. hair. His shirt says Taro in one of the panels. I wonder oh, if yeah, that's yeah. his name or he's new. if that's a clothing brand or or what. <laughs> Couldn't yeah. possibly say Tard, but I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's Which Taro. The, what's the fatty tuna sushi? Isn't that Taro? Oh, Toro. That's Toro. <laughs> Toro. 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 You know. Toro is the sweet potato. Yeah. I also so that I, I eat good too. quite frequently. It's quite good. Oh, yeah, I actually, like, yeah. Yeah. Or ube if you're Filipino. <laughs> I also think I found somebody else in the chapter uh, before the second to last page uh, where they're at the Skypea Bell and they're all like shocked. There's someone right above Scopper Gobbin who has a very particular face. He's like making yes. like big puffy lips. I've seen that face before. It's in one panel. I don't know where. I've been all for the past hour. I've been looking for it. And I don't know who this character is. He's so never been named. He's do? in one panel. Yeah, Brian. Uh, yeah. Google has this really creepy thing where you put every, uh, your photos into Google Photos and it just automatically sorts them. So all you have to do is put every page of One Piece into Google Photos and it will automatically know. Um, I, I have no idea. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree I, with I'm you, though. It did it. stick out to me, too. Um, yeah, Brian's going to go on his mystical journey to find that guy. Yeah, it's going to bother me until I find this because I think he's wearing a hat in a more recent version of him. But if, if I find out who this person is, that means this... Like, Oda's not drawing this person by coincidence. I think this person is someone who's going to be important or revealed to be important later. Remember how Rayleigh showed up in that, like, in that really early chapter, and then he showed up again 500 chapters later? Um, yeah. It's, this is Oda's specialty we're talking about here. Um, actually, in that same panel, and on the second to last page on the bottom left, um, I also is... So I think Roger's holding his old hat on, uh, you know, the straw hat on Shanks's head there. Is that what's going... Like, he looks like he's just like... He's the only one excited, first off. Everyone else is shocked. I guess yeah, it's, like is, very, uh, it's a very paternal kind of like, that's my boy kind of like holding yeah, his exactly. head. Yeah, exactly. It's that's super cute. It is cute. Um... Yeah, I love the hell out of this chapter. This is, I, I mean, I'll, I'll echo Paula and say this is also totally up my alley um, in every aspect. And I love that we're, like, kind of humanizing these people, too, because um, Roger has been such a seldom seen and heard from character and this huge monster in the back. Uh, in the background of, of the whole story, and by monster, I mean like someone of awesome power that we know nothing about and is mysterious, but also like, um, you know, legendary. But in, in the as, as the world knows it in, in the One Piece world it, for very bad reasons, but he seems to be, um, almost Superman esque, and like he's like, don't hurt any civilians, make sure you treat everyone, you know, like he seems like upstanding. Like to the point that we don't even see most of the good pirates, you know, at that level. Uh, even like remember Trafalgar Law saying to to Luffy, like, do we really have to save people? You really shouldn't do that. That's going to get us in trouble. Um, so it, it's really cool seeing Roger with that kind of spirit. Um, 
Yeah, there are so many strings to so many things that have happened in this story. I could talk about it all day. Um, Oda definitely seemed to enjoy putting this chapter together, and I feel like you could really tell that he was like chomping at the bit to tell this story um, in a way that I feel like we haven't we don't see that often. Um, yeah, I I don't know. We've said so much already. Um, all the little details, all the cool little panels and all the little background characters. I could, I could talk about this all day too. Uh, I'm just like Brian. I could ramble about this all day and talk about nothing. Um, but I, I'm sure we'll talk more in the piece together segment about it. Uh, any final thoughts from anyone? Good no. last chapter of the year. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to be off with the manga next week. Uh, we'll be back on January 6th. Uh, for those who skip the rest of the show, please don't. But um, yeah, that's, uh, let's get on into the next segments. Mm-hmm. This is the Anime Recap for episode 915, Destructive, One Shot, One Kill, Thunder Bagua. I'm your host Sam, and today with me we have, as usual, we have Ed. Hello. You know, Thunder Bagua reminds me, it's like it's like a rejected lyric from Bohemian Rhapsody or something. Yeah. And joining us today, we also have Rick and Morty's own Brian Newton. Yeah, for me, it sounds like some type of like really extreme Jamba Juice. <laughs> and the title card this week begins at 4 minutes and 53 seconds which is a little later than we've been coming in in uh, lately uh, but uh, every once in a while I guess it's okay if it goes that, that far in so the episode opens with uh, we're continuing with Luffy's big elf, elephant gatling where he's just pounding away at, at Kaido and uh, this scene goes on for quite a while. And uh, so Luffy's, he's letting loose. He's going from the Gatling to the elephant gun to an elephant stamp. Uh, he spends a good part of this fight just straight up glowing red. They're, they're really leaning into the, the Dragon Ball Z uh, style. Yeah. And saying Kaido a lot. Shouting Kaido a lot. <laughs> and uh, it looks great. Well, what do you expect him to do? He's uh, he's got Kaioken this week. Yes, well, that's, what, that's basically when they're just extending the the episode. He's like, well, he doesn't say anything else, so he just says Kaido a bunch. Yeah. Um. It all like it all looks great. Each attack is it's just like very varied and interesting looking. Um. Like the the episode does not stop having like little cool animation cuts much like uh, last week's and uh, so we go up to Luffy he's got both hands blown up both hands gear third and he's doing the grizzly magnum and he hits uh, Kaido and knocks Kaido almost completely out or, or it seems like he's knocked him out he's like falling backwards he's crushed crashed through um, the uh, the town and uh Law and Hawkins are kind of in shock of everything that's happening, and Kaido slowly de-transforms. He's going back into human mode, and uh, Luffy walks to him, and he's keeping the glow going, even even when he's not uh, completely fighting. Yeah, this episode's very impressive. 
to look at, I think. Yeah. I mean, they do... I mean, not a lot... Frankly, not a lot happens, but what happens, it's sort of... It, uh... It's really, it's really impactful. And yeah, the have... animation's top. The animation's really top-notch in this one. Yeah, and mm-hmm. Kaido, he's, he's grabbing his club. He's, you know, picking himself up. I, I love this little cut of him, like, getting up and, like, stumbling around and trying to get his, uh... Trying to get his bearings, and it's either... Well, it's both like a dizzied, like I just got beat up a bunch by this 19-year-old kid stumbling, but also it's a little bit of a drunken stumble. Well, I think that's what's so interesting about this interpretation of this exchange compared mm-hmm. to the manga, where you're like, there kind of had no effect from anything Luffy did to him. He just knocked him out one hit. But now you can almost imply that he could have been a little dazed from the attack, but also we also know he's this pissed drunk. Yeah, there's... <clears throat> There's some room to to uh, for the audience to kind of see that how they want to see it, and uh, so Luffy he he proving that he's serious he takes his shirt off um, and he goes gear four and he's uh, launching at Kaido with a gum gum Kong gun and he hits Kaido like he smacks Kaido right in the face and it looks like a normal punch like it looks like there's going to be a normal impact but whenever they cut to like the wide shot of Luffy punching Kaido. Kaido's feet are still like firmly on the ground. He has not budged an inch. He's kind of taken this punch. Mm. And we come to the eye catch of the episode. And when we come back, uh, Luffy is doing, you know, just another barrage of attacks. This time, uh, gear four attacks, like the, the gum gum culverine and the, the Kong organ gun. It's like, it's, it's how he beat uh, Rob Lucci back in the day. And uh, but the gear four version. Yeah. And he's uh he hits Kaido, sends Kaido flying again. And uh Kaido he's he's kind of on the ground for a little while, uh, but then he's getting back up again once once again, and uh, uh lightning is going everywhere again with the, the drag muzzy, and then he's like slowly cracking his neck, cracks his neck, just kind of like stretching as Luffy's uh, coming, flying at him, getting ready with the big King Kong gun, the big attack they beat uh, Doflamingo with. And that's when uh, Kaido throws the uh, the Thunder Bagua and he smacks. They hit each other at the same time. Uh, and it kind of that, feels that, like a... That was also completely new. Yeah, in the in the manga, it's just like, bam, done. In uh, in the anime here, they kind of make it seem like uh, Luffy versus Katakuri a little bit, where they hit yeah, each other. Totally. Uh, and they're they're both hitting it's each other. Luffy's they're both punch has absolutely no effect. Receiving, yeah, it feels like they're both impacting each other. But in the end, Kaido just sends Luffy completely flying. Luffy goes crashing into the wall, and he just kind of like stumbles out. He's he's his gear four is now done. Uh, he's he's completely beaten and. This is when the uh, the clouds go away. So the the clouds really were just kind of a symptom of of Kaido being in dragon form, I guess. Because uh, mm-hmm. now that the big dramatic fight is over, it's now nice and sunny and oh, uh, daylight. That's out. A, that's actually consistent with kind of like uh, Asian dragon myth that they also right. control the weather. Yeah, you know? it's it's the same thing that goes on when uh, Shinron is summoned in Dragon Ball. Yep, totally. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's a that's a, like an anime specific thing too that you get to appreciate, I think. Or it's 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 not as clear in the manga that that's what's going on. So the dark the dark clouds go away. Uh, Law is 
He's he wants to go and uh, rescue Luffy, but he's stopped by Hawkins, who sh- shoots him with a sea prism stone nail, and then proceeds to explain that uh, sea prism stone actually originated in Wano, and Wano is the only place where there are craftsmen skilled enough to make small items like uh like the sea prism nail. And uh, we like the and and their very small exchange looks really good too, like uh, Law versus Hawkins. Uh, kind of like a little earlier in the arc, we got a, another good animated fight between them. And uh, but Law, he he makes his escape pretty quickly. He just sort of peels the the nail out with his sword, and then he he shambles him, himself out of the scene. And uh, we have the whole scene where this they, they've rearranged some stuff in the manga here, where uh, the. This scene where, where Kaido is talking about like Luffy, Luffy's unconscious, and he, but he still kind of looks like he's glaring at, at Kaido, and Kaido is kind of receiving like, oh, this kid's got, he's got spunk, and then uh, Kaido's henchmen are saying like, what? I don't see anything. He just looks completely out to me. Um, so it's like some like lingering conqueror Saki that they're communicating with almost. And that scene was not in the the given chapter that we're adapting here. Like they pushed that that was in the next chapter after this, but they kind of moved things around where uh, Kaido's uh, kind of his stinger, his like, oh, what kind of king did you say you'd be, punk? Um, like that's that's what in the manga he said that immediately after hitting Luffy. Yeah, which was um, crazy. <laughs> yeah, and here they've they've shuffled it around, so we get the the scene. Of, so Luffy's now out. Uh, he and, and Kaido's just kind of like getting a, a sense of, of what kind of person he is. And then he, he says uh, the line, uh, which makes a little sense because uh, when Luffy mentioned being king of the pirates, that was like like 20 minutes ago for the audience. 20, 30 minutes ago. No, it wasn't even. It was like halfway through last episode. week's episode. Yeah. Yeah. It was so long ago now, it feels. And that brings us to the end of the episode. What are your general thoughts, you guys? Um, yeah, the animation was beautiful in this episode. I think uh really felt the, the emotion from Luffy over the fight. Um, and granted, I mean, they take the time to sort of make the, the fight have, have, like, have weight. But on the other hand, it is quite slow. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, the um, you can almost see the last four chapters just kind of being the uh, Kaido movie arc of One Piece right now. <laughs> uh, I also, yeah, like buttressing what Ed was saying, the animation is gorgeous. I barely caught anything that was like it's like uh, in Whole Cake Island when Luffy and like the the like the mid season finale was Luffy and Sanji like in the beautiful animation and their fight. Yeah, that was all really good too. Not not stretched out as much as this has been. No, because no. I mean you're you're taking the content of maybe two chapters and expend, extending it to four. Uh, but I, the one thing I would say about the now the no, more recent interpretation of the Kaido Luffy struggle, the fact that Kaido actually kind of had to go back and Luffy doing even more attacks against Kaido, it kind of buttresses my theory about Kaido actually being immortal. Uh, that I've, I've had since he like tried to commit suicide and he kept trying and he can't. So I'm like, mm, didn't they just introduce like uh, a way for a person to become immortal through laws, devil fruit? I imagine someone has done that before. So maybe, maybe, maybe part of the reason why they gave this extended version of 
Kaido versus Luffy is to really cement that idea even more so than previous in the manga. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> um, really fantastic looking episode. Uh, there's it's, it's pretty consistently uh, good looking throughout. Uh, I thought that the, the spectacle was not as, it didn't feel as fresh as it did last week where, you know, like everything just sort of, it magically popped into place where it's like, whoa, this looks great. Holy crap. Uh, and now this is more of the same. And I think I feel the pacing problems more with this one. Um, the fact that they just like don't have that much to, to build off of, uh, I think is, is hurting this episode more than it hurt last week's. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, I, I, I agree with you guys. I think it just, it looks great. It uh, this is a big dramatic kind of turning point for the arc, so it's good that they they really made sure to, to shell out f- uh, for the for the good stuff. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other thoughts you guys want to get in before we move on to the next segment? Um, no, I'm I'm good. No. All right, let's move on. All right, thanks. Okay, we're back, and we're going to go through our top 11 One Piece openings as ranked by the One Piece podcast staff. Um, there are no ties in these top 11. We all had to, we all agreed as to which ones should be lower, I guess, but um, there's there's a lot, it's, it's a lot um, more diverse going up here. Uh, so let's start. Uh, this one was, uh, I would say, the biggest, the most improved uh, from 2015 to 2019. Um, it ranked in number 11. It had 146 uh, points here. It went up around 15%. Um, and it is Believe... Um, and let's see who put believe at the highest. Um, I'm going to guess Alex. <laughs> yeah, I, it was Alex. Do you want to read what Alex wrote? Do you happen to have that in front of you? Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. It, Steve. And Alex says, uh, first, uh, typical one piece visuals, uh, Star hats hanging out, sailing, uh, action. We are S shots of, uh, characters, uh, See, loses points for a lot of anime clips. Yeah, it it does. It's it's very clip showy. Did I? Uh, Yeah. Did I I rank it the lowest? You ranked it at number um, fifteen. Believe you ranked it number fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. And this wasn't the most improved one. I was thinking of a different one that comes later. Then I have like I have a nostalgia for this song, and I think that's like all it's got going for it. It's like it's ugly to me, audio wise and visual wise. Yeah. I think like like that quad screen thing looks awful. Like this is like early digital animation. None of it looks particularly good. Yeah. And like the lyrics, they're not quite crazy rainbow level goofy, but they're goofier than I remembered. Like like going back and looking at them is like uh, see if I can yeah, let me, let me find those uh Well, find I'll the also say I think this is one of Greg's favorites because he really, I think, is like he has a lot of nostalgia for that period of time in, in music, in Japanese music specifically. I know, so I'll I give have that. 
for that. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Um, this is not. I only rank- like this is not a pleasant song to listen to necessarily. Yeah, I only ranked it one above you, and I remember being really disappointed when We Are ended and Believe started when I was initially watching because um, I'm like, this isn't great. Um, and I don't have a particular nostalgia toward it, as I, I know a lot of fans do. Um, it played for a very long time. Um, it has the benefit also. of also having the uh, Inherited Will intro, which is That's true. Probably, the That's best a good part, one. probably the best yeah. part of it. And uh, There are yeah. very good parts to the intro. I think it's just a very uneven intro, mm-hmm. uh, personally. Uh, I had it at 12. I forget where I had it. In 2015. In 2015. It was ranked much lower in 2015. We also had less openings. Uh, Steve, you ranked it at 12 out of 17, so that's much lower. Ed had it at 13 out of 17, and I had it at 12 out of 17. Alex at the time had it at number five. Um, So I I think, I honestly think this is one where nostalgia gets it by. Um, It it, it is a nice song, but it's, it's one of those songs that ages poorly because this feels very. 90s this song it, it's a it's a very ddr you know two yes. song mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but wow i i honestly think this one gets by because it's just nostalgic it it's it plays over some really great episodes early on in the series uh yeah it's a fine song i think visually not everything is great i do like the straw hats the one based off the cover spread of them running across the bri- uh the beach i should say um and Luffy's hat flies off. Um, yeah, I think this one gets over more by song than visuals. But uh, my biggest gripe with the song is it cut We Are off when it shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And it stayed way too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, they started this opening during Logtown, which they shouldn't have. I, I think We Are is like, it's the East Blue opening. And it still had Smoker in it. So I think We Are should have played through all of East Blue, all through Logtown. And then once they got to the Grand Line, play Believe. Or even uh, the Oppies arc, sure, whatever. Um, and then the problem is it stuck around too long. It should have ended after Drum. Alabasta should have had its own opening. And then they waited too long. And then there's the whole spoiler fiasco with the following opening. So uh, I, I'd say I think Believe. It which... affects the rankings for Akariyeh. Uh, we'll I, talk I about so that too. when we get to Curry. Eh? Um, yeah, I, I I agree with what everyone said. Um, it definitely there's a I the music I don't hate. Um, I think there's a nostalgic element to that kind of '90s DDR that you know I, I've like been maybe it's Steve's fault, but I've been getting really into '80s music. I feel like lately, <laughs> but I I mean I would even say that's. You know, a, a benefit of it is sometimes when something's o- old, it becomes cool to listen to again. Um, you know, it brings you back to a certain time. I think that's what, nos- I guess that is what nostalgia is. And it has some cool parts, but yeah, geez, there's a lot of clips. I think it's a two-minute opening, which we talk about long openings. Um, well, no, there's a the lot of... Were, all the openings were 150 with the intro before Crazy Rainbow. Right, right. That's true, I guess, too. I, th- yeah. I think it was a little opening. There's tons of stills. It, see, it feels cheap, and it doesn't look great. Even the parts that are moving don't look great. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I ranked it somewhat lower. I ranked it number 14, personally, on this. So, um, Sam ranked it the highest at number four. Um... Who ranked it the lowest? I don't think any... That's the thing. Even 
you know, I think it belongs somewhere in the middle, which is where it ended up. I think Doctor ranked it the lowest at number 16, um, which still isn't like abysmally low. Um, and I think that's correct. And I think that's part of the reason, I mean, I'll say for Doctor, uh, most of his openings after that were much later openings. Um, so I think that's kind of part of the problem is that in the intervening five years, we've had a lot of not great openings. Um, anything yeah. else on Believe? No. All right, let's talk about number 10. Uh, in 2015, uh, number 10 was directly in the middle. Um, but this year, it's a, I, it says it went down a little, but I'm not going to get into all these percentage things. With 159 points, Jungle P. And I know who had that highest. Um, Steve, you had that pretty high. You had that number seven. Again? Uh, yeah, I'm a big Jungle P fan. Um, There's only three of us, so it's <laughs> it's going to go to you, Ed, or me most of the time. Uh, I think it was because I wasn't that crazy about Crazy Rainbow. Uh, and Jungle P was like the first opening. I'm like, cool, Frankie's in the crew. Hell, I, they didn't even have to give us Brooke. And that was awesome. It's just, it's a very energetic song. I know Greg is complaining he doesn't like the beginning of it because it's just, just like that. Bum, 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 bum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I like that though. Like I, I like that just energy it gives to just kicking off a one piece opening. But I gotta admit, over time, it's just I've become less and less uh, like infatuated with the song. Yeah, um, I like the the lyrics are very on point. They're very like one piece themed lyrics. You know. Uh, the feeling we had, we started out the journey. I don't want to lose the memory. Uh, let's continue the trip, you know, traveling throughout the ocean, like thinking about the adventure, like stuff like that. It's extremely one piece. It's extremely on topic. And it has this, like, it has an extremely corny rap in it, but it's good corny. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I agree. So I think, I mean, so ultimately, I think it was sort of, um, I had it in the middle of the road. I had it at number 14, I actually. But it's it's right in my middle. Like it's sort of a it's a nice song. It's just a nice song, and it's it, it fits the era of One Piece that it was in. And um, yeah, it's good. Didn't I have it like number three in like 2015? That's a good question. Uh, you had it at yeah, you had it number three. What yeah. were you thinking? No, I, 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 I no I no. Go and ahead. I thought when we were originally when Zach pitched doing this again, I thought like, yeah, it's like our opinions really going to change that much. And I realized, Oh yes, they do. I don't know so much about one piece arcs, but at least with music music, I think definitely it's a very, uh, I would say for sure that it changed, like your taste changes over time, whether you realize it or not. And I think jungle P I realized I'm like, yeah, I like this one, but I'm starting to, you know, I'm not as into it as I used to be. And I think, some other openings just deliver a lot more. So it's like hanging out with a small child. Like you have too much energy. <laughs> I mean, I almost feel like the opposite about it. I think it's grown on me a little. Where was it? Where was it in 2015 for me? Actually, it's almost the same. It was not. Yeah, I think it was the same for me too. Like, like yeah. roughly in the middle. I really like the song. Actually, um, I. I I and I do love the really corny, stupid rap, and I could I could see that it is stupid, but also really enjoy it. Um, and I think it also fits super well with Thriller Bark, which is weird to say because it's not like spooky. Um, but I I don't know. It like I very 
I think Thriller Burke was the first arc I watched week to week. And I think this was the first opening I had week to week. So maybe I have a little more nostalgia value to that too. Um, yeah, I, I, I like it a lot. I, I don't, I, I mean, it was still kind of in the middle for me. It was number 11, but I, I enjoy Jungle P. Um, not as much as some others, but any, any other Jungle P talk? <laughs> um, it's a very, it's a middle of the road song. It's good. Yeah. Um, all right. What does Alex's notes have to say? Oh yeah. What do Alex's notes have to say? Long, but makes use of its length. First OP with Frankie as crew and Brooke, uh, showcase of straw hat, uh, battle, battling and uh, are not not as as strong as first five, five. I agree. Ah, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think the art's pretty damn good, though. I, I think there are definitely some with much worse art. It's a very... I don't know who the director is or who, who, uh, mm. whose art style that was specifically, but it's a very specific kind yeah. that Jungle P has. And, and I, yeah. I forget if he also did uh, We Are 10 as well. But, I think uh, he did, but it just looks yeah. like a much worse version of, of that kind of art style. Yeah. Um, Dan Dockery had this third to last... Um, so he had it the lowest, um, and doc had this at number four. So doctors carrying on your will, Steve, um, <laughs> everyone, everyone else had this in like upper middle, you know, like we, at we, seven, we, eight, nine. Doc and I like. have definitely sweeted this one over souring it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's a good opening. It's not like a great opening. I think it's a good opening, um, which is where it is, uh, in the upper tier. Um, let's go. Uh, th- there's a big jump for this one, uh, in our rankings at number nine with 170 points going up around 18% from 2015. We have share the world. put this highest i think again steve what are you doing putting all these so high uh you put this at number eight i like share the world aka yeah. the boy band one the good boy band one though. the good like, boy band one yeah. yeah like this is what of those sort of new style fast-paced japanese like you like, say new style it was like over 10 years ago i think whatever <laughs> like i have a feeling about what i like about classic openings and this is like a new style opening mm. but it has like it's got the best moment in any of these sort of like middle ones i put this at like number 10 and the best moment in any of these i think is like when he's reaching for ace and like the fever card is burning out like that's a genuinely emotional moment in this opening and i think that raises it above a lot of you know most openings don't reach an emotional pitch like that some of them do and a lot more in the top 10 but you know this it can have goofy lyrics sometimes, but it, because it hits that emotional note for me, and um, yeah, I just I just really like this, and I put it at number ten. Yeah, the first half is fine. It's the straw yeah. hats just going around doing stuff. I do like uh, Luffy surfing, like based off that one single page color spread mm-hmm. that Oda did. But man, this this opening improves so much in terms of like the animation when it gets into the arc specific stuff. Uh, yeah, let me let me break it down for you. Uh, <laughs> some bo- this is some body stuff. 
I I like the Supernovas one, even though they're still images. I like how the design, the mm -hmm. overlaying design changes with each one of them. Uh, it's a nice little touch. Even um, the running is silhouetted in the sun. It's like a slightly different take on it um, because every opening has them running. I like seeing I like seeing some of the new supporting cast, but when it gets to the Amazon Lily part, the Hancock and Luffy scene is so great because it's intense and it's uh, almost like seductive. Like Hancock is standing there, staring at like just staring right into Luffy, and Luffy just has this dumb look on his yeah. face. Then it goes right to that funny. part where he fights the Blue Gory, and it's no. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was saying before that, uh, but yes, that is like tremendous. The part with the uh, the warlords with them mm. uh, going across the screen is animated so well, and it's our first time seeing uh, anime Jinbei, and it's brief too. You don't get like a full view of them. It kind of fades to black, uh, and yeah, and then the animation of Luffy fighting the Blue Gory and the guards is incredible. It's so mm -hmm. good. Yeah. yeah. It's like just my style. I really like that one. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah it, I really... pe it peaks the it peaks the it peaks right at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I I put this right under Jungle P, but I I, I could really put flip, flip those two pretty easily. I think um, I really enjoyed this opening, especially when it aired. It really gets you pumped for what seems like it's going to be like a happy, funny, fun uh, arc in Shabadi, and then just like turns. Um, so I, I think this, I think this opening accomplishes both of those things where it's like, um, you know, if you know what's going to happen, it's good at like kind of being a, a red herring and, or if you don't know what's going to happen, it's, it's good for being a red herring. But if you know what's going to happen, it also shows you all these cool things that you're going to see. And you're like, what is happening here? Um, I, I like it a lot. I like the music a lot. Um, yeah, I, I have I have nothing really negative to say about it. I just I think this is an example of a lot of other openings I enjoy more, I mm -hmm. guess. But um, I like Sure the World a lot. How did Alex rank? How did Alex rank it? Uh, Alex ranked it at number fifteen. So you, I think he ranked wow. it lowest out of all of us. Um, Let's see. Yeah. He uh, he says it relies on stills, and he does not like the body part. He thinks it's weird. Um, yeah. Uh, I, can't about, I wonder if he's talking about when they're fighting the, uh, the uh, not Kuma, but the uh, Pacifista. Yeah, I can't read the rest of these. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Doc ranked this highest at number three. Um, Adele and Kelly both put it at number four. Um, I think Alex ranked at the lowest. I think for the most part, this, this had a pretty good uh, consensus of being a good opening amongst us. And I think that's correct. I actually ranked it a lot lower than I thought I did, but I think it's just because I like all the others a little bit more. <laughs> Speaking amongst thing. us, another little yeah. caveat here. Uh, it's the intro where you could see all of our names in the credits. That's right. Oh yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Oh, this should be yeah. number one then. <laughs> um, the yeah, number I do, one. I will say, like the, the the lyrics for this can get goofy, and that's part of the reason I can't rank it higher than tenth. Like, um, yeah, uh, uh, you and me, yes, feelings in the world of feelings. I feel the beat. Walk out. Oh yeah. 
Like, yeah, you know, like this one, this one I rated like four straight throughs, four out of five for like visual, whether it was incorporate incorporated well, audio, and it had the X factor, but it just didn't rank higher than all the rest of those for me. Right. Here's here's another good good cut. Above the Mobius ring, approaching. Hey, I want to share style. Begin to spread more than you imagine this flavor. I feel so good. I can be free. Oh yeah. The funny thing is that could definitely be an English boy band song, like in English. I have- <laughs> I have no idea what he's talking about. No. Yeah. Like it, it gets a lot. It gets a lot of ranking for me based on that. Like the great animation, like the blue gory and the ace and Luffy part. Like, mm. but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a catchy song, but it's goofy lyrics. Maybe it's time we get to number eight with 182 points. This is the highest ranking opening that had not been on the previous list. So you could probably guess what it is. It's over the top. One dream, one wish. Um, so, I, I mean, I I want to first say, um, I think I judge this coming out of some really shitty openings a little too yeah. harshly uh, when it originally came out. I think it. this is a good example of an opening that really grew on me. Um, I had it number eight. Uh, Ed, you put it number nine. Yeah. Um, Al, uh, Steve, you put it... Ooh, you put it number five. And Alex also put it at number five. Um, mm. Ed, we, you haven't started yet in a while, though, so you want to you want to go first? Okay. Uh, I love the Wano style anime opening. Like, like the the Wano style anime is like the best thing they've done with the anime in, in a while, and it's carried through in this opening. And as far as like a song, I am still not like the structure of the song is very weird, and it's got a middle that I think is, like, emblematic of things I don't like about Japanese pop music. Overly produced, overly, like, extremely fast. Like, I'm not sure, like, where is the lyrics and where is, like, where's the verse and where's the chorus in this song? But it has such a strong ending. Opening and ending. Book ending this. And it looks so good. And I'm like, I get pumped up for it. And it peaks at the end. Like, you know, when when he punches the dragon Kaido and, like, that's, like, that's what I want. Like, that's, that's exciting. And, um, it's better, like, musically, I think, than some of the other songs that I like, but it has the musical trends that I, I don't necessarily care for. But, like, it still gets my blood pumping um, with the visuals. And, um, oh, and the lyrics are, are perfectly on point for this kind of arc, I think. And, um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely one of the best songs they've done recently. Steve? Yeah, I I tried my best not to rank this one too high, but I just really like this one. It grew on me super quick. It's it has everything I want out of like an opening. It's just got uh just lots of energy. Best animation in an opening in a quite a long time, and I don't want to reveal what I was about to compare it to, but this like yeah, these are some of the best visuals we're ever gonna see. Uh and also has Keith Donnie. <laughs> Um, I, I just, I really like this one. Uh, it, it feels like a one piece opening and I don't know if some people were really expecting them to go something more traditional Japanese. I just, 
this one just it capillates uh, a One Piece feel, despite it being in the Wano arc. And uh, I think I like it. I think I like it more so in the beginning, like when, uh, like I don't know the lyrics and stuff. I think like the first thing you see is when you see some of the uh, the uh, Animal Kingdom pirates. Uh, like that part of the song kind of gives me chills a little bit. There's a lot of energy in there. Um, my one criticism is uh, is the clip show, but a part of me kind of likes it in some way. Uh, yeah, the which show used to do that? Um, where they show like what's coming in the episode in the intro? Oh, Akino. Akino would do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah Akino. Akino. Tri- Trigon also did it. Oh, I don't remember Trigon. Well, I oh, guess not, not, they, not in the TV version. Only I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a temporary thing, honestly. I thought they were still working out some stuff and they just had that in. But now it's become a thing. And it might seem lazy, but I kind of also like it. Like it's almost like a today on one piece. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this one just, man, it's like this animation. You, if, if you're not appreciating the animation of this opening, you need to go back and watch it a bunch of times. It looks so damn good. I didn't realize the birds in the background at the beginning when like chopper, Nami and Brooke and all those people are going by the birds are flying in the background, flapping their wings. And it's like, uh, super blurry and you would never see it if for some reason I wasn't just looking at it. Like it, it's so meticulously done this opening. I'm, I'm like, I've pulled a 180 on this opening. Cause I think I was a little down. Da- like, I think I thought it was okay, but I was a little down on the structure specifically, but, um, no, this, this is a great song. I think I, it is structured oddly, but, um, I, I just every so often I just want to go out and tweet on the podcast account one dream one wish because I'm just like <laughs> when I feel pumped about one piece for some reason that's the first thing that's coming to my mind um it's I, I think it's super cool I think it suffers from the if you're an anime only fan it does spoil a shit ton um and I guess we're gonna get into that discussion a little bit later but um what, you know, how spoilers and, and stuff in the manga showing up in openings, you know, kind of affect it. But for me, I knew everything that was going to happen. So it was really cool to see all those things personally. I think some of them like had barely just happened in the manga. So that's Yasui impressive. Was like, yeah, the most recent thing. And that was only like maybe a month or two before. So that I thought mm-hmm. was super cool that they had that in there already. Um, Kind of yeah, wish I this think... one came out when we were in Japan. But yeah, yeah. And well, what I mean is, yeah. I wish that was playing in the One Piece Cafe in the middle yeah. of the ocean. Yeah, but. yeah. Um, no, I, I really, really, really enjoyed this opening. I could talk about this one. We, I'll revisit it one day, I think, uh, as a discussion topic. But um, Kelly ranked this. Can you guess where Kelly ranked this, Steve? <laughs> I think we talked about it. I'm guessing it's pretty low. Um is it, is it second to last? It's last. She put it last. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I we need to one day next time we have her on, we'll uh, ask her what it did to hurt her. Um, but, yeah, but make sure let's ask it in a very aggressive and yes, yeah, yeah. We want to be really mean about it. Yeah, we love Kelly, but we don't understand that. Um, Brian had it number three, and Dan had it. Dan Dockery had it number three, and he did that ranking. That was the one he did for Crunchyroll. Uh, he did that like right after it came out. So, um, yeah, I think I, I ranked it at eight and I think like, that's around right. What do you say? Me too. 
I sorry. Uh, I said I could see Brian really liking this one. Yeah, this so. is the most Brian One Piece opening. I feel like if I had to describe it. Um, yeah, you want to go to the next one here? Um, next one, number seven. This was the biggest chart mover. I lied when I said believe was. Uh, and number seven, one hundred and eighty-three points. It went up over twenty percent from um, twenty fifteen when it was at number. It was like in the lower part. It was number nine in 2015. Uh, bon Voyage. I think... Uh, Ed ranked it highest amongst us here at number four, uh, five. Five, yeah. This five. um, this went up so much in my rankings. Like, I love the, like, the lyrics of this are perfect, and like, there aren't many One Piece openings that can make me like get fully on teary eyed. But like, there's a part at the end of this song where they like show everyone's struggle moments in their flashbacks and stuff, and I'm like, oh god, I feel it. And like, yeah, this is like, this is. The classic feeling of One Piece. This is the most like adventure. It's like what you know, romantic adventure. One Piece opening, and you know, I think the uh, it it improves on I think some of the ugly style from like Carrier and Believe, and I think we get closer to the modern style. Like a lot of people think like the One Piece anime earlier on had peaked at like Water Seven Ennis Lobby, and I think this is leading into that art style that I think that people like um, from One Piece. And uh, I mean, I guess you can. Parts of the animation of it can be can, can be considered considered slow, but like like the nostalgic feeling and the like the perfectly on lyrics and like I think the slower pace of it and also I think this has one of the best vocal performances in any of the in any of the themes like like it it seems like one of the f- least processed of vocals of any One Piece opening and I really like that like musically this is this is this is for me. Yeah, yeah uh, Alex um, Alex wrote gorgeous straw hat heel click flashbacks first instance of CG going merry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Steve, go ahead. Uh, you had this at number um, where the hell did you have it? Number nine, I think. Uh, yes, number nine uh, as compared to 2015's. Do you have it in front of you? Oh, you were asking me. I don't. Uh, yes. You had it pretty. Where the hell is it? Uh, oh, you had a number 11. Yeah, I, yeah, I think this year has kind of been like a redemption year for Bon Voyage for me. I think I've said this to so many people. Like back in the day, like on Arlong Park on the forums, I think when there was a poll of the best opening between the first five, back when there was only five openings, <laughs> this one was ranked the lowest. Um, and I think this one, I, it got, I think it got a lot of, like there was an air around it for for a long time that it was oh one of the bad openings and it's not a bad opening it's so really good. good yeah it's a great song and i think uh, i liked what ed said there's no there's no assistance here there's no auto-tuning or anything this is all like you know that's you know this is all like vocals it's so it's I, i'm starting to call it the gloria estefan opening <laughs> feels very much like that uh yeah i think the 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 highlight of this opening is the straw hats one by one appearing, walking, uh, you know, just like walking uh, in place and the heel click. What an incredible piece of animation that is. Uh, 
animating walking is hard. <laughs> Especially, like, I think from that angle, too, is pretty tough. And that heel click is so great. Um, yeah. Also, yeah. like, like just Robin's in that movie four outfit. And I, that, that's, like, one of her best looks that's technically never in the manga. Um, I just, I like this one a lot. It has a lot of energy. Uh, all the, the, the flashback stuff that's reanimated looks great. Uh, and they just some really great direction there in some of the angles they chose. Uh, I think like Zoro's in particular when Queena just like uh, points her sword as like at his throat when he's lying down on the ground and it cuts to like her point of view looking down at Zoro. It's mm-hmm. really good. It's like this is a really good opening. Yeah, I like the. I, I just love the lyrics. Just want to read a little bit of this. Like Bon Voyage, leave behind the remains of our past. I'm sure we can still laugh no matter what comes. If we were to make our dreams come true, I'll never regret those priceless tears I shed. That's great. Yeah. Got chills. Um, I mean, I I think this is the only opening where Luffy does the intro kind of the prelude thing, um, which I oh, really yeah. liked and I think is, is, is well said from Luffy. Um, yeah. All the, all the scenes of um, even Robbins is like accurate, even though I very highly doubt they knew what was going on there. Um, maybe just her crying um, into a bed. I think it might have been something that well, I don't know if it had appeared anywhere before. I think that's something I, the anime made up. Yeah. yeah, I assumed it was. I'm like, what's going on with Robin there? That's more than I know about. Um, even just the title, the One Piece title card, which to me is a somewhat important, though kind of inconsequential thing. I like the way they do it in the direction. Um, in this one, some openings just do a really shitty job with that. I think. Um. And yeah, I love like the crayon looking backgrounds on the heel click scene, the walking and heel click scene. Um, it's all, it's a really good opening. Um, I think this is kind of, um, for me, like the peak period of endings and openings. Like I think, I guess, late Alabasta mm-hmm. into Skypea, um, where I think everything, like Ed, I think you asked the question, what's the best streak, uh, we have? Oh, yeah. Which, yeah. I think I it's I mean, probably this one. Yeah, I think it not just in openings, but endings, because I see in this, in the clip we're watching, at least A to Z was here. Um, mm-hmm. This is the one with, um, I love it, and now I can't freaking remember the name. It's like one of my favorite endings. Um, uh, when were uh, they all in the rain? Dreamship? No, the that one's good, but that's not, that is a really good one, but that's not what I was thinking of. It's before that. A shining ray, shining ray. Uh, okay, it just yeah. popped into my head. I love that one too. I like this is this is I think kind of peak One Piece music for me. Um, so yeah, I remember Ed. You used to not like Bon Voyage, um, like compared to the others. I've, I'm older now. I've gotten older. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I was I was saying you've grown I'm an so mature. Ed. Dad now, I like this. Yeah, song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel the same way. It's definitely moved up. Like for so for Ed in 2015, you went at number 10. So did I. And this year we have it. I'm at number six and you're at number five. So it like really, that's like double from where it was. And we had more openings this time. Yeah. So I think one piece yeah. openings have gone so far in the other direction musically that like this can't help but grow in uh, prominence. Yeah. In my memory. Yeah. 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 I agree. Um, by the way, uh, who put it highest? I think Brian put it at highest at number four. Oh no. Jill put it at number two. Um, everyone put it pretty high. The lowest was Sam at number 14, which sounds low, but even, you know, it's not, it's not terrible. Um, I'm sorry. Adil put it at number 16. 
Um, but everyone else had it pretty high here, pretty consistently. Um, as we mentioned, Alex had it number six. Um, you ready to move on to the next one here? Uh, we're in the top six. Uh, this is our god tier, uh, as I had it. Um, so with 100, only beat Bon Voyage by one point, by the way. Wow. One mm-hmm. point, um, which is pretty crazy. Um, at number six, uh, it improved by 8%, uh, Hikari A. Uh, which uh, was, sense. yeah, which was in exactly the same place. It was at number six last time. Uh, the reason the percentage went up is because there's more openings this time. Um, so I put this highest. I feel like I should talk about it. I should defend sure. it. Um, <laughs> I put it number. I put it number two because I really love Hikari A. Um, and I feel like I'm always the one defending it. Where did I put it in 2015? And 15, I put. Uh, I had it number three. Um, uh, it went down in my rankings, didn't it, Zach? Like, yeah, for I... you, you had a number 11. Steve also had a number 11. And 2015. I think it went down for me, too. Yeah. Like, uh, well, you guys had it in kind first. of the same. You guys had it in kind of the same place. I'll put it that way. Alex had it at number four. Like, I mean, rank, like uh, tier wise, it was kind of at the end of that uh, second tier. Um, Alex had it at number four. So, do you want to read what Alex has to say? Do you have that? Um,. I have it here. I can read it. I do. Um, uh, this is the first One Piece opening with a spoiler. Uh, wish we got uh, BGM, uh, BGM of this song. Yeah. Yeah, it never um, worked. It did never come into the BGM. So this is the one complaint people have about it. It's Robin. And I feel like, okay, I think that complaint is valid uh, up until like 2004. Um but, you know, Robin has been a part of the crew now for a very long time. And I'll put it this way. When I first watched the series, I watched it a little later than you guys. And that might be part of the reason I actually like it more. Um, I already knew Robin was going to be part of the crew. She was on all the art. Uh, Frankie was the surprise for me at that point, And Brooke obviously hadn't joined when I first started. Um, so, like, the Robin thing didn't take anything away. I just think this... Over We Are, and I know I'm going to get a lot of heat for that, but I think Hikari A for me is the quintessential One Piece song and One Piece opening. Um, I love, love, love the beginning uh, with the uh, with the voiceover. Um, I think, and I, I think uh, something in uh, that Steve said really rung out to me as true with Hikari A in particular. I don't think there was a moment where this uh where this stands still even the text one piece is moving at all times mm-hmm. um it it like it doesn't have any scenes from the particular arc but i i almost think that's to its benefit here in that i could watch this intro at almost any time at least before frankie shows up and uh think it fits perfectly um i i think yeah, I I just I really love this intro. I was like determining even whether to put it number one because I feel like it's one that doesn't get a doesn't get a lot of uh, what do you call it attentions. So uh, Ed, do you want to go? Sure. Um, I feel like this song has sort of gone down for me a, a little bit. Like I was looking at the lyrics, and I think the lyrics are just sort of the hint in the 
the way of like One Piece themes, but I, I'm not sure if like I don't know. They're okay, but this song, I don't know. It just it gets my doesn't really get my emotion going as much as much as, as much as I like it, and I do kind of hold it against like the Robin thing. I still do like like why would they do that as an opening? Why would you? I mean, I guess they assumed that everyone was was reading the manga at the time, so I guess I I still fall. To be fair, they still do stupid. that. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not disagreeing with that. Yeah, yeah, but um, I, don't know, I guess it just didn't feel the emotion as much. Like going back to the, uh, watching the uh, the opening in review for this, and um, I don't know. Also, <laughs> also, I associate it with um with 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 this asshole, and also at Katsukon 2010. So, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah i don't yeah, I, I, I understand that yeah i don't 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 need to reiterate what that exactly was but yeah it's just like it's 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 good like i, I like it but it's like barely in my top like barely in my top 10 it's like you know it, it, the emotion of bon voyage just isn't like i, I compare them directly because they're back to back and you know bon voyage hits me so much harder these days but uh, i still do i still do enjoy hikari as a song uh, Steve? Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed the song, I think, a lot more back in the day. I think I think it's kind of like it's fallen back a little bit for me. Like, I think I, like, I think this, in terms of this ranking, I think a big thing was whether or not uh, Bon Voyage or Hikari A was going to rank higher for me. And I went with Bon Voyage instead. Uh, Hikari A is great. Um, it, it takes place during a great time in the anime, uh, the Jaya arc. Or really, end of Alabasta and Jaya. I think of it more of as the Jaya opening than the mm-hmm. like latter half of Alabasta. Um, yeah, the spoiler is kind of uh, is a shame, but at this, you know, in 2019, like if you don't know that Robin's in the crew, like yeah. I think you just yeah. like but it's more of a nostalgic bad feeling because of like I didn't know, I didn't know. Yeah, like, the opening actually did spoil this for me, and I was pissed. Like I, I, I think I've. I guess it like I was more confused as to how it happened when I watched because when I first watched it because I think I knew it did happen and then the intro came and it hadn't to be fair it's just as surprising as when she actually shows up which has no real lead in at the time you know she just is like mm-hmm. hey guys I'm Nico Robin I'm part of your crew now um like basically as abrupt as it is in the opening um yeah I I don't that that part, I obviously don't have any nostalgic bad feeling for it because it didn't, you know, I don't think it, um, it affected like, it. Yeah. The most impressive part of the animation is definitely just the shot of going around the non CGI yeah. Mary. Mm, uh, yeah. The fact that someone had to animate all that is insane. Yeah. It's a really yep. impressive shot. And yeah, this is, uh, this is an opening where nothing stays still. Uh, the only problem is though the straw hat's running at the top of the screen in the beginning when Roger's making a speech. Uh, it looks really janky. I think Luffy especially. Luffy's just like I think he's just doing two poses. It just doesn't look good. Uh, I never noticed that until you just pointed out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why did you do that to me, Steve? Can't unsee it uh, now, right? No. Nah. <laughs> I do like seeing the One Piece world there um, mm-hmm. in the background as the red and black Zach. is nice. Yeah, the red. And yeah, black I. Yeah, I. I and and yeah, I, I still really like this one. I should, I should also say the uh, the animation of like the introduction of the I like I like those those watercolory uh, still shots of the characters. I remember those were all over the internet when I was getting the series. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And then when it cuts to the characters all 
doing stuff that's animated so well. Like just Luffy just stretching around, like Zoro prepping attack, the uh, Nami using the climb attack, uh, and then like yeah, the the sequence of Sanji kicking up uh, Chopper, then like catching all those plates is great. Yeah, this is still like a really good looking opening. I think it holds uh, up very well. Yeah, Brian ranked this the lowest at 15. I ranked this the highest, but after me, I think Jill, you went Jill and Alex ranked this at number four. Um, but overall, had a had a pretty good consensus in like this top you know section here. Um, yeah, let's keep it going. Uh, number five with 192 points. Um, says it like went up a percent. I don't know if that's true. Uh, fight together. So I, ha- I I did my rankings before all of you did your rankings, and I like refused to change it because I didn't want to be like influenced by you guys. Um, and I have fight together at the top. Um, I think going- I did last time too. You did. You had fight together at the top. I think it was yeah, you and me. Um, for you, Ed, it went down to number three. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this definitely has, I think, one of the more divisive audiences it was number two in our um uh what do you call it the viewer ranking tournament thing um and yeah i don't i don't know i don't know how to feel about it um in that i think it has my favorite moments of any opening um but it also has some stuff that i don't really care that much about um The, the opening is pretty slow like as far as like animation wise and it's a slow song overall but i think the emotion builds in right. the end, and I think the lyrics are some of the most on point for any One Piece song. Like, the new world is calling, no matter how many seas separate us, I'm always standing by you. Don't be afraid to advance, don't forget, we fight together. Like, it's perfect for where the crew was, because the crew was separated, and I think they needed to be reminded of that. And I think this, like, over um, one day, this really embodies the crew together as the heart of One Piece and reminding them that they need to sort of get back to that. And also, this has the benefit of being part of some of the best anime that the One Piece has that One Piece has produced, I think, like in a long time. Like those Luffy flashback episodes that I associate this with are are so good. And like the emotional toll of this song going into that I think really improved as well. So I, I mean, I still, I still love this song, and I know it's slow, and I know it's sleepy, but I don't care. <laughs> I like, I'm allowed. Well, to, I, I, I feel I think, like I have to. A, yeah, it's perfect for that point in the anime because it's this really right. sad point where Luffy has sort of lost everything, and he has to be reminded, and like the crew needs to join back together, and this song sort of embodies that. Like, it's it's the perfect. Uh, like, there's no more perfect song for this period of One Piece. Like, it right, fits perfectly. Right. Yeah. Like, I feel it's, like it's like an acupuncture needle. It goes exactly where it needs to go, loosens yeah. your muscles up. Like, you know you know what I mean? Like, it hits that, I think more than any other intro, it hits that point that it needs to hit at the time it needs to hit it. Um, I, 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 you know, it, it also does definitely make me super emotional. And um, 
I've been doing a lot of thinking lately, like about the Ace Sabo Luffy flashback and its importance to the story, and you know how how weighted I feel like it has become um, in the story in general. Like how prominent Sabo and Ace have been as characters um, amongst the fan base too. Um, but I, you know, I feel like that's just something we also need to accept. Um, in that I don't think it ruins the opening for me. And I think Ed kind of hit the nail on the head there where, you know, it's not necessarily my favorite part of the story, but I think it's definitely one of my favorite parts of the anime. I think they do a really good job. I think it's a very, it's a, it's a well done emotionally, um, pretty wrought part of the story. And I think this opening kind of just hits that nail perfectly on the head. And I mean, the part that makes it for me is is the the scenes with the crew, which I think is at like second third of the opening. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's like, it's similar to what they do in Bon Voyage, where like it is. I, I didn't I didn't realize it until we were talking about like how similar it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. yeah show the Straw Hat Pirates crying is a good way to make me cry. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> the chopper with the flag. The yeah. yeah. The, all of it. Yeah. Steve, do you have thoughts? Where did you put it? You put it somewhere. <laughs> put a number yes, six that's, that's true six yeah. uh and i know it's gone way up for me i think a lot of it had to do with the tournament the tournament made me look at it differently um it is much more of a solemn opening i mean it's it, you know it gets more uh you know hopeful towards the end um but the the song is great great the song is thick um but the animation is really good um yeah I think like the shots of the straw hats of where they are currently in the timeline uh, looks really great. Um, and I think the the flashback sequences, the Bon Voyage-esque stuff that you're ta- uh, talking about, looks really good. Uh, all these scenes are animated really well. There's some little overlay effects, so multiple scenes are happening at once. Uh, I think that's like the I think that's the uh, the high point of this opening for me. Uh, but yeah, this, uh, this opening wasn't really necessary. Uh, they could have probably just gone with one day right up till the time skip, but I'm kind of glad that they made an opening specifically for this post, uh, war arc. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good feeling arc. It, well, it's, yeah, it's like, it starts off very solemn and it ends on a high. Um, I think it's also important in that it gets, um, well, it's culturally important in that Amuro Namie is probably the most famous person to ever sing a One Piece opening. Yeah, I mean it's 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 culturally important to the Japanese at least. Yeah, um, that's what Greg told us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I mean I'd say you know just to so Sam had this I think the lowest at number seventeen, um, and I, I think I Alex put it number nine, which is higher than I thought he'd put it. <laughs> But he put it lower than that. What did what did Alex say? Uh, let me see here. He um, uh, nope. One, one more. Okay. Uh, perfect lyrics and uh, visuals. visuals. I think the song is a bit ending ish, but it's a great one. It's a great opening. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. The only qualm I think I have is toward the end, and I I know Steve's brought this up as a qualm, in that it, the the beat goes up, but Luffy's just kind of standing there. <laughs> Uh, looking at the hat uh, yeah. for a couple seconds. Um, I, I think actually the, the, it's kind of it's on beat for when uh, 
Ghost Ace gives him that little nudge. Uh, and then, when I, like, even though like Luffy's not really moving, you, you have to look at it. The sun is now peeking through right, as right. the song's That's picking true. up. No, th- there's some subtleties in here that go really well with the song. Um, I, I mean, I also like how it's like, this is supposed to be at least like, we're letting go of Ace. We're done with Ace now. And... <laughs> Please. <laughs> we don't, yeah, I mean, he's, obviously, he's been that's, in the series. I think he's been in the series more now than he was before. Yeah, you know, before the time skip, I think he's shown up way more times. But to be fair, it kind of follows Luffy's opinion on Ace. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I am I'm like Ace is dead, <laughs> as he says in Wano. Um, you know, he's opinion. like that's a fact. That's a fact. And Ace is, I mean, Luffy, this is like Luffy's acceptance with grief. And I think that's just like a really cool thing to explore in an opening. Um, like it, that's, that's what this, this opening really encapsulates that whole, like, how does our main character deal with his brother dying? Um, and I think it does a super good job of that. Uh, you know, the first half showing the past and how he's able to, uh, you know, the, the things he enjoyed about his brothers, um, the middle being about the other people he has and how he, you know, uh, is attached to them and, and that that's something he could look forward to in the future. And then at the end, letting go. And I think that's such a cool thing to have in an opening. Um, any other thoughts on fight together? Um, no. Uh, oh, I'll say, I think Adil put it number one also. But uh, for the most part, this was divisive. There were a bunch that put it lower and a bunch that put it really high. Um, all right, let's go to, uh, it only got uh, four more points than Fight Together. And number four with 196 votes, it went down from last year, uh, where I think it was number two last last year in 2015. We go. Steve, I think you had it highest. You tied with Alex here at number three. Mm-hmm. I remember um, when Alex did the opening for this for the podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was fun. <laughs> I still think about that a lot. Uh, yeah, it's uh, the, the, the post-time skip sequel to We Are. It's Kitadani's back. Uh, we Go is awesome. It's got so much energy uh, and horns. I like horns. You're horny. More horns, please. But um, I just think over the years, I think I listened to it less and less. And I think my biggest uh, complaint of this opening is I don't think the animation is all that special. Um, I think I like the like the ending of it with Luffy running towards the sunny, and you get those really neat stills of the straw hats with the with the designs in the background. Um, and I know that if they released it incomplete at the time. They went back and they added in the Straw Hats fighting uh, the Navy, which yeah. looks good, but then it ends in a Sentai pose, and I don't like that. I don't yeah. like them doing that with One Piece. It's like they're not... I think I like the original better, actually. Mm. Because it was the 3D2Y things. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's... I guess they're stills, but... Yeah. I'd rather see the Straw Hats all, like, getting to fight. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's an awesome song. It's got so much energy. I just think I just think over the years I just care about it a little bit less. Yeah, I I mean I'll echo what Steve said. I think correct me if I'm wrong in how I'm describing it. I think the art is not great, but the direction I think is some of the best in an in a one piece opening. Mm-hmm. In that I think it takes, except for the Sentai pose, I think it takes some really cool um it, it goes in some really cool directions, I think. Like mm-hmm. in, in choices. Um I think this is still probably one of my favorite like opening like music like songs. Um I had a number four, by the way, so I only had it one yeah. behind you, Steve. Uh, you had a number seven. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it loses a little bit. I think it's a little bit of that overproducedness that I don't always like, but like generally I like the song and I think the lyrics are extremely on point for the hot blooded looking for adventure, you know, starting out the adventure one piece lyrics, which are like sort of the opposite of fight together, but that's what we needed at the time. But then Mm -hmm. we also got it for like a hundred episodes, literally two years of simulcast was this because we never got hands up. And I think that brings it down a little bit having to hear it so much. And also being associated with Fishman Island, which I think has some weaker mm-hmm. anime moments, um, puts it down. But it's I, still like obviously a top ten theme for me. Like it really gets my blood going. Like the part with like Luffy, Shanks, and Roger, and the hat, and like that spinning. Like I like that. Yeah, like, that yeah. that take is very good. That's like I think that's the like the emotional high point I think of the opening, and yeah, um, I really uh, I really enjoy it. It's got flaws, obviously, but it's still like a top 10 for me. Yeah, I, I'm i just trying to think about it. Now, I, I, I really do, and there's only little tiny like pet peeves I have about it, and, and they're not that big a deal. I'm try, I was trying not to fault it based on the content um, of Fishman Island specifically, which I think have also been improved as time go- goes on. Maybe not in the anime. Mm, not in the fair. anime so much. Yeah, um, and also... The simulcast length, to be fair, is not at all the Brico's fault. Um, it just that's, happens. That's to, just how yeah. that. That's my experience with the song. It's impossible to not yeah. count. No, I know, I know. I'm tr- I, I tried with all of these to kind of separate them from like the corresponding arc. I oh, guess really? Dressrosa kind of. I tried. Well, like, and the incorporation was important to me. Like how mm-hmm. it incorporated with the story, so like Kaze Wo not, you know, fitting. Right, that's yeah, different. Yeah. Um, but like, if I don't like the material of an arc, I try not to let it influence my, um, opinions on the opening because I was just trying to take the opening as just the opening. Although I guess dress Rosa. Um, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really, really like we go. I don't really even have a lot to say about it other than I really like it. <laughs> and I think that's why it's just, it isn't a, like a number one. I just think it's an awesome song. I just think visually, I just like. I don't think it's one of the more impressive ones. I think some of some of the uh, like I think Hands Up has better visuals than We Go. Yeah, I do too. But I think that you know the direction for both is really. Good. I think We Go does like the like the hat thing, for example. I think mm-hmm. does some really cool things, and also those stills with like the one hidden thing in each of them. I think is fun. Um, yeah, I I think I think it does some really fun things, and obviously it's kind of the post time skip uh, theme up until Wano. Um, so it's an important, uh, opening, uh, for that reason, I guess. Um, all right. You want to move on? Oh, what did, uh, what did Alex say? Ah, good question. I have it here. If you want me to, um, yeah, I can't find it. Uh, love the song underlined. Uh, we are, uh, sequel. 
I take points off for visual upgrades, but um, the mid... What the hell does that say? Chorus. Mid-chorus. Oh, mid-chorus has two different sets of visuals, 3D, 2Y, and ship battle. Um, I love it a lot. One of the best long ones. I do agree. What did he that. rank it? What did he rank it as? He, he ranked it the same as Steve, number three. Mm-hmm. So not only was it one of the best long ones for him, it was the best long one. Um, same for Steve. Uh, no mm-hmm. spoilers there, but let's go on to number three uh, with 207 points at, uh, as I said, at number three, brand new world. Who ranked this highest amongst us? Yeah, I was I was a little more surprised about this outcome as well. Steve, I think you ranked it highest amongst us here at number four. Uh, by the way, I forgot to mention, We Go had like nothing below um, eight, I think. Everyone ranked mm. it very high. Yeah. Um, Doc ranked it the highest at number two. But for uh, Brand New World, um, I'll tell you after Steve tells us his opinion. I had it at four this year. I don't know where it was you, in 2015. You had it at four in 2015. <laughs> okay, because it's weird because I felt like it's kind of gone up in stock a little bit for me. Uh, and also, well, it has because now there's more stuff, so yeah, it makes sense. Uh, have been revisiting the anime, and I'm currently in the Ennis Lobby episodes where this is an opening. It's a great opening. Uh, it's got so much energy. Uh, it does feel like a uh, One Piece opening. I think all the visuals are great. You start. It's um, it's the CGI Mary, but it's a slightly different take from uh, from the previous opening. Uh, and then, like the first shot you see of the Straw Hats, they 2D animated, uh, just like zooming out from the Mary, and that's really impressive to do uh, animation-wise. It's not like they're every like two frames of the Mary is a completely new drawing. That looks really good. Um, the shots of like some of the other characters looks really great. Like we see Buggy's crew. Uh, Blackbeard's crew, Smoker Tashigi, and Ace, but all of them are drawn at pretty, like, cool angles. Like, not all of them are straight on. A lot of them are kind of like a worm's eye view shot of them. Mm-hmm. So, like, Blackbeard, the Blackbeard crew walking in Jaya is from, like, the ground. Uh, Ace is kind of like, you're looking at him from, like, the sea as he's sailing on his little tiny little canoe thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that you're focusing so much on this, because this isn't even the part of the opening that I like. Like, yeah, like, well, this, it gets better. Well, the one of the problems with this opening is they were constantly fixing it. Like they, I think they rushed this one out, and they mm. were still finishing up some animation. Like the scene with that where they're camping, like Chopper goes to hide in the tent and doesn't come back, and Sanji's just stuck there bowing. And then eventually, Chopper rolls out. He's laughing, and Sanji's doing his weird like Tasmanian devil tornado love spin, uh, and. And then the second half is something uh, people started uh, to get used to was uh, arc spoilers. But man, do all these scenes look fantastic. Yeah, like for for me, the visual, the sorry, the visuals in the first half are not great. And the visuals in the no. second half are amazing. 
Um, which is why it was number seven for me and not number four. Let's see. What did it's I put it at? I put it at number six. six. Yeah, like yeah. love those NES lobby animations. Like Luffy with the gear second. I don't care that that was a spoiler. That fucking was that, that, that rule. Yeah. And, yeah. And like, yeah. <laughs> like the, yeah. the final part where like they're separated by the, at the Tower of Justice and like ro- they're holding Robin and they got like you know, brand new world start. Yeah. Like that's that's that, 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 that it, it's not quite like an emotional moment. It doesn't make me like, you know, teary eyed or whatever, but. It's like a chills moment almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it's the second. Like that's why it's like number six for me because it doesn't have like the like a top tier emotional moment, but it's still really good. And the lyrics (laughs) I think are on point. If Ed is not, if Ed is not weeping, it's not. (laughs) Hey, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. some of these. No, it's fine. No, I mean, trust me. Yeah, you're preaching, but. Right. Yeah, no, I yeah, I think this opening definitely um, gets the bonuses of the nostalgia element. So, like, all the things I was kind of trying to separate from opening. Yeah. So, like, no. the arc it's associated with is great. But, it, but the thing is, for this, it incorporates it super well. And I think the parts that it does take from NES Lobby are the best. Like, specifically, that shot of Monster Chopper is probably one of the coolest freaking things in an, in an opening. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, even, it's just like, yeah, there's there's some, like, the, the stuff from NES Lobby specifically is amazing. I the think of justice, the, yeah. I think the middle third, I'll say, because uh, I like the first third. I agree with everything Steve said about, like, the boat and, you know, just them hanging out there is cool. But, like, the middle third looks a little rough, I think. Even the yeah. initial even the initial thing, like, the very beginning of it, um, with them in the army fatigues running away, which is from a color spread I know, um, looks rough, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a lot of parts of the open. And I guess it's, as you said, Steve, it was probably rushed out. Um and, and then that, the so unjustly replaced, unjustly replaced, oh, God. unjustly Don't replaced. Yeah, but I'm I try not to have that influence my opinion on it. Like it's good, but I try not to be like, yeah, it deserves to be higher just because Toy screwed it over. <clears throat> I like I don't think that's fair mm. either. To to like I take everything although, into account. Yeah, I know that's fine. Um, <laughs> so Sam and Brian ranked this at number two, and they ranked it the highest. Uh, who ranked it? I think Alex actually ranked it the lowest, um, at number 11 and actually someone who ranked it higher than Sam and Brian doctor ranked it at number one. Um, so there you go. What did Alex have to say about this? Why have him explain himself through texting? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) brand new world. Let's see here. Uh, he says it's a catchy song. Uh, the visuals look, uh, uh, took a hit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure what the rest of this is. Uh, probably needs to be fired, uh, fi- freed three times, different times. Definitely, I don't animation know mistakes. I guess there were animation mistakes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. I yeah. I, I, so the audio is. We did. We didn't talk about the song. It's a great song. I love mm-hmm. the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Steve. Yeah, the song just has so much energy. Um. And the opening really capitalizes off of that. And this opening does what opening should, but it uh, it kind of just embarrasses the actual anime episodes. All the, most of these scenes uh, of these Ennis lobby scenes are animated far better than their mm. actual anime counterparts. Yeah, please um, don't. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I, I one of the things. Uh, one of my favorite spreads is Straw Hats all standing on top of uh, the courthouse building, looking up at the uh, Tower of Justice. 
uh, looks so great in Brand New World. Fucking in the anime, they fucking didn't color in Chopper's nose. <laughs> uh and even like uh with cp9 looking down at them it looks so good in this opening uh and then like it there's like depth to it uh in terms of like the alignment like the more like the normal scale cp9 members are in front and you have uh kumidori and uh yeah is it kumidori yeah yeah, yeah. Fukuro yeah, and, and uh, uh, Fukuro in the back, and that like that bit of animation because it starts close up on Luchi and then pans out. It looks so good, and it doesn't. It does not look this good in the anime, uh, and and it's like Brand New World has such good animation. The anime was just like, screw it, we're taking the Frankie and Fukuro bit from Brand New World and putting it in the episode because it's too damn good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this one's it's it it's great, and I think a part of it being cut down before it really had some time to shine plays a factor in it too. This should have played through all of Annie's lobby. Yeah, definitely. 100%. I'm gonna say like there's also the aspect of you say this, this song is high energy, and it is, but it doesn't do that by being hectic and having 10 million drums and auto tuning. Yeah, like there yeah. is there is some there is some auto tuning, but it's like there's less instrumentation and it is just these two guys singing and they're auto-tuned a little bit but it, it's um it, it it doesn't have the things that annoy me as much about later period japanese pop music all right we should move on to number two here we're almost there this, um, oh, this is this is gonna be interesting <laughs> yeah because there's only two left uh i don't know if you've done the process of elimination but at 200 <laughs> 219 um it went up around nine percent um, oh, man. I just, you gotta, you gotta hype this one up, Zach. Yeah. So I'll say, um, in 2015, it was number three. Um, I'll also say, uh, none of the four of us put this as number one. Uh, one, uh, three out of the four of us put this as number two. So the answer I will say right there is Kokoro no Chizu. Uh, Ed, do you want to do you want to talk about this? Sure, cheese of my heart. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> this is associated with I think the best part of the One Piece anime. It has like such emotional, heart swelling moments. Like everything, like Kaku jumping off of of, of Water Seven is such an iconic thing that like. Like you, you can't, you can hardly compare it to anything. Like the wonder of Water Seven. Like we all, th- I mean, I think a lot of us think that's the best, the best opening. It's, but, um, it's, it will yeah. like the just these episodes of the anime. This is like pinnacle yeah. one piece anime. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah. Like and like the per like the the lyrics are perfect. Like you know the burning. There's a burning sun in our hearts. You know, catch hold of our yeah. Uh, time that that was the time to set sail we'll ride the seven colored winds to the sea of adventure it's a voyage full of injury something precious is there even when we're in a pinch no matter what because i will protect you like uh yeah and guys sanji's wearing his gentle cook shirt <laughs> it's sorry, shirt. sorry i was just yeah. watching yeah yeah the, the, the beginning with them falling out of the sky and like all the water seven stuff like it's animated beautifully i think um i'm a, obviously i'm an amateur here 
But um, yeah. Um, Steve, I want to say preface before you speak, it's about you. Uh, you had this at number nine in 2015 and now you have it at number two. What happened? Uh, you know, we, we get older, we learn (laughs) from our mistakes. Uh, I'd like to think I'm a a smidge wiser, but (laughs) coconut under cheese is, is unreal. This By is, the way, I had it at number three. I wasn't like that far off from all of you guys. I just want to make that clear. Go ahead. I, I'll say this, um, and I and it was tough because I was thinking about it over the top, but I think just overall, this is the best animated One Piece opening there has ever been and there ever will be. This is, like, first of all, the song is fantastic in itself. Yeah. Uh, they got that scene of Sanji doing backflips in the groggy ring. Oh, my God. <sighs> so mm. good. Chef kiss. Mwah. Um, <laughs> I love that it. I, I love that it has so much of the JP backfighting, like Portia, like squeezing yeah. this life out of Chopper, like that fits in perfectly. It's like that. Well, this is the first. You know, this is the sixteen by nine era of One Piece. It's just everything feels so new and fresh, especially this opening. Uh, just want to start like in the beginning, like the first shot we see of the crew after. First of all, the crew falling from the sky after falling, uh, following Skypea. Uh, Great touch. Uh, so the first shot we see of the crew on the ship, it's just starts on Luffy. It's a profile shot, but then like we zoom out, but it's still like, it's an interesting shot. We really don't see them do like ever again. And the characters all kind of just come into frame like Zoro, Sanji and the others. Uh, I like that. Like Usopp has something. Usopp isn't just standing there too. Like, wow, golly, he's up in the crow's nest and he's like, point is like seeing that there's an island ahead. Chopper is the one instructed to steer the boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he goes into his uh, uh, his human form, which, geez, you do not. I think this is the most we see of that form of any opening because you will not see Chopper like ch- like not unless ch- it's an action scene. Chopper will be in his cute form, or he'll always. be kung fu. He was kung fu Chopper in a couple of them. Hmm. Yeah, but uh, hands up, I, I think he was a bunch. Yeah. But I like I like some of the stills. Um, I like it. they they go with the beat, which is great. But and then I like I like the ones of the Straw Hats and Water Seven. But I also like you know the ones of uh, Foxy and Galua. And then when we start going to like the amazing bits, uh, Luffy and Usopp and the you know, the final round of yeah. David back fight, yeah. mm-hmm. them just rising from the bottom of the screen looks so good. Yeah. Um, Luffy, like yeah, that looks so yeah. good. They put that in the anime. Zoro fighting uh, the Frankie, Frankie family. family. It's yeah, Sanji doing the cartwheel. The the Kaku shot is probably yeah, that might be my favorite part of the entire opening. And Luffy versus Usopp is in it. Yeah, yep. Like, uh, yeah. The blowing Porsche, of the Frankie house, like oh, Porcha hugging Chopper. Uh, yeah. n- the brief scene of Nami with a gun on the deck of the Mary <laughs> is given time to shine. And uh, Hattori gets a whole thing where he salutes. <laughs> God, you guys are convincing me. Maybe we should have I all made it. this number one. Um, no, I, I've learned, man. I've learned. I've learned. I've realized because I've always like grown up a good so opening. much. Yeah. Well, I want to. I want to ask you something since you're in animation. So, like, one of the things, the styles I'm noticing in this opening that I do really like is at times using almost like the lens flare thing and also kind of like making it look softer. Uh, do you know what I mean? I, what scenes are you thinking of in particular? Because I, um, I so I, like I, the lens flare. I don't know if you if you 
know exactly. No, I probably don't. I, I probably do not. Um, well, the Zoro on the cr- on the deck of the ship, um, I think they do kind of that stylized thing when he cuts up the Frankie family. Um, I have to like go through. Like, I don't know if like lens flare might is not the right word. I, but, it's like, not a lens the light. Flare. I guess like the lighting is just very overexposed in this mean? opening. Yeah, I think it's just like because Water Seven is such like a. Um, it's like a really it feels like such a lived in place when when you visit it in both the anime and the manga and they do such a good job with that. I feel like the opening like also does a really good job at that in that even the lighting feels different uh here. It's like brighter. Oh. It's it's that's what's so good about that arc is that it contrasts like this really happy cool place with some of the darkest stuff we had seen in the story up to this point. You know what there is a lens flare when uh Usopp is uh Looking from the crow's nest. Oh, I got to look at that again. Anyway, I I, I just want to say that yeah, the, I you you guys are like maybe I should just switch this up a little. And I just realized, and I just realized now that uh, the YouTube compilation there are uh, lyrics in the captions. If I turn yeah, them on, I've been yeah. I've been looking at that. Well, they're not. We'll put not we'll perfect, put that in the yeah. thing. Yeah, they're probably yeah. not perfect. Uh, Alex says every one piece, every opening should look like this. Uh, Return of the uh, CG Mary. The uh, second spoiler OP, but it got the blood pumping back in the day. And it's not so spoilery in that it doesn't spoil the big part about Water 7. Um, and that no. is who the villains of Water 7 are. Frankie's um, not even in this opening. No. Yeah. So like, it's, it's spoilery in that it shows you all the characters you want to see as a manga reader. And most of the scenes you want to read uh, that you want to see. But it doesn't spoil like the big big plot points no no so um i want to see where everyone put this one um i i think it only was number one for brian and dennis and dan dockery um ever we had it was number two for ed steve alex and adil and it was number three for me and sam um it who had it at the lowest I don't think any. Oh, the lowest is Kelly, who had this at number sixteen. Um, mm. We have a lot yeah, to ask got, Kelly we, when she gets. We gotta it. talk to that Kelly. <laughs> Jill had it at number five, which is like low compared to everyone else. Um, and Doc still had it high. at number still high, and Doc had a number eight, which was the lowest besides Kelly, and it's still pretty high. So, um, pretty unanimous consensus there. Um, so let's go to number one. I wonder what it could be. Uh, at 236 votes, um, and it actually was losing like until some other people sent in their stuff. I think Steve and uh, probably Jill me, yeah. probably Steve, probably um, me too. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we are. It's the opening. Tommy, Mei, Shikara. This world has been taken by the man who took the crown of Gold Roger. His last words were that people were taken to the sea. It's the One Piece opening. Uh, Steve, do you want to start with this one? 
He stole my opening line. It is, it's, it's the One Piece opening. If One Piece was, oh god, technically it was in some aspects, but if it's like, if it was like a classic Saturday morning cartoon, this would be the theme song. Uh, like, it, it's so, it, it's so weird that you like always kind of struggle with something to say about the number one, but it's just this is the One Piece theme. It's not like all these other songs. It's the one yeah. Alex could do by heart, <laughs> including yeah. the prologue. Mm-hmm. It's all these other songs. They're they're boy band songs and other stuff. They're promoting an album. This was made like other songs were made specifically to be One Piece openings, but this was the first ever. Like this is a One Piece song. This is about One Piece. Yeah. And I love that opening with the like the the the, the, mu- the music behind like Old Rogers' speech. Like mm-hmm. that like. That's the perfect, like, you can do anything better to introduce people to One Piece. Wealth, fame, power. Gold Roger, the king of the pirates, obtained every treasure the world had to off. At, like, that, like that's, that's perfect. It's perfect. I, get, I just get chills. Yeah, like, even just saying like, that. This shows up in yeah. BGM in movies, and I get mm-hmm. emotional. Like, <laughs> movies don't usually have that effect. I mean, unless it's films that movies don't usually have that effect. But, like, you can put, you know, we are in the BGM, and, like, that, that, that'll be a big moment. It's like overtaken. It's like mm-hmm. you, you put it in there and you're, you, you know, it's a big moment. Uh, now let me, uh, let me talk about some of the animation. Um, the, like, first of all, when we see all the pirate ships, like sailing out, that's not CG pal. <laughs> or at least, I don't think it is. I think that's all hand drawn, which would not happen anymore. So that's really impressive. And then our first shot of Luffy running up that hill, and as it's like a, the camera starts, yeah, it's, it starts in front of him and then, you know, rotates around him and to animate all of that is crazy. And then the shots we see of the straw hats, they aren't stills, they're moving. Uh, and then even like the, even the Mary moves, <laughs> like when Luffy like grabs onto it to like to jump down onto it, it's just bouncing around in the ocean it looks so great. And I think another one of my favorite shots is just when it's sailing and you have all the big sea kings just kind of coming in and out of the water, uh, which would kind of be, uh, would, would almost be replicated later when they're on the comm belt. Uh, in the Apis arc. Yeah. Or say like the, the comm belt stuff is was replicated here. I don't know how far along the manga was at this point, but like that's it. Well, no, it would just, have been like a year and a half in, so it would have been. It would have had like seventy, eighty chapters. Yeah, not quite. Yeah, not quite there. Um, I love this scene, but I also love the use of uh, sound effects in this opening. I think it's one of the only ones that does it. So, like, you yeah. hear, you hear, like, the water splashing. These, you know, sea kings coming in and out of the water. Uh, also, and something. The, yeah, is that something Jojo? Yeah, Jojo does that a lot, right? Or for Some like an, the yeah. season, the end, I think they do that yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Some anime will do that. Uh, the following shot, when it's the crew all on board the Mary, and of course it zooms in on Luffy, and then the camera rotates once again. Just some really impressive, I know, like how we, ambitious they shots turn that, They turn that spinning the hat on his finger into Shanks wearing the hat, and you pull back and Shanks has the hat on. Like mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's, that's, a, that's a great shot. Uh, and quite possibly like my favorite... Uh, of my favorite of the opening crew fighting on board the ship is in We Are. Mm. And just, you yeah, know, Zoro. Yeah, Zoro doing the Onigiri. And of course, I 
I've loved the Sanji shot always like that when it well it starts in Zoro close up on Zoro he doesn't own Igiri and then the camera kind of follows the floorboards and then rotates back up it's it's amazing it's amazing what they do just camera trick wise and of course I like the Sanji sequence I like the close up on him and then he does his uh you know his uh capoeira kicks it and then yeah who's up with the egg you get some sound effects and then you're gonna bonk <laughs> with nami hitting that guy on the head uh and then what leads to luffy um punching that uh i forgot what exactly his name is but yeah the one from lord Bishop. of the coast i think yeah. also this is like the coolest don krieg has ever looked is in the opening <laughs> yeah, yeah long <laughs> hair, it's the coolest he ever will look i i, I want to say my number two three four and five all came out with the same points when i put it together so i like literally had to just like go by my gut um, so like, I mean, really just difficult, like where to even place this. Cause the other openings that were, I mean, at this point, I mean, we are, is, as we discussed the one piece opening. So it's just how I feel like it compares to the rest and how it makes me emotional or not compared to the rest. Um, and I think the thing with, we are, is it's, I mean, all of what you guys have said are absolutely correct. And it's a beautifully put together opening, but like, most of what does it is nostalgia, obviously, because it's oh, the yeah. opening. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I, don't, I don't think that's... No, yeah, no, no, no. Um, I'm not even saying that that's a bad thing, that that's the thing that like makes it great, but it is the thing that makes it great. Um, and... Yeah, I, don't, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but I mean, yeah, I think don't that's, have that's the, the thing. People don't have the same nostalgia for the first opening of Naruto. Yeah. Uh, yeah, some people do. Is, I don't know. They they really nailed it. Like they they couldn't. Mm-hmm. They, they they made the perfect One Piece opening. Like that's like that's why it was so strong from the beginning. Like right mm-hmm. off the bat, it's there. Yes. It's like yeah, you, you know what the show is in the first under two minutes. And I'll say also doing the tournament specifically, and even just doing these rankings again. I'm I'm actually really happy we did them again because, um. I, I think going back and looking at like the breadth of these openings just really encapsulates how long this series has been around because we are is su- is such from a different era um like this kind of thing is not really done anymore this kind of opening not just because yep. of the animation style not just because of the music it's just like it's a song specifically made for a series that you know like it's 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 so different. Um, than anything like, we see today. And what's the word I'm thinking of? Is fantastical even a word? It's just, yeah. it's yeah. it's almost like Disney-esque. Like, yeah, like I was thinking opens, that. Yeah. Anime Maybe opens it's the don't Disney really Plus. have songs like these. They <laughs> yeah. have, like, they usually just get a band to like, oh, here's a new song we want to promote. We'll use it as an opening. And that's not the case with this one. Like, I, I, I'm sure there's more anime I can think of, especially if you go back into like the eighties and the seventies. But I like in terms of anime, I like, I know like, Hey, I know dragon ball and one piece had openings made specifically for it. And I think, and those openings hold up better than others. Also just, I, I think just going back and as I'm looking at, it, I'm like, this is, this animation is really impressive for 1999. Like this is what this is like we're saying with uh, I think what Alex said for Kokorono Cheesy like this is what openings should be they should have like like just go a little step beyond in terms of animation sell the show more yeah. he says I, I think that's why 
Yeah, I think that's why Over the Top has been really refreshing because it does feel like that, um, at least comparatively. Like, I think up, I'm going to say for for me at least, the openings between, not including, Hands Up and Superpowers, um, We I think we were kind of doing it on like an adjusted scale. We're like, all right, this is good for what we've been seeing. You know, mm-hmm. uh, One Piece has not been great lately, so this is that, you know, and then with these top few openings with We Are Kokoro Nuchizu, uh, particularly, I think, you know, they really took a step beyond, um, in my opinion. Uh, they like, they, they went, <clears throat> they went beyond what they had to do to make a really great opening, um, and a really memorable opening for One Piece. And that really encapsulates the spirit of the show in a way that even a lot of other great openings don't do. Um, I mean, it's really amazing that We Are encapsulates it when how many chapters were like really available when that uh, when that opening was made. I'm not even not even sure. Probably less than a hundred or around a hundred. Oh yeah, like no, because it started in mid '97 and like less than two years, so under a hundred chapters. Yeah, so that's that's even crazier that they were able to really find that spirit and encapsulate it in an opening um, in that mm-hmm. short amount of time. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's that's the full rankings. Um, I'll go through them really quickly. Uh, Wake Up was at the bottom. Then We Are the Straw Hat version. Uh, Superpowers, Hard Knock Days, We Can, Kaze Wo Saga Shite. We Are the Remixed version by, what was it, TGQX? Oh, Shinky. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Crazy Rainbow, Hands Up, Hope, One Day, Believe, Jungle P, Share the World, Over the Top, Bone Voyage, Hikari A, Fight Together, We Go, Brand New World, Kokoro no Chizu, and We Are. Um, <clears throat> so that'll do it. Um, I, I want to thank uh, Ed, Steve, Alex, Sam, Brian, Dr. Dennis, Dan, Adil, Kelly, and Jill, who helped us, who each had their own list, and we'll post those. Um, <clears throat> any final thoughts here from you guys before I completely lose my voice? <laughs> no, this, is, uh, this was fun. Mm-hmm. I always enjoy uh, doing these rankings, despite how long they may take us. I gotta start um, rereading the manga for the Arcs of Consequence next year. Yeah, so so I'll say right here, we're going to be doing an Arcs of Consequence in mid twenty twenty, and hopefully, what we'll be doing is we'll have um, a little segment on each week talking about like our favorite moments in a particular arc. So not not quite as in depth as our read through was leading up to the last one. Um, but yeah, we're going to be doing this. It's going to be much longer for our arcs of consequence because I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about. Um, but thank you, Steve. Thank you, uh, Alex, who is out there eating or driving or ordering something from a drive through and Ed, thank you. All right. Yeah. Um, Let's move on or wrap up or do whatever we're doing. All right, so I'm just going to leave the notes on the refrigerator here for the piece together segment. Now, you're going to remember here, Stephen, you're listening? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you're going to need to go through people's questions, um, their comments, and also, believe it or not, we also go through their theories. And I know it takes a while sometimes, but we're going to need to do those each. Um, Ed, the, you know, what's the first one that we do? Uh, what's it called? This piece. Okay, so Stephen, you got it all. I'm going to head out. And by head out, I mean okay. I'm going to sit right here and just participate. 
So or write the question on the refrigerator. I got it. Okay. Um, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, put the thing in the drawer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Twice a day. Twice <laughs> a day. Got it. Which one's grandpa's little helper? <laughs> <laughs> grandpa's little dog storm. <laughs> okay. I'll write it down. Um, what's the first question on Discord? On Discord... All right, let's see here. Oh, we boy, we have a bunch of stuff on Discord. Uh, all right, first is from Stella, who says, This has been the most disheartening few days. I can't believe the hate, vitriol, and toxicity happening in certain digital hubs of One Piece fans. It breaks my bleeping heart. Uh, Steven, I love you. I hope people don't tag you in their flame wars on Twitter, and I hope you don't feel the need to defend yourself against the uh, obstinate and the ignorant. Bless this podcast and all the positive and constructive discussion you have brought to my weekly One Piece experience. Reading One Piece has never been as enjoyable in the last 16 years as it has been since I've been listening and reading the official release. I am reminded this week how grateful I am for Viz, Steven, and this podcast. We are truly blessed. Well, thank you. That is, um, be honest, Steven. There's I, no Stella. I, yeah. I, I, this is not my <laughs> burner account. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, um, I think Steven, it, it should be said. I mean, we say it every week, but I, I still want to say it, you know, how much, uh, you mean to us specifically as a podcast and to a community. I think I could speak for at least the people, you know, reading how, uh, how much you've brought to one piece generally like before you entered as a translator and as a translator and on the podcast and you do so much work and you still or dedicate so much time uh to the fans and the series and your cats you know it's it's all so great and i feel like that needs to be re reiterated um not well, just from your burner account <laughs> thank, thank you zach um thank you stella thank you everyone else who has um uh said uh comments like that um, yeah, no, it's, um, you know, there's obviously there was some, uh, scanlation hubbub, uh, stuff. And so I, I think there's, there were more people than usual, uh, discussing the, the official, um, version, uh, and, um, so there was a lot of, uh, uh the, you know, the usual com complaints about that. Um, I don't really like, it's, it's something where like, so a lot of the, you know, the disagreements and things are, uh, based on a number of things, because this has been obviously a very long uh, and kind of sorted publication history of One Piece in uh, in English. And so a lot of the things that, uh, you know, people complain about are either, you know, things that um, were, you know, done before I started working on it. Things that are, you know, just sort of a byproduct of the way that, um, you know, Viz's standards work. And, you know, some, some of them are based on decisions that I made. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different stuff that gets, um, brought up and I don't, you know, I don't take it super seriously. Um, you know, obviously it doesn't feel great to, to read comments like that, but I didn't get a lot of, uh, you know, just in case anyone was worried, I did not get like a whole bunch of, you know, DMs or, you know, uh, mentions or whatever, um, directly. So it's not like I'm getting bothered out there by, um, random people. Um, I but was. you know, <laughs> uh Oh, well, well, um, I mean, you know, part, part of it is, yeah. 
I, I, part, I mean, part I was of it, say I'm in the deep end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, part of it is that I don't, you know, for for various reasons. Like, I think there's certainly um, there are very valid reasons for people to not like certain um, things, uh, whether that is uh, my decisions or someone else's decisions. Like, I I get that there are different uh, takes on on this stuff, and you know, even even just in terms of like pure accuracy, you know, I'm still human. There are mistakes that happen, um, and hopefully get corrected. Um, we do have the advantage of, uh, you know, a, a double round. Cause we have to go back and look at everything before it goes to a graphic novel. But, um, you know, things, things do happen. It's not perfect. Um, but I will say that, uh, a lot of the stuff that, that people get hung up on are like, um, they're like facts, like, you know, things like, okay, how is this name spelled? Like you can look at one and look at the other and be like, these are different. One of them must be wrong. And one of them must be right. Um, sort of thing. And, uh, there are different, uh, philosophies and, uh, reasons to translate something, you know, some proper name this way or that way. Um, I will say that I have not seen anyone talking about like looking at the Japanese and saying like, this is where this was wrong in the, or, or this is why you shouldn't be, uh, Viz shouldn't be translating this uh, like this or this character like that. Um, and I think that is kind of telling because I feel like the the one thing that I do very much pride myself on is in the uh, writing of the characters and in bringing forth the personality and kind of like the the whole variety and the vibrancy of the way that Oda writes his characters. And, um, I ha- I really, you know, like if someone had uh, pointed out the ways that I have failed at that, I think that would actually bother me. But I have not really seen that because I don't think it's uh, it's probably not uh, really accurate that anyone else is doing that better. So um, that's the part that I um, I feel very proud of and um, I still think is uh, the best you're going to see. So I guess that's all I have to say about that uh, topic. Nice. Well said, um, yeah. Yeah, so I know um, Greg has uh, Greg has uh, backed you up. Actually, before you came on the sh- first time you came on the show was twenty eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg, you know, Greg had been way more immersed. I I had a much more superficial view of the community than than Greg, and he's like Stephen understands these characters. He's like lives them. He knows, and so yeah, he's that's that's like Stephen's forte. Mm-hmm. Go yeah. ahead, sorry. Yeah. All right. So we'll move on to uh, our good friend Joe, who says, uh, "So we got to see Roger and Odin go to Skypia after all. If I could have one more wish, I want to see Roger meet Rouge, assuming he doesn't already know her. I want to see more about their relationship." Um, we talked. Yeah, that's a bit. Yeah. yeah, a bit. We're not really sure where she fits in um, in the story. Of course, yeah, she didn't did have a also- line this week, did she? Uh, oh, Toki. No, we're thinking of Toki. Rouge, not Rouge. Toki. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. Never mind. But uh, yeah, she I was, was just going to say, yeah, Toki. Yeah. We we got Toki in in the story, and she hasn't done a whole lot yet. Um, so yeah. hopefully, hopefully, we'll see more of her as well. Um, yeah, uh, our friend, yeah. Our, another friend, a Straw Hat Pirate Nine, Abigail says, uh, such a fantastic, amazing chapter. Whitebeard and Rogers clashing, the crew fighting for three days, only for it to end in a gift exchange. LOL. Uh, Whitebeard did such a 180 on Odin. I love it. The best part for me was seeing Roger and Rayleigh holding 
Momo and Hiori. So cute. Roger loves kids so much. He would have been a great dad to Ace, and it just makes me sad that he didn't get that chance. Mm. Also, Rayleigh saying, reminds me of the old days. Have they been taking care of Buggy and Shanks since they were freaking babies? <laughs> if so, Shanks saying Luffy was too young to join his crew when he was in one since he was in diapers makes him a big hypocrite. Not that <laughs> <they're> <laughs> twins. <laughs> Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe he's like, oh, I know that you shouldn't do this because it was not yeah. great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sounds okay. like Shanks just got busted. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I think he was pulling a Yoda. He's like, you're too old to begin the training. Too old. <laughs> too old. <laughs> Not that he was wrong to do it. It was better for Luffy to set out on his own. And if he had gone with Shanks, he wouldn't have met Ace. I also really agree with Joe. I want to see how Roger and Rouge met. Um, yeah, no, we definitely talked about some of those points. Um, OG-san says, hey, OPP, since uh, teach, uh, is this the new spelling? Okay, yeah, that is, uh, I think we talked about this uh, last week, last maybe, week, or maybe yeah. that was yeah. off the air. Teach, T-E-E-C-H, has, for whatever reason, again, this is another thing that was before my time, uh, that is the viz spelling going back to when it was first uh, appeared in the story. Um, so I kind of locked into that one. Uh, since Teach gave Shanks his scar and Whitebeard didn't even know about this, do you guys want to theorize about the circumstances that led to Teach meeting and hurting Shanks without his new crew, without his crew even finding out? I checked chapter zero with Roger's death and we don't see Shanks full face, so it's hard to guess, but I'd love to hear your ideas. Um, and also has says, last thing, thanks for being the change we want to see in the world regarding waiting for the official release and fighting the good fight. This course has been pretty toxic from all sides. And to be honest, the status quo hasn't changed. Scans just come out on other sites now. But I look forward to the day a digital release comes out first. In my opinion, only the publishing company can truly end all this by finally getting with the times. Because as long as scans exist, people will read them. That's just the way it is. I, for one, will be a frequently resisting... I, a frequently requesting translation notes because using this chapter as an example, it would be nice to know what the hell gun Madoki even means without hoping that Steven happens to be on or having to look it up without context. Yeah. You know, that's something that is possible. You know, if they hear there are some like manga that have translation notes at the very end of it, some of the impress stuff does it instead of Kodaki. Oh, yeah, 20th, yeah. 20th century boys had, had it too, right? I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's not something that Shonen Jump does in, in their line unless it's something that is absolutely necessary. And I think generally, like the more the more that you would need translation notes, the less likely they want to actually publish it um, because it probably just means it's like super obscure. Um, I, I remember there was that comedy series about the the tomato poodle, tomatoy poodle oh, that yeah. was one hundred percent like uh, you know joke jokes about social media in Japan and TV shows and commercials and stuff like that. Um, so that's, that's more of a Shonen jump thing that they kind of resist that. But, you know, it's something that is, I think I agree. It would be super useful. Um, so, you know, it's just kind of, um, you know, one of, one of the, uh, things, the, the restrictions that I kind of have to work around. And, um, sometimes it has an effect on, uh, what, what I can do with the, uh, translation. So, um, yeah, that's yeah, because. I, well, never mind. Go, go, go ahead, Sherry. Unless, well, okay. I, yeah, I mean, I just, don't, I don't want to put Stephen in a position to have to 
guess why that is, but to me, it seems like that's because Shonen Jump is aimed at a wider audience, uh, and they're yeah. sort of trying to uh, appeal to kind of a mainstream person who's interested in reading fun stories, but isn't necessarily someone who considers themselves like a big, you know, manga fan or or right. whatever. Whereas, like somebody uh, reading, um, you know, I don't know uh, the. The descending stories of the right, Showa, right. I was just going to say the Rakugo yeah. manga. Yeah. The Rakugo manga, like that's has tons of uh, of uh, translator notes, and they're very interesting. But they're for a series where people are interested to learn that stuff, you know. Mm. Um, and there's definitely people like us and like our, the question asker and stuff that are uh, into One Piece that are interested in this too. But I think it's just kind of different philosophies about uh, who the audience that they're aiming for is. I, yeah, I, mean, I would. Uh, well, sorry. Yeah, go, go Paula. <laughs> it's all, well, in, I mentioned this kind of like off recording, but when I was doing my graduate school, I was doing research on uh, manga readers and things like that. And one of the things as a librarian, it was really, really difficult to even like, you know, get graphic novels in libraries and be have it be considered like proper reading. Like I still fight against that when it comes to when I had to work with parents. They're like, oh, don't give her graphic novels or don't give her comics. That's not real reading. And I'm like, uh, yes, it is. Um, and so with, what I find really interesting about folks who are like, you know, I want a translation notes or I want this or they're not. They and those decisions had and how to make manga more accessible is that. Even the way the decisions that are being made, because you are consuming a different cultural medium that you can't separate. You can't really like truly, it's so sticky to its original culture for where it comes from. And one of the big things, one of the big reasons why manga has um, expanded so much is that it was almost intentional in how they wanted to make manga culturally odorless Mm. and and how that's permeate, uh, how that kind of, lend to lent itself to be able to um be as globally ubiquitous as it is now mm-hmm. but you're still consuming a foreign of quote foreign media the pages are reads differently um the way the way trans um translators the way even where you place words there was a article that I read that was comparing um, a scandalation, the original Japanese text, and the English official English um, text of the Naruto manga, and where they placed the words versus like where the images are. And in the original Japanese and both the translation is that they placed the words um, specifically in um, different parts of the page, kind of noting the importance of it all. Like that's more faded into the imagery, whereas the official translation of Naruto has those words up front and center. So the words themselves are much more important than the image themselves, even though the original translation of the manga, the image is slightly different. So it's really interesting to be able to see those translated texts and how the priority, like what are they prioritizing and what does that say about the culture in terms of life? So I still understand like quote why people want to read scanlations and they think it's closer to the thing when it's when those ethics are changing the more that sh- like uh shonen jump kind of wants to be a little bit more culturally older list like how are they going to send that balance between you're still consuming a foreign media and that multi they call it multimodal literacy 
where you're able to mm-hmm. kind of understand and read both image and text and what the context is and what the, how are mm-hmm. they prioritizing that context. So, yeah, that's not that I'm contributing anything. I feel like I'm talking about nothing. But, no, it's very <laughs> interesting. Yeah. No, no yeah, but it's, it's, a, it's, it's a different an, perspective. Uh, yeah, it's how do you fight against that? I mean, I, I don't 100% blame folks in terms of accessibility is becoming less and less a reason why black market exists and more of a multimodal literacy preference. Mm-hmm. And like, and yeah. then just say, that's all you have to say. You just say that it's a preference. And if it's a preference, then you are 100% accepting where you fall in the ethics line of things. You understand you are consuming an illegal product, but because of this specific multimodal prefer- liter- literacy preference, because mm-hmm. of how things are prioritized in that, and like yeah. how yeah. like things are translated. So yeah. I find that incredibly interesting. And I really, I'm really looking forward to see how Shonen Jump as a company becoming trying to make this kind of culturally odorless mm-hmm. um, to make it more accessible to uh, international readers. How do you kind of take away like the Japanese-ness of it all almost? Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's really interesting. I have I I have very conflicting feelings uh, along the lines of like translation notes um, because the reason why Descending Stories the Rakugo manga came to my mind specifically is because I was having trouble reading that in English because there are so many notes uh, that I was finding it very bumpy and not very enjoyable to read and so mm-hmm. I ended up kind of having this thing where it's like I really wanted to learn all that stuff but I also wanted to be able to like feel the story and 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 Mm -hmm. myself and so i ended up with that series having to do two passes where i would just Mm -hmm. read it completely ignoring the notes and sometimes missing some of what they were talking about uh but kind of just like getting that pure experience of just kind of reading the acting of the characters and stuff and then i would go back and like look at all the notes and stuff because otherwise i was like not fully engrossing myself yeah, yeah, I think that's. I, I, well, it I mean, pulls I, you away, right? Like, yeah, it pulls I'll you away from that, that experience. Like when the, when they were talking about multimodal literacy, it's kind of what Dave. The article I was reading, I should probably link you guys' article. It's really really fascinating. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll post it um, in, the, in the notes. Um, was that when they were doing these studies with these um, uh, second English as a second language? There was uh, South South African students. How they were kind of. Um, understanding what was going on in the story even though it's a tech it, they were reading it in english that was officially translated and or, or these three different things and and they they still had the understanding that yes this is a foreign medium but when there's way too many the act of translation notes like it has to have like a certain balance otherwise you do get that you know way like your you're not as um, it takes you away from that experience. It it just takes you away from the notion that you are still consuming something that is foreign. Yeah, becomes the forefront rather than just like really experiencing the story as it was meant to be told. And sometimes it's being able to find that balance is where the struggle kind of comes from, and that's where like where the sticky I would I would like to call it like the kind of the sticky part is. And that's most, and there's really like no correct answer to that. That's why I, I had like mm-hmm. piles of like translation, even though it wasn't really like 
meant to be part of my paper, but it was like, it was just nothing but piles of like um, translators, academic, like folks who are in academia talking about Japanese translations and how these things work. Um, was there's still like academic discourse with the use of translation notes? Not only I mean, are you talking about like cultural touchstones, but then how do you balance that so you're not taking the reader away from things? I mean, I'd also just add to the discussion um, it, to say that on the internet, the, it's kind of devolved as to people digging in into their camps and being like, uh, change is one of the hardest things. And so I, I, where all of this discussion comes from is that two major, the news being that two major scan publications decided that they're not going to run Shonen Jump anymore because... I, I don't know if it's just because of the reason that it's free, available worldwide, legally now, um, but I, that might have been part of their calculus in, in not including those translations anymore. And, of course, people are like, so now what am I supposed to do? And now let me nitpick the issues that are with this. But, you know, I, I understand that people are used to the thing that they're used to, and I think there's a lot of reluctance um to to see change um in in how in their reading habits i think the reason why scanlations have proliferated even in the era of uh simultaneous free legal shonen jump around the world is it's still the most ubiquitous and easy to find and also earliest available um like i i know i have had to educate people who are not um, super aware of Manga Plus and Shonen Jump because, you know, they're still not uh, super well known as like, this is the legal thing and this is the illegal thing. Most people are just like, this is my manga, I'm going to read my manga. You know, they, this they're is, not this is the app. This is the app that I open at this time every week and that's where it magically shows up. Yep. Uh, that's That's the understanding. It's so I think a lot of people feel under attack when I or us as a podcast are posting things, um, you know, into trying to educate those who don't know um, that there are legal alternatives and then feel like, oh, I'm doing something illegal. That's not no what I'm it's what Paula was kind of going through. No, I'm ethically, you know, trying to ethically um, justify what they're doing. Um or trying to say there's still reason for me to look at the scans over the the official release, um, or that you're I'm anti-establishment and anti-corporation, and there's like so many different levels of this. Um, but the thing is, the you know the people I am trying to reach with that are people who don't know that Manga Plus exists, for example. And every time I post that, I will get someone who says. Oh well, I can't read it in Germany, or I can't read it in uh, Pakistan. I'm just like trying to pick random countries here, um, and I'm like, no, it's actually completely available and free in your country. Um, I think the only country it's not available in is China. Um, I'm not sure. And Japan. <laughs> and Japan, but Japan has other ways. To- yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I I still think it has uh, really been good for that even if it has made me personally wade into a pool of discussion that i you know uh am not happy to wade into like it's it's uh it's discourse it's like yelling at a a brick wall it's you know nothing is going to change from it and it's sad that that's that's where discourse is in, in some 
portions and, and uh, corners of the community, but I, I don't really know what to do about that other than throw my hands up and be like, okay, you be you. Um, All right. Well, yeah. I'm going to put a pin in this discussion because we have Please. to move on. Uh, we'll go to Dune Alien, who says, uh, hello, OPP. Finally managed to read the chapter on Sunday so I can post a question. Damn it, I don't have one. Also, I was expecting Whitebeard to get his famous chest scar during this confrontation because I thought that was that was the one he meant he got from Roger when he told Shanks that the scar aches when he looks at his face. Then again, he's wearing a shirt, so it's very so it's very likely he already has it, or it was some other scar. Also, want to bet that's Lola and not Chiffon? Aha! Yeah, here we go. Somebody agrees. With me. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly don't keep super close track of like who has scars and where and when. Uh, so maybe someone else is, um, more up to date on that. That sounds familiar. Do do you guys remember where the scar is located? Uh, it's across his chest. Uh, he did mention when he sees Shanks face that his scars ache. And that's when Shanks point out that his scar aches. Uh, his his famous scar aches because of it's the one Blackbeard gave to him, and that's mm-hmm. why he wanted Ace not to pursue him. Uh, I didn't I didn't see in this chapter if he had one prior to or even after, but maybe on their second encounter he might get that same scar. All right. Well, that was the last of the disc piece. Um, we I don't think we have any emails. Okay, oh, um, so I get to talk again. You, you don't. You, I'm just not going to give you a chance to stop talking. All right. You can take as many oh, or you know, as I, questions I, as you like could, this week. Yeah, I could also do Reddit for you if you'd rather. I, I don't. I don't mind. I mean, I can. I can continue going. Okay, it's fine. continue, please. I'm just love gonna, hearing your voice, Stephen. No, I mean that's it's great that you give me such a chance to to talk. Um, you know, <laughs> I could I could use the exercise um, for uh, you know my vocal cords. Uh, all right. Enough passive aggressiveness. Uh, Sailor Karna says, happy <laughs> holidays, <laughs> OPP. <laughs> happy holidays, OPP. May the end of this decade be glorious and the beginning of the next be spectacular. Thank you. Uh, Tricky, Nibble, Tricky Nibble says, how do we feel about the pirate epithets Ed the Seg and Moon Segway. Man Logan? Isn't Ed the uh, he Segway? Just, he just says Ed the Seg. <laughs> okay. And maybe that's supposed to be said like piece the tweet. Yes, segment, maybe. Ed, the Segway. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And Moon Man Logan, thanks for all your hard work and happy holidays. Cool. Thank you. Um, Let's see. Falcon Gales has a a good question. So do you think Izo ever really returns to Wano for any reason since he joined Whitebeard's crew? It is canon that news around the world does not go in and out of Wano easily. So does he even know Odin is dead? There was no gravestone for him at Odin Castle. And he is not a member. Izo is not a member of the Akazaya 9. So clearly he wasn't at the Battle of Kaido's takeover. Maybe he is the lurking legend that is talked about being a prodigal son returning to Wano to help set things back on the right track. Hmm. Um, well, I think I wonder if he ha- has any contact with the minks, like with Cat Viper and Dogstorm. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, th- I, th- I think th- that th- might be the kicker. Like if you actually talk to Dog and Cat. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's certainly like you know, it was cool to learn that Izo was part of the Wano, like that he was. Um, 
Yeah, that exactly. makes him, that actually makes me think of something. We don't like all the Whitebeard division division commanders disbanded and kind of became their own thing. Maybe he did return to Wano. Mm. Oh yeah, you know that's a good. That's yeah, and maybe because we still there's still a couple of identities we don't know. Like uh, what's it the the I can't. Japanese names are always going to escape me. The the thief who appears at the hour of the bull. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ushimitsu Kozo. Yes. And then yeah, Den- Denjiro is still kind of a a bit of a mystery, but clearly a different person from Izo. But yeah, there's still some some questions out there. Right. Um, as far as the lurking, le- assuming you're talking about the the one from Oda's comment, I think that was pretty much cemented as being um, Zebek, Roxy Zebek. Um. With the uh, that oh, that yeah. backstory bit um, that he teased a while back. Um, all right, I'm uh, Emma Ivano M says uh, I think the six regions being ruled by six clans was the system until Orochi's grandfather attempted the coup. Here's how I see it happened: uh, the Kurozumi clan ruled Kuri but were disbanded and Kuri became a wretched hive of scum and villainy, which was later taken over by Kozuki Oden. I backed up that theory. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, The Kurozumi clan had killed off the entire Amatsuki clan that ruled Hakumai before they were disbanded. A branch family from the Shimotsuki clan later headed by Shimotsuki Yasuie took over Hakumai. Ringo remained under the main Shimotsuki clan family later headed by Shimotsuki Ushimaru. Kozuki Sukiyaki became the shogun, ruling over the flower capital. Udon and Kibi remained under the Fugetsu and Uzuki clans without incident until Kaido, of course. And nobody talks about Onigashima because that's the shadowy place where the light doesn't touch, and you must never go there, Simba. I mean, Oden. <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty good to me, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, it. it like it, it would certainly answer why Oda was like, "Hey, let me just throw out a couple more of these clan names that have shadowy silhouettes to them. Not going to bring them up again, you know." Like, yeah, he, he's probably got something like that up his sleeve. Yeah, and I was wondering, like, at the last week's chapter, the fact that there was a lawless region without a daimyo. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. I wonder why that's the case. But then we got a little bit of history that might pressure. confirm that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Black Northwind says, hello, OPP. There's something about the previous chapter that made me realize why Orochi really believes in 20-year-long prophecy by Toki. It's because the old hag's prophecy about him becoming the shogun came true, so Toki's prophecy seems plausible to him. Plus, as he said, they didn't find the body, so that's just all the proof that he needs in his mind. That is a really good point. I I hadn't considered that um, parallel, but um, it makes a lot of sense after... Uh, what we learned about him. He could also so. just be really gullible, um, but just happen to be <laughs> surrounded by people who are telling the truth. Like Con- uh, constantly giving prophecies. Yeah. <laughs> you will get $20. Um, or you will give me $20. That's, yeah. That, that works better. <laughs> yeah. Co- he's, he's Lord Orochi's giving me a real queen Cersei vibe right now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there was a lot of that. Uh, Douglas Yancey Bullet says, will Delflamingo's son from the SBS show up in the story or did he and Violet use protection? Uh, what son? What? I don't I don't remember this. I don't. 
I no, would have I think, jumped off my seat. <laughs> no, I think he's referring to that really bad SBS question where he's referring to the affair the two of them had and asking oh. whether or not oh, that yeah, turned yeah. into something. Yeah, whether that um, okay, I, produced I see something. That. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I, knew, I knew he was referring to him in, in Violet. But I, I hope not because that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. It's That's a weird, a, it's a, yeah, um, it's an interesting uh, little thing that he did not elaborate on. Um, uh, let's see Prince of Assassins okay here this is a good question for the podcast uh, Prince of wow. Assassins says I'm going to be completely honest here this is the first time I've gone 100% official however for the same full experience reason I am waiting for the official I will be waiting until I get home from work because One Piece doesn't deserve to be read on a phone in my opinion <laughs> anyways I was wondering I, if I questions <laughs> Sorry, I was wondering if questions about this chapter will still be answered next week because with my current schedule, there's not enough time to read the chapter and ask questions before you record. That's a good question. Um, so we're not doing an episode next week, so I have to say no. Um, but if you, yeah, if you ask questions about the last chapter, we will always answer them the following week, provided they had not already been answered in the chapter. Um, yeah, I'm sorry for the short lag time between episode and uh, episode and chapter, but um, yeah, here we are. <laughs> I yeah, don't, I don't know a, what else to a, say. Yeah. It's a difficult thing to schedule for us. Um, you know, I like I, you know, one of the reasons that I am not always on every week this uh, now is because Sundays are tougher for me. Um, so I had to kind of make allowances for that time. Whereas Mondays were much easier when we were doing it there. Sorry. Um, so it's, it's just always kind of a balance between which, which members, you know, who has free time at when, and, um, you know, this is what works best for the group overall. I'll say uh, this since, you know, I want to also make sure, encourage people to jump aboard this train. It's never too late to jump aboard the official train. Um, if you do have questions for us or for any of the individual members, we will, you know, if, we will probably answer them on social media or somewhere else. So feel free if, if you really need an answer. Um, or, or like if you had a question and it didn't get answer or you didn't have time to ask it or something that occurred to you after we already recorded and it wasn't um discussed in uh, that week's episode you know at uh, set set up your question for when the um you know when the piece the tweet goes out or when the reddit thread the reddit thread is still created a day beforehand i believe so yeah um, we don't do that so yeah right yeah some someone on the subreddit does it for us so um you know you can put it down and if you know if it's a, if it's still a valid question um we certainly may um ask it on the air and um answer it so absolutely mm-hmm. yeah we we try you know we try to do our best with the time that we have um and uh, get as many questions as we can. But but Ed's looking at his watch, and uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, this episode's gonna be pretty long with the top half. Oh of our God, yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens. Hey, it's too. the end of the year. It's the end of the year. That's right. <laughs> Let's have fun. It's a double issue. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is our double issue episode. It's six oh one six oh two. I'm going to. I'm going to skip over that one. Um, let's pick one more of these um, so we can move on to uh, to uh, Twitter. Uh, let's see. Um, Sabbeard says, so we, we know we're talking about um, some of like the background of the 
um, the Poneglyph stuff. Mm. Uh, next week's chapter could, well, not next week, two weeks chapter could be the most important chapter in the history of One Piece. Considering Wano was known as the land of gold, I feel like the bell itself could be from Toki's era of Wano citizens. If the theory that Wano is formed from different islands brought together is true, maybe Jaya was a part of Wano, and Onigashima could be the other eye of the skull. Uh, also, Teach probably doesn't sleep because he had two box of Joes. What is that? Oh, that's the drive through <laughs> that uh, Alex went to last week. Um, oh, that's really funny. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I figured out what that meant. Um, I thought the other eye... So it wasn't one eye. Oh no, no, it was the, it was the mouth of the skull, right? What was what was um? No, the the gold was the in eye. the eye. Yeah, the the oh, right the eye was in the yeah. So wait, right? The mouth so was see, Jaya. Jaya. The mouth was, the mouth. was Jaya. So yeah. So we didn't see the full skull. The full the rest of the the head didn't go up to Skypea. The top of the head did the the bottom jaw and the mouth. So right, right. Giant. So I'm, what I mean are both eyes, weren't they? Those both technically. You know? I mean, technically, the eyes would would have been, I guess, lakes or something. Right, right, right. Um, no, uh, one of them is the uh, the city, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like Shand- Shandoro was built within the lake, I guess. Maybe uh, it could That's be like a we, chasm they, or something. They, they yeah. never. Yeah, it was like a chasm. They never really explained what was. In there before there was buildings yeah. and structure. God, I got to reread Skypea after this. But wasn't week. yeah, wasn't <laughs> wasn't got to reread the whole series for rankings next year. Oh, yeah. Right, I do. I do have to do that. Thank you, Ed. <laughs> wasn't uh, I'm, I'm going to keep reminding you because otherwise people are going to forget. Wasn't, yeah, the other uh, eye. Yeah. The other eye is like Sh- a, a, a a like a I can't think of the word right now. Sorry. <laughs> wasn't Shandora like on top of the cloud layer in? Skype yeah. too, like when oh. they found the ruins. So that was you know, it that was it was when it got was... shot up into the sky because you know the clouds are made of pyroboin and different things. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's, it's all very uh, confusing. I don't. Well, I, w- I was asking that because I don't think you know. I I can't really rule it out, but it, it like doesn't make sense just geographically because they're literally on other sides of the red line. Um, yeah. To be, but, to be fair, like the, the the entire concept of how the knock upstream works doesn't really make a lot of sense. Uh, like if you try if you try to figure don't out, even, don't think it, about it too much. Works. Yeah, <laughs> that also means that that cloud is always in kind of the same place. Um, mystery cloud, mystery cloud. That's my favorite Luffy running gag, and they he barely does it anymore. Um, what's the next question? Um, oh, is that for Reddit? Yeah, right? let's, let's move on. Okay. And now it's time for Peace the Tweet. Yeah. <laughs> time for Peace the Tweet. First one comes from Wakui Tsubasa, <laughs> who calls, writes in to say, um, Has anyone gone to David Moo's bar in New York? The question. former Four Kids Sanji voice actor. I have not, <laughs> is the answer to that question. <laughs> What, well, what's the name of the bar? It's in Brooklyn. I, I'm not sure he he included a, a picture, but not a link to the article. It's I, I have I have the name, but I don't of know how publicized. Um, I guess he would want to publicize, but just don't. Yeah, I guess him. people to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't don't you know? He's a man. <laughs> don't, don't, don't be there. weird. Don't you be weird. Go there and interview him, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, should I say what it's called? Um, sure. 
Yeah, it's so it's called quarter Brooklyn, like a quarter, like a like the coin. Um, that's all I mean, there's only yeah, one quarter bar. Well, like only no one. quarter if you're a, if you're a pirate, right? or a quarter for the bus if you're a home movies fan. Um, oh. I was gonna help you name. It'd be like a cow pun. Mm. Yeah, it's he should have done that. He was also in Jeopardy, <laughs> by the way. Uh, the, that I saw too. Yeah, he did well, didn't he? I think he did. I think he did well. Yeah, his, I think the picture was on the uh, their Instagram account too, or something. Mm. Um, All right, uh, we got a couple more questions here. Let's see. Um, St- uh, Dinspire O three asks, "What is a moment in One Piece you find goes underappreciated? For example, the moment in the Davy Back fight when Zoro tells Chopper to act like a man. Zoro and Chopper's big brother r- little brother relationship gives me life." Do you have a, guys have anything like that? Hmm. I think well, my favorite anime-only moment that's kind of a little underrated was I and I clipped it on my on my Twitter account was uh, right after Thriller Bark after um, like Zoro's walking around and Chopper's like Zoro, did you take off your bandages? It's like, yeah, they impeded my movement. They're supposed to impede your movement, and he just like attacks him and like wraps him around. Again, and I, the moments when Chopper really just leans into his doctor persona is like so underrated. <laughs> like he really yeah. is a doctor, y'all. You gotta listen to what he's trying to do. He's trying to keep you alive. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite yeah, even, anime only moment. Even Chopper forgets he's a doctor half the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of great. Hmm. Uh, I don't. I think the death of uh, Scarlet uh, doesn't get enough appreciation for being just like mm. thematically one of the most tragic moments in the Ooh. series. Mm. That's that's like yeah. painfully traumatic. That's like yeah. that's like a situation like Oda purposely set up to like be the most tragic thing ever. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I think oh, the death of Eric the Whirlwind doesn't get enough credit for being hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, you're right. Yeah, that's like the no, like the Straw Hats haven't killed anyone except for Eric the Whirlwind in the anime. Yeah, Paula, did you watch the Apis Dragon filler at the beginning of the series? I no. I skipped the fillers in the beginning of the series. Okay. Good. Yeah. I think the only filler the the only filler I was told not to skip was was G8, which right. I'm so glad I didn't. That one's good. Legit yeah. good. I think uh, I'm, 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 I mentioned too, like when I went to go watch Stampede, my seat was G8. Oh, uh, <laughs> cool. It was dope. I'm like, yes, I, this guys, is full circle admit, right here. I have to admit, I have not seen G8 yet, and I need to. But um, wow, Stephen, oh, have wow. you seen G8? Um, G8 was my seat for uh, Rise of the Skywalkers. I think um, that answers that question. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I did see that. I think that was long enough ago that because I stopped watching the anime and, around like Thriller Bark or the end of uh, Anius Lobby, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was the Ice Hunter filler, wasn't it? Oh my god, Steven stopped watching. Steven stopped <laughs> watching the anime when I caught up. <laughs> that's that's yeah, the timing. G eight yeah. was right after uh, Skype. In fact, they link it together. Like yeah. when they land in the sea, yeah. they right, land right. in the G eight. Yeah, so, and there's even hunter. like a G eight wink yeah. and like stampede too. I was like, what the heck? Yeah, what's the space show? Yeah, yeah. 
Jonathan shows up during Impel Jonathan Down just- too in the anime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. he shows or during Marine for and the war. Yeah, he's yeah. in the war. Yeah, he's he yeah. he yeah. did a cameo too, mm-hmm. which I find I, I find that really 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 think, really fun. I'm like I'm in, I'm in the middle knows. of Dress Rosa right now and yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the next one comes from Dova Dude, who says, Roger's speech to Odin and Whitebeard was a direct parallel to Luffy's chat with Ace and Sabo in his flashback. They were both called children in response. What do you guys think both Roger and Luffy said? You think Roger said he was going to be king of the pirates? Or is that just something that they they called him after he he did it? 100% he said he'll be king of the pirates. I can't, you can't. I don't know. I don't think you can get away from that parallel either. Actually, this is something I've had a, an issue with, not an issue with, but like something I've been worrying, wondering about even back then during the the, uh, the flashback chapter is the fact that Oda's never shy about having Luffy yell his proclamation. Yeah. All right. So why is this one always obscure? Well, that, yeah, that's what's weird yeah. to me. But it's also like it is totally a thing a kid would say. I'm going to be king of the pirates. I'm a pirate, and I'm just going to be the king of them all. They're all going to have to listen to me. Like, it doesn't... It's It sounds like a fake thing. I think... I remember, like, when I was first reading the series or watching the series, I'm like, what? What the hell is a king of the pirates? Um, so, maybe. Yeah. I. But I also agree, you're right. He doesn't obscure it, usually. It could totally yeah. be something different. I, I um, think it's but, a twist. I think he's setting us up for something. Like, we're expecting that's the proclamation, but really it might be something slightly different or something... Yeah. That's totally unexpected. I don't know. Mm. All right. Next one comes from Pow SA, who says um, he thinks the last page was wondrous. And do you have a panel that always fills you with a sense of adventure, wonder, and joy? Wow. Um, yes, but I'm trying to think of them now. Uh, when they left Fisherman Island, Fisherman Island. Oh, yeah. And then you finally like that that part where they're actually coming up from the air. It's like this is it. Yeah. We're entering a new world. This is it. Yeah. It's that and when they went through the red the the red line as well. It's the same thing. It's that feeling of that like, oh God, this is it. We're literally going towards the next arc as we're arcing out of the sea. Yeah. Um, I have a ton I have a ton of those too. Brian Co, yeah. Yeah, like when they reach the the halfway point in the red line. And he's like, once I cross this other side of the seas, I'll be king of the pirates is great. Uh, the first appearance of Oars in that like frozen cellar that Moria had him in, fucking fantastic. Ooh, yeah, that was and good. when we're and we've been talking about Skypea so much, I remember when when Nami, Zoro, and I think Robin were on the were were like exploring the island on their own when they first got captured, and that one moment when they find ancient ruins and recognize like, wait. This is soil. Why is soil up in the yeah. sky? I got yeah. chills on that chapter when they're just yeah. like hanging hang on the trees. Like, oh my god, it's so good. Yeah, that's one of the best, like the purest distillation of that feeling for me was that that reveal in Skypea when they figure out what, what it actually is. Yeah, it was. It's really well done. Mm-hmm. Ed, uh, okay. Uh, next one comes from. Let's see here. Uh, PDX anime. Um, he says, if you presume act one ends in the anime next week, act one was 27 episodes covering 16 chapters. How many episodes will be used to cover act two? Well, I don't know. Sounds like a math problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no math on the I one piece podcast. <laughs> I, at this pace, I don't think they'll be done with act two until this time next year. 
if we're that lucky. Makes sense because I mean, like, yeah, Luffy's just like, started, you know, yeah, like he's just acts. entering entering the like the mind prison, yeah. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> the mind <It's>, prison. <laughs> The prison of your mind. <laughs> yeah, that's what they called. That's what they called it. And um, they also called it the mind. What did they call it? A uh, mine. Uh, like he did forced labor in the mine. They yeah, like say forced prison. labor camp. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, that is uh, it is. it's a labor camp. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, what did I call it? The uh, labor excavation camp. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's yeah. Right. All right. Andrea Montano writes in to say, "I think Sukiyaki is alive, just imprisoned." Hmm. Interesting. Gustavo Iman writes in to say, after getting a flashback with Whitebeard and Roger, is there still a character you would like to see in a similar way outside of the usual suspects like Shanks and Blackbeard? Dragon. I want to watch. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. A good one. Yeah. <laughs> Dragon, Rouge. Uh, yeah, I just want to know Dragon's whole deal. Mm-hmm. It'll be, it's, it's like, see, if. If Garp were to see Sabo, I think I saw that tweet somewhere. Garp seeing Sabo is like, why is my third shitty grandson hanging out with my shitty son? (laughs) 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 What's Um, his deal? (laughs) Well, he never considered Sabo his son. Like, did he even know Sabo? I don't think he even knew Sabo. Um, Eh. Garp. I mean, I could also Um, be just like confusing my fan art right here, but you know. That's fine. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'd also like Toki and anything from like way, 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 way back. Um, I want to see more of. Um, I look. I'd watch prequels about all of these things, like the Roger Pirates Adventures. Like that sounds. I'd watch a whole series about that. If Toy needs I'd filler, se- yeah, I'd watch a series of the Blackbeard Pirates, like how they formed in their f- crazy adventures. Yeah, I like most of these. Noland, I'd watch a whole because he has he had a whole advent like life before that too you know there's like so many cool ideas um i think oda would love to write them all but on the other hand i think he also realizes it needs to end you know in the next century um so garp probably thought sabo was like he's that little wiener kid who's always hanging around (laughs) (laughs) well there's also i mean definitely looking forward to the ace light novels i think that direction of you know expand like the expansive world into a different kind of medium like light novels are essentially a ya middle grade equivalent Mm -hmm. getting those stories that's not necessarily uh graphic novel or comic based i mean uh ancient magnus bride is also doing that with the golden yarn and the silver yarn light novel books where it's just a series of stories like the first story a short story might be told might be written by the original author and then subsequent stories are written by um other famous authors or writers of just short stories about characters in that character's perspective i think that treatment of different one piece characters would be incredibly enriching it's like reading your fanfic but in canon because they're written officially you know mm-hmm. I would love to, like, I can't wait for Ace. I want to read about Dragon. I want to read about Nolan. Uh, oh, God. Who who else? You know who like, I want to see more of is, is Yasop. Like, Yasop, this is Yasop's yeah. dad. And mm-hmm. like, best I don't father. have any sense of, like, who he is or yeah. what he's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about Vox, right. guys? <laughs> I think it's feeling like we're going to know about rocks. Yeah, probably soon. Yeah. yeah. It's like when they did that um, whole 
briefing thing where it's like just nothing but lore drop it's like i'm sorry excuse me so you're gonna have to pick up all this lore that you dropped in this meeting like i <laughs> help <laughs> all right last question here comes from peter jensfeld who says uh wow what a chapter for the holidays are you sure oda is not working with santa or something is it impl- uh, so his actual question is is it implied that roger can localize the poneglyphs with the voice of all things but not read them which was implied before uh, at Spotty. Merry Christmas, OPP. I mean, it sounds like you could get the basically the gist of it, like like not from from the voice, right? But not right. from reading it, it. He can't read right. it. I, right. I I I interpret that as like literally he can hear something. It's kind of like a a pony laugh, like echo detection. Yeah, yeah. or it's, it's like, like echo, a, location. echo location. Echo location. Yeah, he's Sorry, he's the you. he has the uh, whale whale fruit, obviously, and he's hearing <laughs> yeah. the. Um, oh my god, he's got the he's got the plot plot fruit. Like, because like actually, we didn't talk about it. I was kind of surprised that uh, nobody said this on the piece together, but that uh, like, um, how does Roger know that there's another? Unless unless it is said, and we find out later on the Lodestar Island, how does Roger know that? Okay, you need to find the four poneglyphs and combine them to get the the thing. Is it just basically like you know the mm. sort of plot plot convenience ability where he's like, yeah, I just figured it out because the reader needs to know that this is how it works. <laughs> I um, I assume that when you get to that final island, that's not the final island that we finally have a name Load for. Lodestar. Yeah. Lodestar. Okay, that's eighties kid reference, but. The I, I assume there might be information on that island to give Could you be, that. Yeah, answer. yeah. yeah. Uh, but we don't know you that just, yet. You just yeah. see a sign when you enter. You have gone to the wrong location. Please turn around and start from the end. You're one. You're you're one piece is in another castle. You're you, one you piece op- is not. You, yeah. you open the book from the wrong cover. Start on the other side. Wrong <laughs> 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 direction. Yeah. Stop! Is that a big re- stop page? <laughs> yeah. With the no, this was that. written by a Japanese person, uh, so it goes in the other direction. <laughs> um, I, actually, I actually really like this reveal, even though it feels like when uh, when Unzo when uh, Cat Viper and Dogstorm kind of gave them the they gave away the gift by telling the Straw Hats that they need to find the Red Polynesians first. It's like they kind of helped them cheat. If I'm not, if I'm be honest, <laughs> everyone else is like heading towards the last island because it's what you're supposed to do. But they're like, no, you don't have to do that. Just go find those red stones and you'll find it. You'll get to the last place. <laughs> they, they, they look, they look, they're the, Zoe is the game facts of what? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> it makes sense. It's like so remote and you have to like, you know, get really good with your little animal companions before they let you into the secrets. <laughs> this is a whole other level of Okay, guys, I'm going to speed run the grand line. Here I go. <laughs> <laughs> I know Ed, you did that with Sonic, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> I would like to see a speed one of Pirate Warriors. Let's see, let's see that happen. I can do no, it. I remember. I remember you just ran yes. through all of Sonic. I sat. I was with you. No, am I ma- imagining this, Ed? I don't. It might have happened a long time ago. I don't know. No, I am. I mean, like a decade ago. Anyway, what's okay. uh, any other questions here? No, no, no. That was it. Uh, yeah, that was the last oh, one. Okay, okay. I got. Uh, um, I have a question. I have a question. Oh, Brian, Brian. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, I guess we'll take one from you. <laughs> I, I've been looking because I've been still trying to find that dude's face. So I've been yeah, going I saw through you the Paramount posted War. about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like halfway through the Paramount War right now. And I had a question. What happened to Izo's sword? Like the whole time they only use like uh, double guns. 
I wonder if like they got rid of their sword or if they left their sword in Wano, knowing that they'd become a pirate forever. Maybe mm-hmm. he That's maybe he discovered maybe he discovered guns and he's like these are way better. <laughs> these are awesome, yeah. but but guns are such guns are so primitive. Yeah, I mean I agree, but Ezo Not is just about to kill. Like glammed out. Are you are you fighting? That's true. Are you fighting a four armed cyborg? Then it comes really useful, Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh boy! <laughs> oh god! Man, I, it's it's kind of fantastic for me. Like only just starting two months ago, and by the time I did get to Paramount or like we got to Vice Captain Izo, and I rem- remember specifically zooming in and taking that picture, going, M- "Excuse me, tell me everything about this person. Like mm-hmm. everything. I want to know immediately who they are." And then we got to Wano. I'm like, "Now you found out who they are." I'm so happy. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, cool. Okay, I, I yeah. would like. To, I hope we see more scenes with with Izo before the end of the flashback. That'd be cool. Well, I still, uh, uh, I still want Zo to be parked on the side of um, on a, of Wano, right? Is that not going to happen? Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, yeah. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna round off, and it's, it's we're gonna do a little something different about trivia. It's the end of the year, uh, so I have the winners of our stump OPP contest. Uh, so we'll be announcing those in an oh, good. interesting way. We, don't, yeah. we just get to talk about trivia. Don't actually do it this week. Um, well, uh, Joey, just just you stay right there. Let's round off. This has been episode 601 for uh, December 22nd, 2019. Thank you all for sticking around for what I'm assuming might be a record length episode of the One Piece podcast. Um, let's just go around the horn. Um, actually before that, even please subscribe to us, patreon.com slash one piece podcast. We just released a special episode all about episode 600 and the milestone about it, uh, with me and Ed and also, uh, another little segment after with, uh, outtakes, exclusives, all that kind of stuff, uh, on that episode of crewing around. So you could check that out. Um, we also have the full length one piece podcast goes to Japan documentary on there. And uh, we're putting together the videos from our uh, trip in May. Uh, we're putting that together right now, so hopefully that'll be out in, I, I don't know, some point. Um, so check that all out, patreon.com slash one piece podcast. Uh, Paula, where could people find you? Um, well, you could easily find me on Twitter at Paula Gatos, uh, G-A-E-T-O-S. Um, that's the best and easiest way to get a hold of me. And Yeah. <laughs> Cool. And you could also you, check Paul. out the Comfort Society as well. Season Please 2 do. should be coming out sometime next year, hopefully. Uh, Joey. They can follow me on Twitter at Joey Weiser and Joey Weiser Comics on Instagram. Uh, please read my graphic novels, the Mervin graphic novel series and Ghost Hog, which just came out this year. And hey, uh, here, you can do this. Do me a huge favor. Uh, speaking of libraries this week, um, just... Uh, a thing that you could do that would help me out a lot that is no cost to you is request that your local library buy my book. 
um, because mm-hmm. they will, and it's awesome uh, because uh, it's a sale for me, but also it's um, the op- gives the opportunity to expose the books to lots of uh, pe- different people. So, yeah, uh, do that. It's very easy. Uh, most libraries have a pretty easy process for requesting books. Um, and please listen to Toho Yaro, uh, my Japanese film club podcast that I do with Alex and our friend Scott. Um, the current episode is about Yatraman, and uh, very soon we will be dropping a new episode uh, about Goke, Body Snatcher from Hell, with uh, Casey uh, Minofsky article. Thank you, Joey. Uh, who else do we have? Steven. Yes, you may follow me on Twitter at Translatosaurus. Um, save your pithy comments about uh manga plus or whatever uh whatever your whatever your what your uh you know annoying complaints are uh yeah you don't don't worry i'm not going to read them uh yeah <laughs> otherwise <laughs> you can read my work uh every week on uh, both the uh, viz app and their website and uh or excuse me the shonen jump app and website um and on mangaplus.shueisha.co.jp for both one piece and Samurai 8, and I hope you enjoy it. Thank you, Stephen. Um, we also had Brian. Brian, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on uh, Bannendorf DeviantArt if you want to look at old work. Uh, I also have a Twitter account, Dark King Zoro, all one word, where you can send your pithy comments about the translations, <laughs> cancellations of One Piece. <laughs> I will definitely read them, and you will definitely hear back from me, and I'm not surprised about it. Brian loves arguing with people online. He lives for it, and that is what gives mm-hmm. him his fuel. So yeah. go for that. In, yeah. in between directing episodes of Rick and Morty, which uh, watch season four, which is airing half the first half is airing now. Second half is airing at a soonish indeterminate time. But you can also check out my stuff on uh, Animation Success Stories podcast. That's the ASS podcast where we interview animation professionals uh, and talk about how they got into the industry and their influences. So check that out if you have any uh, uh, interest in how the behind-the-scenes animation process happens for some folks. Stephen, I completely forgot. You were on another podcast too, weren't you? Oh, yeah. I did a... Um, uh, it was called uh, Translator Tea Time Times 2 or so- something like that. Um, it was a very <laughs> punny title. Um, but it was a, another manga-related podcast that was originally done by two other translators and they i guess they stopped uh doing it regularly because they didn't have enough time but then uh they they came up with this idea of having a couple different uh two-person sort of mutual interviews uh between translators and um so uh there there may be if you do follow a number of translators uh on twitter you may recognize some of the other ones uh, so there's a couple different episodes and um yeah you can um uh listen to me talk uh, more more about like the the background and sort of like your daily schedule and a uh, life of a freelancer things like that um, and how you deal with uh, you know c- criticism and all the different difficulties that can come about when you're translating stuff so if you're interested in that uh, check it out uh, it's also it was done by the um, what is it the OASG which is the something uh society of antisocial geniuses or the organization of antisocial geniuses which is a manga blog um slash podcast type site so look for it um i did retweet it so it's on my twitter feed as well 
Uh, by the way, the way Stephen deals with criticism is he sends it directly to Brian. To Brian, um, yeah. I yeah. just forwarded it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's how it works. Um, Ed, where could the good people out there contact us? Well, you're Zach underscore Logan on Twitter. I'm Edward E. One Piece. I'm also at Weeb Trailers with old anime trailers. You can check those out. Podcasts can be found at OnePiecePodcast.com, Twitter.com, YouTube.com, and Facebook.com slash OnePiecePodcast. OnePiecePodcast at gmail.com is our email address. OnePiecePodcast is our Skype name. You can subscribe on SoundCloud, subscribe on Spotify, subscribe, rate, or review on Apple Podcasts, or call us on our phone number, Zach. And that phone number is 347-497-MAJI. MAJI. That phone number again is 347-497-6254. Call anytime. Holy. Uh, with your questions, comments, theories, or what you'd put in Dog Storm's doggy bag. Um, so, uh, two things before we round off. Uh, I'm going to be announcing right now the winners of the Stump OPP contest. Um, and then right after that, I'm going to tell you what guests we're going to have uh, next year in January. Uh, so this is how I'm going to do it. So I'm going to announce the winners because I have to do it in a fun way, right? That's how that works. Um, Joey Weiser. Hi, Joey. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Joey, Joey notoriously hates our trivia segment. So I am going to ask him the three winner questions and we'll see if oh, we can get them. Oh, boy. Yeah, that means none of us could get the answers to this. And we also <laughs> said them on the podcast already, and I'm sure you skipped that segment. So, no, I listened to it, uh, but what? I don't. I probably don't remember. Oh, that's fine. Um, so here are our three winners. I love – so uh, for those who are asking how I chose, because there's some that we got, like, partial credit, basically. And so I chose ones that um, are not number answers um, and that we legitimately – did not get um so here are your questions first uh winner 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 uh jake singer um his question is the start of chapter 777 opens with the defeat of one of the don quixote family executives which three characters reminisce about all of the horrors this Uh, character committed at the start i don't remember some totatas or something (laughs) <laughs> no, I like that answer way better than the truth. Uh, it was Riku, Viola, and Tank. Um, R.L. Smith, our other winner uh, at Blacktooth180. Um, I'm going to contact all of you guys, by the way. This was my personal favorite. Um, who? What is the name of the hobo that informs Bellamy about Luffy's then-current bounty in Jaya? Uh, Steve, inform a bounty. <laughs> the ho- the hobo's name is Jobo. Um, Jobo. <laughs> no, you're making that up. It's even I am nominated. Hobo named Jobo. Oh, you can Joe look Boy? it up. It's on the One Piece wiki. Uh, oh, oh, that's that's Joy Boy. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and the final of the winners, uh, Taylor Made DP thirty six on Twitter. His question. In chapter 103, on page three, the fourth panel, this person nice. introduces themselves. Name exactly all five things this person lists. Wait, who are they? Wait. So on, <laughs> I don't understand. Chap- the- in chapter 103, on page three, in the fourth panel, this person, uh, I'll give you a hint, he was in this chapter this week, um, introduces themselves. Name exactly all five things I, that this person lists. 
I'll let Brian do it if you want to pass go, it to him. Go for it, no, Brian. I don't, I don't want to pass that torch. <laughs> I know <laughs> who the Brian? person is. Who is, who is it? it? Who is it? Oh, it's Corcus. He's right. Oh, he, like, he lists yeah. off like oh, his, he's, his like blood type and yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I remember so, that. His name is Crocus. He's the keeper of the Twin Capes Lighthouse. He's seventy-one. A Gemini, and his blood type is AB. Um, <laughs> I don't know why none of you knew that. Cool. Um, so those are those are our three winners. Um, they will win the uh, what do you call it? Color <laughs> Walk Compendium. Compendium, Volume Two. Um, so congratulations uh, to the three of you. Um, I'm gonna I'll contact all of you, but if you want to be. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, proactive. If you want to contact me, proactive. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you, Stephen. It's late. Um, you could send send that information to you. So that's going to do it. Oh, last, very last thing. Uh, usually at the end of the year, we do like a year-end review. Um, this episode has run around seven hours, so we're not doing that on this. Um, but we might do that for Patreon. So uh, you could, you know... Let us know if that's something you want. Um, we'll we'll see if we could put that together uh, between all the holidays. But if not, we'll see you next year, everyone, uh, in 2020. Um, until then, my name is Zach. My name is Ed. And we'll see you next year, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.